This month's contest is made possible by Paul Kiefer, James Laughlin, and the entire staff at Circus Maximus Games, where they're making a division of Python Angelo's Pinball Circus a reality. For more information, visit CircusMaximusGames.com. And speaking of contests, the revised deadline for this episode's contest will be August 31st, 2014. We look forward to hearing the entries. Give us a call and game on. Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. I am rested up, Brent. I've got my sleep back from the Southern Fried Game Room Expo. I'm I'm actually almost the man that I was before I left. I don't think I'm even half that. <laughs> it, it took a lot out of it us. It took didn't a lot it? out of us. I can only imagine what it did for Preston and Patrick. My it goodness. was it was a long weekend for us. We got there and the wheels were already turning. Yeah, those guys those guys were to be commended. They tackled a lot and they took it to the ground, man. They they succeeded, and I'm sure that they uh, they're due their rest as well. Yeah, so. it was it was an awesome show. Yep. And I tell you what, Whitney, let's go through what we're going to talk about in this what what is sure to be an episode for the record books. I mean, it's it's going to be mammoth, man. And I'm not even sure like a, a, yeah a, a show title. I'm sure that'll come out as as we're talking about it, but. It's uh, yeah. It's definitely going to be a, a fairly, fairly big and fairly involved episode. So I for, just for listeners of the podcast, um, every, it'll be it'll be nothing. It'll new. be nothing new. This, this is just standard fare yeah. for everybody else, man. <laughs> uh, uh, for listeners of the podcast, everyone will probably realize that it's been a little while since Whitney and I have got to sit down and do a studio episode. We've yeah. had. Uh, several live shows and we've been been busy we've been busy Uh, prior to this there's content from southern fried game room expo so uh uh, we've had a lot going on a lot of stuff to cover we have in in this episode we'll we'll reflect that i mean brent we've got the coverage from uh the coverage from uh your stint up at the place retro arcade up in cincinnati that's you know that's going to be in in a separate feed but we'll talk about the story you know the whole story behind that and you know how how your escapades on the road were and everybody that you got to talk to you know that day for that live broadcast well even before that whitney we're going to have the story of our joint escapades to the first live episode that we had at the place retro arcade all all i can say is i'm glad the scars have healed (laughs) and i'm glad that we're both doing better because it was rough i mean i will say that it was it was fun when it was fun after we put a wrap on it you know looking back on it it was it was cool and we produced we produced some good content had a good show but man i'll tell you what um the the tax man cometh on that one right there the the story surrounding the show is is uh uh it's very very interesting we'll make sure we'll, we'll tell uh, that in oh yeah we have to in, in excruciating detail because it wouldn't be our podcast if we didn't go into excruciating detail <laughs> and, and uh, believe you me it was excruciating on whitney and i it was so everybody can bake a cake and you know and during that time we'll, we'll have you know plenty of uh, plenty to chew on so so we've got two cincinnati trips to, to, yeah. to talk about we've got the whole southern fried game room expo uh just road trip and everything that that encompassed that a monumentous weekend the show was fantastic and despite you know our our own little personal trials and tribulations that 
that, that that whole expo went off without a hitch and you know brent we were privileged to be able to you know host some panel discussions you know get down there as guests and work with preston and patrick and jonathan leung from arcade repair tips as well and it was it was just it was just fun 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 and then so to round out the end of the show we're going to have uh listener feedback we've got quite a few things to cover we, we do we've brent we have got uh, a lot of listener feedback and and i will say this uh, you know from being down at the expo and just getting to meet so many people and getting to meet you know so so many you know listeners of our show and fans and everything like that you know we we picked up a lot of listeners we picked up a lot of fans on our facebook page you know twitter followers and everything like that and the feedback has really been pouring in you know pretty consistently and so i've got uh, i've got five or six pieces of feedback that's uh, that's very very notable that i want to cover you know so, some kudos and things like that but also some some bonafide you know questions and, and some things that i think we ought to cover and, and you know be able to give back so yeah lots of good feedback to come to and we also have yet again kind of a, a side effect of the southern fried game room expo we were able to pick up a few things that we're going to uh, offer as as prizes a giveaway here in the show yeah so this will be our first time ever doing that won't it brent i mean if i if i think back on it i don't think we've had a prize giveaway and i think we've been pretty selfish up to this point <laughs> we've been pretty I mean, selfish people get, we've been given a lot of stuff and just kept it <laughs> well it just it just shows up in our own games man i, I don't see the problem with that <laughs> no all, all, all joking aside. when you're internet famous they give you <laughs> yeah we're internet famous dude. we're we're about as internet famous as a, as a stack of toasters man so you know we we we, we just got we gotta hey gotta i got stay I got, grounded got, I got recognized in the elevator. Not <laughs> you did a, in you? Atlanta. Yeah. Not not by look, but yeah. by voice. By voice. Yeah. Well, that just means that our uh, our twang uh, precedes us, Brent. So or my or our listener was there. One well, of the two. One. Yes. One of the listeners was there. So so hey, no, I saw good. you in the elevator. Yeah. No, it's all good. It's all good. So yeah. So we will have uh, we will have a, a prize to give away here a little bit later on in the show. And and just getting into that is, I guess, kind of a you know a, a quick thanks on that. Just kind of set the stage for everybody um as one of the panel discussions that that we were doing down at the southern fried game room expo uh, one of the one of the panel discussions was the the pimp your ride creating uh custom pinball and arcade games and one of the panel uh, attendees or one of the the, the panel i guess uh, participants uh, during that time was a gentleman by the name of paul Kiefer. and anybody who's been listening to the show for the the past several months will probably remember us talking about paul as he was the organizer of of the GoFundMe drive for uh, Python Angelo, and or the late Python Angelo, I, I might add. And so Paul was there, and um, he talked about everything that he's doing and and a couple special projects that he announced, you know, during that panel discussion. And now, he, now we've carried audio of that panel discussion, so yeah. if you haven't heard it, make sure you go back and check out the uh, the audio that that we're carrying, and also uh, the Game Room Junkies are carrying. And arcade repair tips we're carrying uh, that so, covers various panel discussions and and interviews from the Southern Fried Game Room Expo 2014. Yeah, I mean it's really kind of like a podcasting trifecta if you want to think about it because we're 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 all splitting the load on carrying some of the the panel discussions and the um in in the interviews and things like that. So like I say a very fortunate thing but yeah all that content will show up at all three podcasts so we apologize for sending you on a treasure hunt but the hey. treasure's worth it so let's 
let's get right into let's get right into our own updates. So oh, what, what we've had going on? What, something else? Winning? Yeah, real quick, I, I want to bring this back around the prize. That oh, we're the give prize. Away. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So we do want to thank Paul Kiefer and uh, all of the all the guys and the crew at uh, Circus Maximus because they uh, provided our prize giveaway for this month, Brent. And uh, the, I, that's that's about as much as I'll say because I don't want to give it all away because it, it's a very 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 neat uh, very very neat item that Paul graciously donated to us and said, "Hey guys." give this away on the next episode of your show and he you know he said that specifically and so uh we've got a, a pretty neat little contest kind of cooked up uh for everybody for all of our listeners and we'll, we'll get into details on that when we get into the feedback section but what i will say though brent is for everybody that sticks with us on this episode for whoever wins this prize they're gonna they're i mean they're gonna be set up good well i'm i'm looking at it now and it's uh, sweet you know uh, i'm really thinking we may you just, can't have it brent. well i was thinking we're i might just lose this recording we'll have to re-record it and then you know we won't have to talk about it yeah. and it'll just stay it, it, it is it is very very nice but yeah we'll, we'll get into that later but brent you said updates let's do updates let's hit updates so all right uh me first or you first whitney have mm-hmm. at it dude all right well last show uh i didn't have a lot going on uh, i was basically kind of doing a reorg in my shop which is mostly complete at this point uh that that's not the interesting stuff the interesting things are uh we we've had quite a few additions to the to the game room family so yeah. i mean i'm looking at the bullets brent and I, I think we're i think we've pretty much uh you know bullet for bullet we've we've about stacked each other this month oh so, yeah yeah oh, yeah so a lot lots to talk about here so first off uh i took a trip we're, we're down here in louisville kentucky i took a trip up to indianapolis indiana which mm-hmm. is hour and a half two hours out gentleman named gary had a, a a pinball that i was interested in now when i say this it's it, a lot of people are probably going to kind of you know kind of curl their nose up and why like, because uh, of the title yeah or because what? of the title it's, so, it, so i mean it, you're saying it's not really that desirable well or i don't know it seems to be it seems to be the title that oddly enough i have heard quite often as the the poster child title for what is probably like trade the, bait or what the d list of pinball the d list of pinball <laughs> so it is so it is trade bait well, it's what it a, is. you know it's a gottlieb premier title and i you know i saw this title quite some you know some time ago a friend of mine had one uh, edward lutz had one in his shop yeah and it just i've seen a couple uh friend of the show friend edward, of the show edward lutz that's right I've seen a few uh, um, in Louisville at uh, Louisville Arcade Expo over the years, and I, and I don't know what it is. I mean, you got to look past the back glass, but um, it's just a title that has kind of always intrigued me, and I yeah. thought, you know, I'd give it a shot. And what it is is it's uh, it's a Gottlob Genesis. Okay. So gentleman up in Indy named, by the name of Gary, and I'm not going to give last names because yeah. uh, I haven't really asked him, but he had a Genesis that that he was just having problems with. He had he'd done quite a bit of work to it, and it was just. It was just kind of a kind of an ongoing thing. He'd had some replacement boards in it, and he'd really kind of gotten to the point, as I understand it, where he was just looking to to really kind of thin out several of the pieces that he'd had, kind of in his, his kind of his basement, for lack of a term, you know, man cave. Mm-hmm. So uh, um, when it when it was all said and done, I came back with three pieces. What? Yes. Really? So. Uh, Gary's a big sports fan. Yeah, so you had the big Ford loaded up. Yeah, huh? I lo- man, I loaded I loaded up the F three fifty. I literally <laughs> I had stuff in the passenger seat. Yeah, I had I've done that too, man. With pieces and parts and things that Gary collected. So I I, I brought back the Genesis. So, so what kind of condition is it? Because, man, I, you know, I've not been able to really, you know, put my eyes on it and look at it, you know, upwards and downwards. I mean, what 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 drew you to to this title? 
it was available for one. Okay. You know, I knew Gary was having some problems with it, and uh, uh, he had kind of gotten to that point, as I understand, in his life where it was it was time to kind of just move on and, and reduce some of the clutter. And okay, um, like I said, I, I've I've just kind of been drawn to kind of kind of want to play it, want to have it. And, uh-huh you know the price was right and yeah. it, there was a there was a few issues wrong with it a few things going on uh gary was having issues with it booting and it was something that i didn't think would be very difficult to kind of get past once i kind of dug into it mm-hmm. Playfield was in great shape ramps were in good shape uh cabinets got a little fade on the purple where the little kind of goes around the edge of the the basic Gotlib premier logo mm-hmm. those cabinets really don't have side art per se yeah yeah Overall, it, it was in really, really nice shape. Marquee, or excuse me, the marquee. <laughs> the the translite was pretty faded, but that's that's very common with them. Um, I will say that I took the translite and the apron to Atlanta, and uh, uh, Mr. John Trudeau, the designer of the game, was was uh, kind enough to the gentleman John Trudeau. The gentleman John Trudeau, it's one of the nicest guys you'll ever ever want to meet. Oh so, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. He was uh, he was kind enough to sign those for me, so th- those will go back on the game. So I came back, loaded down. I had the uh, I had the Genesis, and uh, uh, now I'm not a sports fan, so yeah, me neither. Um, but he had a few of the things that they, they just had to come home with me. One mm-hmm. of the things he had was a, a a a team quarterback. If you've ever seen one of those, it's basically it's a. I have not. He's got this. Whitney's got this quizzical. Well, I, I'm quiz. doing. I'm doing a cloth search inside my head, and I, I'm like, uh, team quarterback, team quarterback. No. So here, I got nothing. Here, here's the deal on the team quarterback. I, I'm not a football fan. I just, I, I'm not. I know very little about it. Uh, it's a four player game. You can play. Uh, um, uh, if you've got all four people, you can have both. You know, you'd have people play both quarterbacks, and I think it's uh, a halfback on either team. And um, more or less, you just play ball against one another. It'll keep stats, as I learned, so you can, uh, as each team wins money and the like, that that'll continue on for the life of you know the machine until you you reset it. Oh, okay. you know, Until you reset okay. stats on it. So okay. you know it, it it'll kind of keep a history and you know how the teams win and how they compete and you know you can go up and put your initials in it and uh, it, it'll keep your stats and all that kind of fun stuff. So. The, the kind of the hook on the team quarterback, and I guess you're over looking it up, Whitney. I am, yes. I, I need to, I need to know more about. You need to said know more game, about it, yes. So the, the the kind of hook on it, and I think I've got this correct. There were two flavors of it. There was there was basic team quarterback, and then there was one that was John Elway themed. Oh, now I'm looking here at the John Elway uh, team quarterback. Oh, dude, this is a big cabinet, man. Yeah, it's man. big. It's got a 25-inch monitor. huge. Big control panel. Yeah, so so did you haul that back upright or on its back or what? Well, I hauled it back in pieces. Yeah, so, did, did you have to take the marquee off of it? Because, man, that, that top box is... Oh, it's got a huge... That thing yes. looks, that's That thing's bigger than a mappy top box, it's man. It's big. That's huge. So here's the interesting thing. Gary had warned me that his basement was kind of... Uh, um, the stairs <laughs> to the basement was an L. So what he's saying is, you're on your own, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he actually um, very politely asked that if possible, I bring someone. And initially, yeah. I was going to have someone that I could bring... Um, We'll get into this later in the Cincinnati stories 
uh, why I had to delay the trip up to to Indy. Yeah. So I ended up having to go up by myself. So Gary helped me out. It was just he and I. So he had told me going into, he said, my basement has like an L shape. And, and the first thing I'm thinking, or the stairs rather. So the first thing I'm thinking is there's a full flight of stairs and you get to the bottom, there's like a landing mm-hmm. and you maybe turn 90 degrees yeah, make the and, L. The, and you're out. Yeah. Well, never works that way. Brent. Well, it was a U. You oh, had, it's even worse. Brent. You had half a flight of steps. Arcade games don't bend. No, they do not. No, 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 they do not. So you, Gary had, uh, and I can see why the builder did this because it saved a lot of space. But you had half a flight of stairs. Uh-huh. You turn right on a landing, uh-huh. and then you walk forward several steps, and then go, and down then you the turn other. right again, and basically backtrack. So you went a hundred, you know, up, turn right ninety degrees, yeah. walk a little bit, turn right ninety degrees. So you're you're now facing back toward what yeah. the basement. And you essentially and walk, walk, up. walk under yourself is what exactly. you do. Exactly. Yeah. So instead of a, a full flight and a little turn, we had half a flight, a turn, a landing, and another half a flight. Yeah, so got it, got it. When I got there, uh, the Genesis was set up, and which was fine because uh, Gary felt that I'd want to take a real good look at it. The uh, the team quarterback was broken down into its components. So the 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 head was off of it with okay. the the marquee and the speaker panel that's in it. The control panel is a is a wide control panel. It's wider than the body. He'd already removed it. And it's a jet fighter wing, dude. dude. That control panel is actually metal. It's not wooden. Oh my gosh! Really? So yeah, it's got like access panels that come off on the bottom. Yeah. And uh, um, the whole thing was. Gary broken it down to pretty much its component pieces. Okay. Well, he was doing you a favor. Yeah, he, he was. Yeah. And when I got there, I went ahead and even took the monitor out of the main body just mm-hmm. to make it that much easier to get it up the steps. Okay. And then to deal with the, the corner. So by the time it was all said and done, when it was at the house, it looked like someone had put a grenade at my house in my building. It looked like someone had taken a team quarterback. Mm-hmm. They'd put a grenade in it. And let it go off. And let it go off. And I had team quarterback <laughs> parts everywhere <laughs> yeah so a little bit more on that in the, here in a second yeah, what was okay. the impetus behind getting that so he also had a 10 yard fight that was in a very very nice scramble cabinet and uh, uh i that came back with me as well um i i don't think i'm going to hold on to that one whitney a, a good friend of mine he, he doesn't know i have it yet because i kind of didn't want to get locked into a timeline he is a fan of uh, another one of the games that share that same iron pin out called Kung Fu Master. Okay. So I've got a few Kung Fu Master boards. So I think that cabinet is going to end up becoming a Kung Fu Master. Well, let me ask you this, Brent, real quick. Not to interrupt you, but I'm going no, to. No. Okay. That's, that's <laughs> oh, what, you've already done it. That's what Whitney does. But Clove lists this as a Tato game, 1984. Which, which game? Uh, a 10-yard fight. Okay. So that that is that the game that you is that the board uh, the board set? Yeah. Look I at guess? the conversion class. I think it says uh, uh, Irem. Check it out there yeah. at the top. Okay. I'm going to. And then if you click that. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it says it shares a common pin out with other Irem games like Moon Patrol, Kid Nicky, Radical Ninja, Kung Fu Master, and Moto Race USA. So. So okay. yeah, I've got a pretty much a cool. uh, a ready made. Um, Kung Fu Master. Okay, so fair enough. Who, whoever did the conversion did a pretty nice job on, on it, unfortunately. And, and I showed this to, to Gary once we got it outside, and you can kind of look uh, look kind of like across the cabinet in uh-huh. the sunlight. Yeah. This was one of the scramble cabinets. I, I, I've seen two scr- scramble and two stern cabinets. One was the generic 
cabinet with like the red stern stenciled mm-hmm. on it. Yeah. And the other was the yellow cabinet with the, that really Be- beautiful, beautiful art- detailed artwork. Beautiful artwork, yes. Well, you can still, now that silk screen, not silk screen, that's uh, stenciled. Uh, stenciled on. Yep. So you can still see that, you know, through, well, not through, you can still see kind of the swooshes and all the other designs that's in that artwork if you kind of get it in the light and you kind of look across the side. So. The cat, someone took a very, very nice scramble that, you know, we all, as sad as it is, we all realize it probably stopped earning back in the day. Yeah. And they got a 10-yard fight kit and probably put it in a bar somewhere mm-hmm. way back when. So, so, did, so did they paint the cabinet? Yeah, it's paint they, black. Oh, so, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry yeah. if you said that. No, I, I didn't. I didn't I'm sorry. catch it. Yeah, I, I, I did not say that. Okay. But, but yeah, it's painted black. They stripped the control panel. Gosh. And uh, uh, they... I, they can they switch the monitor because the monitor scrambles vertical mm-hmm. and 10 yard fight is horizontal yeah so uh um there's a little bolt hole in the side of it where they made some bracketry but you know when they did the conversion if there's anything nice to say about a conversion they did it nicely yeah i mean i'm looking at the i'm looking at the screenshots of 10 yard fight on clove right now and dude it doesn't look like a bad game at all i mean it's it, fairly detailed for the year that it was released and everything so it look it looks like a decent game i mean as as you sports themed games really do nothing for me at all um outside of maybe just you know car racing games which are fun like pole position and stuff like that but this this doesn't look bad i mean it, it looks like it would probably be pretty fun to play with a group of people well i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to plug it up and see if it even works yeah. um gary felt there was a board issue i know he had some power supply problems and uh, um his feeling was is that the the five volt line went high and took the board out mm. so so i'm not sure i mean i'll definitely test it beforehand and um, I'm not a sports fan, and if it's a working board, I'm I'm obviously not going to take it and use it for parts. So yeah, it yeah. may en- end up on on the forum somewhere on Claw for yeah. someone out there that's just dying to have a ten yard fight. Yeah, well, and I'm sure you know every game's collectible to somebody, so I'm I'm sure that they're sure somebody will snap will snap it up from you, man. So once you once you list it. So let me back up for a second. Here's the deal yeah. on the team quarterback. Yeah. Uh, here's the reason I want to bring that home. My boss. Mm-hmm is a huge Denver Broncos John Elway fan. Okay. So about a year and a half ago or so, I actually had the header, the translite, out of a team quarterback. And I took it and gave it to him. And it was just the header, not the game. And it's got Elway on it and quarterback, and he's got the ball back and throwing. You know, yeah. and, um, it, it, if memory serves, it's a very staged picture because he's not even wearing a helmet. You know, they wanted people to know it was John Elway. And it was <laughs> it was branded as John Elway's team quarterback, this yeah. version of the game. He loved it. So I had the opportunity to pick this game up, and I got with the rest of my team, and I said, you know, we all know that the man is a huge football fan. We all know that he likes uh, Denver Broncos. And he loves John Elway. I mean, he, he, one of his dogs is named Elway. Well, now that's a guy who likes John. That Elway. He likes John Elway. Yeah. So be like me naming my dog Beer. <laughs> <laughs> Come here, Beer. <laughs> beer, beer, beer. Yeah, it would be one of those deals. <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. <laughs> it was just it was a sidebar deal. Oh, that's all right. Yeah, that's all right. So I approached my team and I said, "Hey, look, I've got an opportunity to get this. Would you say I'll volunteer all the labor, and uh, I'll even." participate in a chip in on part of the hard costs okay and let's let's all go in i mean he the guy the guy that we work for he man he's 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 awesome he's one of the one of if not the the best uh, managers i've had in a in a long time Mm -hmm. and um so he, he does a lot for the team and 
everybody thought, man, that's an awesome idea. You know, he'll, he'll really love it. I'll get the game. I'll go through it, get it all fixed up. Uh, it had a mismatched joystick. It's got two analog sticks in it that's used when you're playing the quarterback so you can adjust where the ball goes. Okay, cool. Um, it had uh, uh, just needed a little cleanup. I did a little paint work on the control panel, on the control panel, some of the metal work. Um, needed a um, needed a light for the marquee. I recapped the monitor. Uh, I knew the power supply was out of it, so we went ahead and got a new power supply for it. And I basically just kind of put it together over the course of a you know a day and a half on a weekend. Okay. And do you still have it? No, no, no. We I I. I looked at it and when i had team quarterback parts scattered everywhere uh-huh. it kind of bumped itself up really quickly yeah it's like i've got to get this put yeah. back together so i can get it out of here yeah because it yeah. was huge i yeah. mean it was it was the unit the 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 cabinet itself was just a monster oh dude let alone having it scattered everywhere and then a yeah. monitor sitting there unprotected you know <laughs> Take, it takes two. up three times the space exactly that it should that it should take up i had it yeah. all i had a lot of it stacked on my pinball dolly i said no nah, we got so we're gonna do this now yeah it's going get, now get this done yeah so it came out wonderfully cool you know it, it was had a little rewiring to do um for some reason you know we find this stuff in games all the time it's like why did they do this well they they took the power switch out of circuit and Mm -hmm. uh just odds and ends stuff like that so got everything working audio sounding great new power supply monitor um marquee working control panel cleaned up the monitor yeah i went ahead and capped the monitor okay and I, I was working once it was a go. Once I had the game, I knew that we didn't have any board problems, and, and I could kind of work out in my mind how long it would take to get it going. Um, I went ahead and got with the team, and we kind of got this date worked out. Uh, I got in touch with my bo- my boss slash manager's wife, and we mm-hmm. were kind of working it as a surprise. We got down to the wire, and he wasn't working at home that day. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to get her to figure out some way to get him. And she was doing it. She was trying to get him lured back to the house. Back to the house, yeah. And down to the wire, 3 o'clock, several people, we we found a reason, quote-unquote, to leave the office. Several people met me at my house and helped me load this thing Mm -hmm. onto my trailer. And we were going to do worst case. We'll take it in. We'll put it in his basement, and it'll come home and be a surprise. So... Uh, just a few minutes before we were ready to leave, his wife texted me with a big, he's home and a big exclamation point. So (laughs) it it was on at that time. Yeah. Yeah. The rest of the team, we all met right up the street from his house, pull up to his house. Uh, the guy that leads the team, you know, I don't that you want to talk about positions. I don't want, man. I I don't, (laughs) I'm a, I'm a techie type person as people figured out. I don't want to get into that people management stuff. He it's a whole other world. I know. Yeah. He calls him on the phone and asks him to come outside. Yeah. Well, later he is. He tells us. He said, "I think he thought I was at a downtown office. I w- I couldn't walk outside. I was at home. Yeah. Well, as he's talking on the phone, I stick my head up over. He's got this loft like office, and he sees my head kind of at floor level on the stairs. Then he sees the rest of the team's head pop up like little gophers. <laughs> And we come up, we point outside, and there's the reveal. We had managed to pull up with this huge game on a trailer with a diesel pickup truck right out in his front yard. And he didn't hear a thing. And he is inches from the window looking outside over the neighborhood and didn't see it. Yeah. So he was elated. uh, That's cool. We then proceeded to break it back down to its major pieces and carry it into his basement. 
where uh, uh, where it stayed, <laughs> where your <laughs> hands will never touch it again. <laughs> so yeah, that was my trip to Indy. Yeah, three pieces, uh, uh, one pinball, and uh, and a gift for a pretty cool guy. So well, that, that's good, man. I mean, that, that's part of what makes the hobby, you know, rewarding and. And it helps you kind of give back a little bit, and who knows, man? Maybe he'll, you know, maybe he'll think about you know arcade games and stuff like that, and in a little bit of a different light, and say, man, that's that's pretty sweet, you know. Well, he's got some space down there. The funny thing was is that uh, they had just moved into the house, and um, he, they've got uh, four kids, two girls, two boys, and uh, um, sports fans, and you know they're they're very family oriented, mm-hmm. and the kids are starting to go to college and the like. So when they come in, they spend a lot of time at the house, and there's a ping pong table in the basement and some other stuff, and um, they, they just get together as a family, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, you know, I went through this. I realized there will be a point in time where it'll be harder and harder for my family to get together, and then every opportunity mm. we could, we did. And yeah. sure enough, after a while, it gets harder and harder to do. So I actually got a text. I think it was the next weekend. All the, all the kids were coming in from school, and he's like, man, we, we sit down here all day, and we've played the game. and but at, at a at a work event like the prior weekend, he had actually kind of said something to me about looking to get some games to fill this empty spot in his basement. <laughs> and his his wife over his shoulder is looking at me giggling. And yeah. so I'm trying not to giggle, to yeah. give it away, you know, laugh, not to give it away. But I don't know. I think he'll have a different uh, – he'll look a little differently at him. I don't know. We, I'm – I might have a place to quote unquote wink wink store some for a while. We'll it, see. But it, it doesn't hurt, man. It does, having connections is always good. So that's not all that's kind of changed here in my world. That's that stuff that's kind of come in, and uh, some of it's been added to the family. Some of it has gone on and been slated to go on. The next big thing is something that you've done to me, Whitney. Mm-hmm. Whitney is uh, Whitney's helped spend my money. <laughs> I have mentioned a few. <laughs> Man, Brent, you and I have spent so each much of each other's <laughs> money. It's oh, it's not even it's not I, even fun. I hate when we when you do the when you do the. Let me tell you what's new in uh, what's <laughs> yeah, new in artwork reproductions and stuff. Because I'm like, all right, make a note. Go make buy a note. Got to got to PayPal this. Got to PayPal yep. that. Yeah. So I I'd sell a kidney. You know, a little. Oh, it's time. I can go sell some more blood. That's right. So at one point in time, well, probably several points in time, I'd mentioned to Whitney that I'd like to have a stern CSI, mm-hmm. a pinball. Um, I had had the opportunity to play one one time. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, you don't see a lot of them. You don't. You don't. They're fairly rare. It, when when you think about you know late model pinball titles, you just don't see CSI that much. No, the, the you know Stern doesn't release their numbers, but the the. The number I see out there most often was 500 units. Yeah. I've seen as low as three and as many as seven, but kind of the consistent Gosh, number it's was not a lot. Yeah, the consistent number is is five, and you know the story as I understand it was it was kind of a, a filler game. Okay, and honestly, I'd have to go back and look at history and see what was before and what was after. But it was something that it was uh, it was a design that was kind of done and then reworked a little bit. And they were able to kind of get it out on the line, make use of a license, and uh, uh, you know keep folks at Stern employed and produce a game, produce a pretty nice game in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So Whitney texts me and says, "Hey, you know there's a Stern, or excuse me, a, a CSI um, uh, here on the local Craigslist for sale." And I said, "No, I didn't." So turns out that it's in <laughs> it's in Lagrange, which isn't very far out of Louisville. No. So I started emailing the guy, and 
it gets to the point where we're just trying to feel, feel each other out. Originally, yeah. he was wanting to uh, – uh, he didn't have a cash price on it. He was mainly looking to trade for some games. He had it thrown out there. And eventually, he, he comes back and he says, is this Brent is in Brent Griffith? And uh, he said something else, and I don't want to give his last name away, but yeah. I eventually said, yes, is this Dave is in Dave, and I put his last name yeah. in. Turns out I've known him for, for years. He oh, was good. He was one of the guys that I bought my first group of games from like eight years ago. Okay, okay. And the, the double funny thing, double funny, that's a Kentucky thing, yeah. is we have done that in the past where he's had something else out on Craigslist or vice versa, and we've emailed back and forth and and not caught on as to each other until who each other were until we get farther in the conversation it turns out oh hold on i'll just call you you know yeah so dave and i were able to work out a deal um i had a piece that he was rather interested in um was a uh, william swords of fury i think it was system 11 Mm -hmm. and uh it it was it was a, a very very nice game uh, it needed some uh, some board work and a good shop, but uh, that's that's a little bit more in Dave's Dave's wheelhouse. He okay. that's the type of game that he enjoys. A little that bit genre. older, a little bit older yeah. game. Yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of where he's at. Okay. So uh, we worked kind of a partial, you know, cash uh, pinball trade kind of a deal, and I. Uh, he, I was gonna say, I brought home. Dave was kind enough to even bring it by, you know. It's, so it showed up at your house. It showed up at my door. Yeah, and we brought it right nice. in and set it right in the game room. Yeah. So, well, now let me ask you this. I, I mean, you know, it's it's a Pat Lawler game, and what do you think about you know what, what do you think about the about the design and how the theme was executed? Are are you happy with it after having some play time on it now? Is, oh yeah. Is, is is it what you wanted it to be? Oh yeah, it is. Okay, and, well that's good. And, and I think it's I think it's only going to get better. Um, Dave had it for a short period of time, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know how many hands it it uh, was traded before it got to Dave. Um, Dave did get it from the operator who had it in a movie theater for a while and said it just didn't earn. Okay. You know, I don't know whether people just didn't like the game. It was wrong place, wrong time, mm-hmm. what the deal was. You, it well, d- it if, does if not you, have – I mean, it it is really, really nice. I mean, the, the cabinet's beautiful. Is. The play field's beautiful. Uh, it Dude, j- we ought to get some pictures put it on the Facebook yeah. page. Yeah. It's just it, – it's a little dirty. And, yeah. I mean, Dave was upfront about it in – both of us looking at it i don't think it's ever been shopped it's never been a part yeah and it's just it's due for it that other than that i think it's just going to get better so to speak once it's cleaned up and uh um you know to play a little faster it plays pretty quickly right now um for the time being i'm actually going to just uh attend to a couple little things that, that that need attention i'm going to wipe it down give it a good wipe down yeah and, and check it out and then, and then you're gonna let me play it and right then, whitney you can play it. Hey, thank yeah. you it's <laughs> awesome and then we're gonna kind of run with it till i've got yeah. an opportunity to tear it all down so now l- let me ask you this um you know brent you and i've talked about this personally quite a bit we both suffer from the same uh from from the same um 
set of symptoms here we uh it's it's not broke enough until we fixed it okay and so what what are you going to do you know what, what are your long-term plans to the machine you know are, are you going to led it out are you you know are there mods to do for it that you know that you really want to kind of trick it out a little bit and just kind of make it brands you know i'm just kind of curious because man dude i have to do that to everything man yeah. you know if it's working 100 percent, in my mind it's broken until i've gone through it and that's well, it's not right. It's just the way I am, you know? Well, uh, to begin with, it's going to get a complete... I, I'm going to strip it, the entire play field down, and uh, need it or not, it's, uh, you know, all the metal will get tumbled, mm-hmm. everything will get cleaned. I mean, I'm going to go at it just like I'd go at a game that was just kind of a train wreck. Okay. And modification-wise, there's really nothing out there. There's just not a lot of the games. And, yeah. Uh, I don't really know what I'd want to modify. It's not like I can go out like Lord of the Rings and get some kind of pre-made toy okay, or okay. Mustang, for example, where I could get a car yeah, back to the future the or something, something yeah. like that. Uh, no one's really making anything for it. And, I mean, it's kind of got all the all the CSI crime scene type things that you'd want. I mean, it's got a microscope toy. It's got a, a centrifuge toy. Uh, Which is cool. I, I mean, I watched you play that. That's pretty sweet, the yeah, way you, that that works. Yeah, you shoot the centrifuge, and it's um, it's not necessarily exactly like, but it's akin to a shaker motor. Mm-hmm. So you've got a plate in there that's probably, I don't know, six or seven inch diameter. The ball goes up in it, and the thing fires up, and it starts to spin. Spin, yeah. And the, the whole machine, will, it'll kind of get a, vi- a vibration through the whole machine. And, you know, the idea is, is that once you, once you get so many revolutions on the centrifuge, uh, then you lock, you can get a, a centrifuge multi-ball. And then yeah. there's even variants on that where you can lock a ball in it and then, you know, kind of shoot up into, and hit the post that locks the ball in for some bonus. And, yeah. I mean, there's... There's quite a few twists and turns to it. So you know what amazes me though, uh, just in the short time that I've that I watched you play the game, I was impressed by how the theme was executed on. And I'll be the first to admit that a lot of times, Brent, you know, if, if the theme doesn't grab me, I tend to take a poo poo on it pretty much right away. You know, mm-hmm. and 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 you know, a pinball themed after a TV show, I can see why either it does extremely well. Or it flops. I don't really see a lot of middle ground because if the if the show didn't appeal to somebody, then they're sure they're they're surely not going to walk yeah. up and put a dollar in it. You know, it's like ah man, I hate that show. Why well, I'm not going to play that pinball machine? Or if they're a big fan of the show, or at least you know passable on the show, then they may that you know they may take the gambler and say, oh yeah, I bet that's I bet that's pretty cool. But time and time again, I'm I'm completely impressed with how the designers execute on the themes that they're given and how they make a game out of an idea, you know. And so it, it, it was neat to watch. It was neat to watch how how everything is executed on that playfield. So oh, I mean, I can see why you would like it now that I've seen it. Well, from from the theme perspective, I happen to like the theme. And thinking back, it's actually kind of a game sort of a thing. It's an arcade sort of a thing in that. Uh, at my old house, I had a TV. You know, I, I'm fortunate here at this at this home where I've got basically a discrete game room, mm-hmm. and then I've got what was a bedroom at one point in time. At the end of the game room, it's my shop. Mm-hmm. My old house, it was uh, um, the game room slash shop was one place. Yeah, yeah. And then at the end of it, I had a television, 
and you know uh, Spike TV at the time, you know, several years ago, yeah. they were heavy into rerunning CSI, including mm-hmm. you know basically the original cast. So yeah. it, it wasn't uncommon. Kind of like which today. was my favorite part of that, yeah the of original that cast as well the original cast yeah. So it wasn't uncommon for me to go down in an evening or uh, be a rainy Saturday or Sunday and go down and work on some games and turn the TV on for background noise. And it was just like CSI all day long. Yeah. And I really kind of got hooked on it. Yeah. So the theme I kind of enjoy, and then the gameplay is kind of unique. So yeah. I really, it, the, we could talk a whole segment on the gameplay of any game, right. CSI or any of them. I, I would, we'll have to, we'll put a link in the show notes of, of uh, some, well, I'm sure we can find a, a YouTube video. I think even Papa has a video on CSI. Okay. And, you know, you get an idea for the play field. Where they kind of they kind of break down the rule set and just kind of yeah. kind of how the flow of the game yes. goes. Yeah, you, know, you can you can you can see the skull toy that you lock the balls and its eyes. It's in the upper left hand corner of the play field. You Does the eyes the, follow you and, and things no, like it's that? No, the, the okay. eyes are actually a, a ball. Okay. So, oh, I see. Yeah, oh, okay. when you shoot that ramp, the first one goes in yeah. and it fills an eye, an eye socket in. Then the skull sinks. Okay. You got to shoot the ramp again, then the skull raises back up. Oh, the okay. third okay, shot. Cool the the third shot the ball is captured in the second eye and then the bolt the skull multi-ball starts and then the skull raises a little higher and it dumps the balls onto the play field and off you go i'm looking forward to playing it i mean like i say i don't i mean i didn't know that about the skull and, yeah. and so there there's there, there's so many nuances to every title that you mm-hmm. that you learn in in some that are not even immediately obvious so like i say i mean just in watching you play it the short amount of time that i have i mean it, it seems like it, it seems like it's executed well so. well even even the centrifuge multi-ball when you get the when you get enough spins i in did the i did see you do that yeah then you lock the ball in the centrifuge you have a period of time where you can hit the post for additional points but while the there's a ball in play mm-hmm. so you can try to hit the post yeah and there's a ball locked in the centrifuge if you flip the if you pump the flipper buttons mm-hmm. it spins the centrifuge up and each turn oh, is sweet. an additional bonus oh that's nice so like while the while the ball in play is somewhere doing something you've got another job yeah you're <laughs> pumping like mad on the on the flipper buttons to yeah. make that centrifuge fire Spin. up yeah, basically yeah, exactly so there's and then you can stack multi-balls and there's there's a lot of stuff going on with so, it so. so it sounds like csi is a keeper for you it, it's yeah it, you don't think it'll leave the game room anytime I, I soon i don't see it leaving you okay. know uh, it's nice now it's playable it's very playable i'm going to do a couple little things to tune it up are, are you going to led it oh yes yeah, yeah. i'm uh, i have yet to led a game i have I, know, ha- I have yet to led one myself I, i've Try to do the research. I know when we we visited Phoebe Smith not long ago, her and I had a long yeah. conversation about it. Yeah, and uh, um, I, CSI, I'm I'm going to LED. You know, Brent. While we were at the Southern Fry Game Room Expo, the game that uh, there, there's two titles to me that that just stand out from an LED perspective. Okay, and it's um, it's Star Trek. You know, Stern's new Star mm-hmm. Trek and uh acdc lucy okay those two machines i i don't know what it is but whoever designed the lighting for stern on those machines did a fantastic job because when you put the ball into play it's almost like it's almost like an aura of light raises up out of the play field mm-hmm. you know and and it's just the the light show that you're greeted with has almost instantly made me a fan and of, it's not overpowering it, no it's not overpowering it's very it's done very tastefully and you can tell it was designed it wasn't just done it was designed and 
and it's executed extremely well and in the the entire thing is very complimentary to the to the to the play you know to the play of the game I'm I definitely would want to do that to to some of my older machines as well and I've just never really been down that road I mean I've got I've got my ACDC and it needs to be LED'd and I'm looking forward to doing that as well because I know that's I know that will add to the enjoyment of the game I'm just kind of curious as to as to what you know what you think about some of the older games not that CSI is old by any by any stretch of the imagination I mean I think it's what 2008 2008 is what it is and so it's not an old game by any stretch of the word, but at the same point, it wasn't designed with LEDs in mind. So I was just kind of curious well, as the, to the whether you were going to go down that road. Was, well, the first one I played was LED'd. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you've ever seen a game that was badly LED'd, <laughs> yeah. it's enough. You could it's, get... It, it, it takes away from the game. It takes away from the game. That's exactly either, right. Either the LEDs are mismatched, you know, uh-huh. they're just... Uh, uh, it's kind of hard to describe how you would mismatch it. It just says oh, it's, it's very possible. <laughs> it just it doesn't work. Well, it, it actually fights your eyes. Yes, I, I mean because you can have different different types of white all stacked against each other, and mm-hmm. it's like that. It, and and it's like you're actually having different hues of the same color. And your eyes can't even really take it all in, or else, or else, at least my brain will then start blocking stuff out. It's like, oh, it, it kind of hurts your eyes. Mm-hmm. It's like I can't even, I can't even look at that corner of the play field because it hurts my eyes yes. to do oh, it. I, I've played games where the entire game was done in uh, uh, exceedingly bright LEDs, yeah. and yeah. just looking at the inserts, like uh, if up the center, mm-hmm. you know, it's just. It's just hard to look at because yeah. it's just so overpowering. So, yeah, yeah I anticipate. I, I, I'm not going to buy a kit. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to take, roll your own. I'm going to roll my own. I'm going to yeah, take the game the down. Go. I'm going to color match the inserts, and I anticipate having to go back, have having to learn some lessons, and having to go back and maybe changing a few things. Yeah. So, I've got a, a handful of sample LEDs from a couple places, um, so I can at least work out what I'm going to do in the GI and then there's a couple tricks I've read having to do with you know how you color match some inserts yeah and from there it's just going to be a learning process because well, you just kind of have to do it and it's unique from game to game it is unique from game to game and a lot of it is all personal preference as well without getting gaudy about it and making sure that it doesn't turn people off when they play but I'm going to LED my ACDC I've got a pro and so it was not you know it was not factory LED at all so it'll be interesting to compare notes as kind of we go down that road mm-hmm. yeah so uh, another new addition and setting Actually, everything is haphazardly scattered about my game room right now. <laughs> it but, looks like my game yeah, room, Brent. It literally looks it looks like an operator's warehouse in my game room because I've kind of shoved things out yeah. of the way to make room for other stuff, and <laughs> welcome, I've got something pulled out. Welcome to my house. But uh, at Southern Fried Game Room Expo, yeah. I picked up a high speed. Yes, yes. So I know, Whitney, you've got a high speed. I do, yes. And uh, uh, a friend of mine in the car club I'm involved in, a friend of his uh-huh. has a high speed, yeah. and uh, um, they've kind of roped me into doing a little work on it for him. So okay. I hadn't had an opportunity to play high speed until I actually fixed one. Yeah, okay. So once I fixed one and, and got a few games in on it, I really enjoy the game. It is a fun game. I mean, and Brent, I'll be the first to admit, like I say, I'm I'm a fan of the bling, and I like the new I like the newer games for for the technology and everything that they that they bring to the player while while you're playing the game but uh high speed though uh for what i would consider you know a, a little bit of, of an older game it, it does deliver the goods it is a very fun 
fun game to play. Well, Very, it's it was well designed. Just the the little that I got to play it, uh, having fixed the one that I have fixed uh, here in town, I really I, I enjoyed it. And then mm-hmm. there was uh, this this game up at Southern Fried Game Room Expo it had a for sale sign on it. Uh, very nice local guy by the name of we'll just go with his name's Mike. Mm-hmm. We're gonna leave the last names out yep. of it. And uh, um, uh, the machine's very clean. the The reds on the cabinet are are still very deep, um, deep color. The uh, uh, displays were beautiful. The play field f- was really really nice. Mm-hmm. Still got the mylar on it. Uh, the game plays plays pretty good. There was a couple little issues that you know Mike and I talked about. And I think it honestly, I think it was just that it had been up there uh, at the expo and had probably been played more than it had ever been. It had been played in the last several years. I believe Mike had, had it uh, four to five years, and you know a couple little 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 things kind of came up which I knew were going to need to be addressed. But it wasn't obviously not a showstopper. So Mike and I were able to come to an agreement, mm-hmm. and amongst uh, all the other things Whitney and I had go- had going on, we uh, we carted a game out on that Sunday to yeah. bring it home. Yeah, carted the high speed out. Now we almost Brent uh, before we before we move on, move out of the high speed discussion. We almost had the opportunity. Well, we did have the opportunity to bring a second high speed home with us, didn't we? Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah. it was it was offered to sale. Brent looked at me and said, "Are you going to buy it?" And I'm like, "Dude, I, I just I, I can't I just can't do that. I don't need a second high speed at my house. Although it would have been good for parts, but Brent, re- relay w- how that came to be and what happened to that high speed. So I have since seen this picture. It's made its way out, and I'm gonna have to try to find it. Yeah. We can we can. It, Either probably link to it from we'll, we'll put it in from the blog, our show notes and yeah. we'll put it in the blog we'll put it in the show notes for the the blog post for this episode. So what had happened was that it was a complete game. Was, did, did you see this happen? I, I did, did not, not get to happen. see it happen. I, I came in after and I was in. Uh, I was like, why? What's what, what's up with all the fans in here? <laughs> why do? Why is it smoky? Yeah, what's up with the blower? I mean, there's a blower on the floor and it was like it was positive air pressure blowing out of the room. You, you could feel it. Yeah, and. It the the game the game was playing from what I understand it was um let's, I mean it, let's just say it is what it is it was rougher than the one that I brought home the one mm-hmm. I brought home was was nice it's very nice the, the 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 cabinet art on that one was almost to the point where you would consider it planked okay yes, I mean there, there was very little left it looked like it had been uh, it looked like it had uh, picked a fight with a planer and the planer uh, won until the planer went dull yeah exactly <laughs> that's about the best way I know to say there was not much high speed left on the high speed no there was no there was not so at some point in time apparently it was plugged in this was Thursday during setup it was Thursday night yeah it was plugged setup. in and uh, uh, I didn't see I, I've have been, I have not been able to figure out in my mind how this happened without tripping a breaker. And I, now that I think about it again, I probably need to open mine up just out of curiosity. But it had plugged someone had plugged it in, and there was a dead short. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, when I saw the power cord, the the end of it was gone. It as was in, fried. As in it had fried, yeah. and someone either went to yank it out, and literally it left the the plug uh-huh. in the receptacle, and it uh-huh. was just bare wire. Yeah, or it, it just it burned it burned, burned itself into. off. It burned itself. Yes, but something up in up in the cabinet, uh-huh. up in the bottom of the cabinet, shorted, caught fire, burst into flame, whatever you want to say, and it filled the entire play field under the glass with smoke. It was. To see this picture, it was it's almost like a once in a lifetime type of scenario, and you you certainly wouldn't want to see it on your own games no, at all. No, no, no. But what you're looking at is literally a pinball machine 
that's containing a campfire exactly. <laughs> is, is what it is because the and i mean you saw nothing of the play field it was rolling smoke, smoke under the glass under the glass and it was contained under the glass people told me that people that were there said it had gotten into the head because you know you you've got that access way between mm-hmm. the body and the head right it had gotten into the head and flowed through the head and was coming out the vents at the top of the machine like a smokestack, I guess. It's, uh, that's utterly amazing, yeah. And so the guy that owned it saw us taking your high speed out to your truck as we were loading it up, mm-hmm. and he's like, hey guys, I got another high speed, y'all want to buy it? And it, right away we knew which one he was talking about, and the price was excellent. I mean, it, excellent. I mean, I would say a fifth of, of what, you know, you know a top-notch high speed would bring okay and or maybe a fourth yeah i'd say a fourth of what a top-notch high speed would bring and i still couldn't make myself pull the trigger on it i just yeah. i just couldn't do it i thought about that a little bit and i thought man uh we could have probably even had it for a little less because i i'm i'm feeling he didn't want to take it home at that point and he and yeah and he even said this yeah. said as much but yeah. uh I've got it. I've got enough. You know, <laughs> I, it's I. You know what? I looked over at Brent and I said, Brent, I've got ninety nine problems and, and a smoke filled high speed in one of them. You <laughs> so know, hopefully somebody <laughs> out there listening that went to Atlanta got a. Well, I was going to say a, sm- a smoking deal. <laughs> <laughs> a smoking deal dude i non shot where is the rim shot brent <laughs> we've got to put a rim shot in that hopefully someone got a good deal yes on a uh, on a, a smoked deal i didn't even i didn't even intend to say that's, it just came out that way uh, the more you think about it the funnier it is but, all right yeah. so uh, two other things I've got going on. I, it, we we told you, folks. You know, this is we haven't had we haven't had a, a studio episode in a while, and it's no, like it's, it's, it's like it's, the whole world's changed. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, dude, it's probably been I would say a solid seven or eight weeks since yeah, we since recorded we sat down. since we sat down to record studio it, because we were able to use and we were able to use last month's episode as the you know as the live broadcast from uh you know from the place retro arcade so we needed a you know i, I think brent it, it you know when we look back on it we needed the time because there was so much prep for going down to you know the southern fry game room expo and everything like that it worked out well but it does feel good to be back in front of the mic oh, yeah. i will yeah, say that you'll uh uh, when we get into the Southern Fried Game Room Expo conversation, you know, we uh, we just didn't go to the show. We 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 were there for Preston and Patrick. We, we splattered our pl- ourselves all over the show if they, in a good way. I, I think I actually said this during uh, um, the li- the the second live show from uh, from the place Retro Arcade. You know, Whitney was doing uh, a lot of the panels. He was doing a lot of the, the facilitation of the panels. He had actually committed to the trip sooner than i did and then when i i became available you know i said i'm coming yeah. put me to work and i think i actually used the word gopher <laughs> and i i was hey i'll be a gopher to help yeah. help the, with the show anytime i was, was happy to do it it was quite the experience and man. I, it was a lot of fun if uh, um you know if, if they if the folks at the show needed something I, you point me in a direction and it will we'll get it taken care of yeah we get you know? it done I don't. I didn't mind doing it. I love doing it. It was so. a pri- it was a privilege, man. There's no doubt. So moving on, uh, if you check out and you know if you have, haven't checked out our Facebook page, I would highly recommend that you do. You know, uh, Facebook.com/slash Broken Token Blog. Mm-hmm. Give us a like. But if you check out our Facebook page, you'll see that uh, I've posted some pictures of kind of the refurbishment of a magnet core 
for uh, my dirty harry so yeah. what how do you refurb that it, it had taken a beating over time the magnet core uh, kind of protrudes at the play field right where the ball lands so when it comes to the shooter lane. So it's real quick, Brent, what, what does the magnet core do? Okay. For, just, just, to, just so we can get a picture in our mind's eye. What, 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 it, what is this thing and what does it do on the play field? Okay, so imagine a round piece of metal, uh-huh. say about the diameter of your thumb. Okay. And maybe, I don't know, four inches long or so. Okay. And the, the end of it is smooth, top of it's smooth, and the bottom side's threaded. And there's an assembly under the play field, a little bracket, and it receives those threads. Okay. And so you screw this core up through that threaded or down into that threaded bracket. So this is like a threaded stake. Like a with, threaded with, stake. With a, with a beveled polished top. Exactly. Okay. And it threads down into this bracket. Into this bracket. Okay. Correct. So right as it goes through the threads of this bracket, mm-hmm. under the, between the bracket and the play field, there's actually... Um, uh, a coil okay and it, not like a conventional pinball coil that's kind of long and thin this is um uh more tubular that's more like a, a classic pinball coil is like tubular more yep. tubular mm-hmm. yep this is like flat like a pancake okay okay so it's basically what you're going to use that coil for is the same thing you would in a in a flipper it's going to generate a magnetic field in this case it's not actually actuating on the arm like you would in a flipper or a vertical up kicker or something yeah it is just magnetizing it becomes an electromagnet and it magnetizes that core okay okay so in effect you've got you've got a coil Uh passing through that coil is the stake if you will and it just the tip of it just protrudes is quote-unquote flush with the top of the play field yeah, so so th- this thing sits inside the play field mm-hmm. sits flush and the ball actually rolls over the polished or the bevel top exactly yeah so it it the at whatever time when to command it by the game a lot yeah. of games have these yeah uh the coils energized mm-hmm. that magnet core becomes magnetic yeah and if the ball's there it'll hold the ball it traps the ball so yeah stops um, it cold stops it cold yeah so in dirty harry you know you've got a shot where you can shoot uh shoot a uh, a ramp okay okay and okay when you're getting ready to launch your ball you've got a couple options one you can put it in the gun you can shoot the gun uh try to get your skill shot mm-hmm. you could uh also uh shoot it up into the pops for some for some other bonuses or the third option is is this this magnet this core this magnet will catch it and then let it dribble out the right side um um oh shoot help me here whitney the right side of the arch the main arch okay and then there's an upper right flipper and you could shoot a ramp for your for your skill shot okay so it it really changes the flow of the of the ball on the play field yes it It, does yeah it it, does yeah when you come up when you when you fire the ball it actually runs up the shooter lane Mm -hmm. and then starts on it on a path up a very long low metal ramp to exit that ramp and literally fall on the play field right where that magnet core is yeah okay so over the years it had taken a beating it's actually pretty soft metal it was uh um pretty well deformed and it had become um it had become a trap a ball trap so it wasn't very common but it was common enough that it was bothersome a ball could get settled into it yeah you know when it wasn't energized yeah and yep. it would just hang there yeah and you just about have to tilt the game to get it loose well it, it, I looked at the pictures of this when you posted it on on the Facebook page, and it was surprising to me that the before picture actually 
allowed the ball to to pass over it without without sticking the ball i mean it was so slanted and so rough looking it's hard to believe that i guess the wear and the tear of you know so many you know so many games actually so many does, strikes so many strikes actually does that to the metal but uh yeah the the after pictures are are completely different and look good and that's that's the way that it it seems to me it has to be yeah yeah so you know i had the um i had had the apron off the game i had the translate out of the game i'd, I'd actually taken uh well we'll get into the, why that was later but yeah. it, i knew that i had i had this ball trap and i thought you know i'm gonna go ahead and, and kind of get into it and open it up and it's been it's been bothering me and l- let's just go ahead and address it you know yeah. i had to pull the ramps out of it to get to it and um you know if you check out the facebook page i talk about how i got it out because you couldn't you know, typically what you do, that bracket I described, you unscrew the bracket from the bottom of the play field and it would just drop out the bottom. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't in this situation because it was so deformed on the top, it, it wouldn't, wouldn't, it wouldn't come back through. Yeah, it wouldn't right. pull through. So you have to actually, te- you have to unscrew it out the top. Okay. And if you check out the pictures on our Facebook page, if you've got a game that has a magnet core, um, Several Williams games use the same assembly. Okay. Matter of fact, I think the exact same assembly, uh, talk about reusing parts, minus the cores that makes up the quote unquote the power that's in Adam's family. It's the magnet core bracket and then three of those uh, coils underneath the play field right there in front of the flippers that make up the quote unquote power that throw the ball around. Mm-hmm. Other games, however, they have this magnet core in it, other Williams games. And, you know, there's a lot of games that have a quote-unquote magnet core of different sizes. And the th- the same thing uh, would probably apply if it's in a place where it'll take a, a lot of abuse like it does on Dirty Harry. Yeah. So, yeah. so anyway, amongst everything else, while I was getting ready to kind of put the translite and the apron back in, I thought, you know, here's a good time. Uh, let's just go ahead and get this fixed, and then it'll be, you know, uh, done and we can go, just go ahead and put it back in the row and, and play and enjoy the game, and I have to worry about the ball trap. So yeah. that right now is in my game room in pieces, you know, because since the ramps are out of it and I got access to a lot of stuff, it's a good time to wipe it down and rewax it. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, it, it it's not been long since it was shopped. So I did have a little dust that settled out in it. So uh, it's it's not getting rubbered, but uh, it is in, in in a pretty good state of disassembly here, off to my left, <laughs> yeah. and amongst the high speed and the CSI yeah. and everything else, yeah. And then finally, burger time. So it's good that we're addressing this, Brent, because we've had a couple people uh, had a couple people contact us and say, "Hey, man, you guys ran the poll, you know, for put Brent to work. What's you know, where's the update on on the burger time?" And what? so here it is. Okay, let's so Brent, well, let's hear it. Well, first off, I'm going to apologize because I don't recall his name, but when I was in Cincinnati just uh, uh, last weekend a few days ago yeah. for our second live recording from yeah. the Place Retro Arcade, a gentleman walks in and he's. He, I had just done the live recording. Uh, I think Estel had already passed the uh, the world record for kicker. Was still playing away, and I wasn't too. I was loaded up, wasn't too far from leaving. Gentleman walks in with his daughters. He looks right at Carrie and he says, "I am here because of the Broken Token podcast." That's sweet. That's I, what I like to hear. I looked at him and I said, "Oh, were you listening to the live show?" He said, "Oh yeah, I was just listening to the live show." And I shook his hand, introduced myself, yeah. and uh, he'd come into play. I was like, "That's awesome." Yeah. So a little while later, I'm talking to him, and he he asked me about the Burger Time. Okay, he said, um, "I saw that Burger Time wasn't winning, 
And uh, I didn't like that. And uh, so I contacted all my friends. And all my friends went and voted. And he was the reason for the rally at the end that brought Burger Time oh, in. Burger Time finished strong. Yeah, man. Burger Time had a rally. And I apologize. Yeah. I didn't catch your name. And, uh, you know, contact us on the Facebook page. or yeah. you know. And thank you for listening. Oh, I yeah, mean, absolutely. You know, all things considered, that's the main thing. Yep. You know, he, he was that passionate and... Yeah, we will be doing this again, so it's not a big deal. I mean, I'm going to do one for me after mm-hmm. we finish this one for you, so it's it's all good. Yeah, shoot, it's just funny. Shoot me an email. It's you know Brent at uh, brokentoken dot com, and I've got a, I've got a picture of him. So yeah. uh, uh, we oh may, he was all smiles, man. Yeah, we may throw that up. He's a big Ramones fan, as I saw too. Yeah, cool. We we have to throw that up with part of the episode. So yeah. unfortunately, with kind of all the running around and. Um, uh, some of the new games that have kind of fallen into my lap and uh, some preparation that we had to make I had to make for Atlanta and then the trips and all that haven't got really hard work done you know as in gotten in and, and not that it was hard hard I haven't actually got real solid work done yeah I have gone ahead and started getting a few things that I knew I'd need to get I already have uh, the replacement bezel that was mm-hmm. ran what Whitney a year two years ago. It's been a little longer. This old game than, did. Yeah, Has it's it been a little one? bit longer than that actually. Yeah, these are these were silk screened uh, bezels on glass, and they are beautiful. I mean, I've got one for my burger time, and uh, Rich is uh, Rich Lint, you know, the owner of this old game. Uh, has talked about rerunning those at some point, but it's not happened yet. And so, if you've got one of yeah, those, one. then you're you're sitting good. I've got one as well, sitting in a box, waiting for waiting for me to do my work on my burger time. But uh, that's that's going to be a very nice piece for that game. So you know, this is a definite definite example of a first world problem. I had to find it. <laughs> yeah, you know, where's yes. it at? Yes, I've got it. I've got. <laughs> First so, world problem. Absolutely. Where's what my, did I what did I do today? Uh, dug through all my arcade parts. I got so many of them to find the Burger Time. Bezel. Yeah, to find yeah. my brand new Burger Time bezel yeah. that I've been sitting on. Yeah. So um, that has been located. Okay. And it's safe and sound. Um, needed T molding, so that got thrown into an order that I got from Arcade Shop. So yeah. new new T molding is here, and uh, um, the wiring harness in it is um, somewhat there. Let's just go with that. So I had less, a Bob, than, less than whole, less than yeah, less than whole, less than nice. So I had a Bob Roberts order, and it, you know, if you have never ordered a harness, a pre-made harness from Bob, they are nice. Yeah, you showed it to me, Brent, before we started recording, and excuse me, uh, you look at it and it, you can see the quality of the harness. It's immediately apparent yes. how nice those harnesses are. I've used uh, several... Shout out for Bob Roberts. Shout out. I've used several of his harnesses in the past, so yeah. I went ahead and said, let's just go ahead and, you know, there's no reason for me to try to fix this. There's enough... It's not worth your time. No, there's enough of it that just looking at it, giving it a quick once over, there's enough problems in it that it's not worth messing with let's just go ahead and do all new mm-hmm. you know i could tell that it had been squirreled with enough that even even like on the edge connector i'd probably end up just wanting to repin the whole thing and yeah. it just it yeah uh, what was there i think only one of the two are there anyway okay uh the, no this i think one of them is still hanging Jeez. in the back and the rest of it's all wa- wa- uh, wadded up in a ball and it's shoved like inside the coin door off to the left where the coin bucket would be. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, it's not yeah. worth it. So yeah. it's uh, not worth the time. Dude. So I've got, I do have the harness. Yeah. And, uh, okay. So burger time's making its way burger a little time's bit. Making its way a little bit. Parts collection. So that's, that, that's good. That is my massive 
seven or so weeks worth of updates i mean yeah i mean brent it's uh it's amazing how when when you're when you're not talking about it and you're actually you know kind of focused on you know securing a few deals and and picking this up and dropping this off and everything you build up you do build up quite a bit i mean man i've got i've got pretty much equally as much on my side as well so i mean dude one thing that um that i had talked about on a prior episode and i think uh, i think everybody listening will probably remember this is i had i acquired a punch out and brent that thing has um that thing has proven to uh, proven to be needing of a little bit more work than uh, than I think I, I'd originally thought that it was. Do you have going some rose colored glasses on. Well, it, it, no, not so much that. But it, when I picked it up, um, I had to help the gentleman drag it out of the basement, and it was a uh, it was a dark basement. Even the, I had my flashlight with me and everything like that. Gave it a, you know gave it a good once over, and, and it does the the bunch out does look good. But um, after getting it home and getting it unpacked, I can you know get the back off of it and really crawling through it or you know in the daylight and everything i can see where it's going to need you know a little bit of um a little bit of woodwork the you know the the bottom the, the bottom and the sides have actually kind of detached a little bit from the base and so i'm in i like I say i know i've mentioned this but I, I want to kind of roll into where i'm at with it right now it kind of detached from the base and, and it actually and this is this is a, a podcast sin i'm i'm talking with my hands right now <laughs> but but instead of the you know instead of the two sides being you know perpendicular to uh, being perpendicular to the base you know perfectly mm-hmm. they've actually kind of bowed out a little bit oh, and so okay. but, huh. but but to the point where it, it's not it's not broken anything or stretched anything it just needs to be i i, I need to get some clamp action going with it mm-hmm. brent and uh, probably some some wood glue and uh in, in a couple fasteners and things like that to really restore it back to square i'm not really sure what caused that to happen i don't know if it was uh potentially maybe some maybe some water damage or what have you or maybe just humidity i'm not really sure but the the cabinet exhibits none of that so i don't know if it was it almost lo- makes me wonder if uh, um does it look like it's taken a hard landing on the on the bottom it doesn't and what it actually looks like is it was moved instead of being moved from front to back like like you stand in the front of the cabinet and you move it it, mm-hmm. it almost it looks like it has been moved from the side meaning you walk around to one side grab it on either side and then you pull it with the side okay mm-hmm. and what i think has contributed to this is uh it has no base on it so it's almost like it oh. has been scooched across its own bottom that's a, that's a kentucky word that it, yes exactly that, that is slid that is, yeah. slid for slid thank you <laughs> yes <laughs> Yeah, it, let's put it this way: it has been moved against its own accord. There okay, you go. there you go. And so I, I feel that the bottoms, the very bottoms, have have kind of given away a little bit because they've had some pressure put on them. All right. Now they don't look feathered. They don't look chipped. Well, they that's don't, good. They, I mean, they, they they don't look bad. They're just pulled away from the cabinet a little bit. So what this what this really means is that when I when I get to the point where I yank both of the sanyos out, and dude, I, I mean, I, I do have to say. The Sanyos are they're they're nice and clean. They look good now. They haven't been touched. They're all original. You can tell by looking at them. But what's great about this punch out though, Brent, is everything's there. Marquee's there. The bracket works there. Every single piece of metal is there. The you know the um, the um, 
tinted uh the tinted bezel you mm-hmm. know that goes in that goes in front of both of the monitors that's there you know the control panel's complete the wiring harness is completely unmodified you know this this is a good punch out it's just going to need a little bit of, it's just going to oh, need a little bit of work it sounds like you got to it before um it had too much time without a base to then start tearing the yeah, sides yeah. up. Yeah, so so I got to get a got to get a base for it and everything like that, and then you know kind of return it back to square. I do have to get a control panel overlay for it. it, it the control the existing or the I guess the original control panel overlay is eat up you know pretty bad around the bend and everything. But you know as far as everything else goes, it, it's all there. You know, um, it plays fine. The top monitor is very very dim, but it, it but it is there. The bottom monitor uh, is is fine. I mean, it it plays it plays okay. I mean, it plays fairly dim as well. Not as dim as the top monitor, but you know, hey, it's got the sound. The sound is nice and loud. Uh, you know, the board set looks to be good. It, it, it's it's a decent punch out. You know, but it's just going to require you know a little bit of uh, TLC before it goes you know kind of quote into the basement. I well, guess. it sounds like you got all the. It's got solid bones, mm-hmm. as they say. Oh, it, it does. It mm-hmm. does. And and the thing about it is is that you know this was a game that I. You know, I played a lot on the NES. I never really played it in the arcade, but you know, when I was a kid, I played this a lot. I had Mike Tyson's Punch Out on the NES, and I, I was just always a big fan of that. And you know, I've played Punch Out and Super Punch Out, you know, since getting quote unquote, you know, kind of air quotes, kind of back into the hobby, so to speak. And I love both of the games, but um, as much as I as much as I love playing them today, as much as I you know had fond memories of playing you know Punch Out as as a kid on the NES, you know, I, there was an equal part of me that wanted a punch out to help me complete, you know, quote unquote, my Nintendo row, I guess you could say, now, you know, just, just, just from a, you know, just from a title perspective. I was about to ask a question, but I think I even answered it in my own mind. Okay. It, you, it's not a direct swap to super punch out, is it? There's a, actually an additional control for Super Punch-Out, isn't there? Uh, it's a five-way joystick. Uh, Super Punch-Out has a five-way joystick. And so uh, control panel-wise, though, they, they both they both look the same. Five-way. Mm-hmm. Up, down, left, right, and like you pull? And you pull up. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. On, on the Super Punch-Out, you can actually pull up on the joystick. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. All yeah, right. so... Uh, so oh, I thought I was thinking there was a button. Uh, there, but, there is there is like a, a blue knockout button, mm-hmm. and so um, so that that's one of the um, that's one I guess you know the quote unquote the special controls. Okay, you know? I got you. Okay, yeah. but uh, but it, it is it's in very it's in very good shape, and I'm I'm very happy with it. And once it's done, it it, it will definitely it'll it'll definitely be being in good home, you know, from from that regard. So I'm I'm going to enjoy playing it. I really am. Uh, so you know, so that, that's that's the punch out, you know, the the punch out saga and kind of where that sits. You know, it's it's been fl- it's been uh, flipped on its back and you just gone through assessment, I guess. At this point, Brent, there's not there's not not really a whole lot, of, not really a whole lot else that's that's gone on with that. Well, I've done so. a lot of assessment on my end of things. <laughs> I, I can assess where a lot of my time is going. <laughs> yeah, I, I can assess all the work that I have sitting in front of me is 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 kind of is kind of where I'm sitting at right now. So and all the stuff that sits uh that sits in in front of me to get done but nonetheless punch out it's awesome i'm really looking forward you know really looking forward to having it uh like like say kind of having it in the uh in in the arcade or in, in the game room so to speak so now one of the uh one of the other um 
one of the other games, Brent, that I, that I also picked up, uh, and this was part of our trip, I guess, our first trip up to the place retro arcade, you know, up to up to Carrie Cheney's uh, up to Carrie Cheney's uh, place of business, was I had uh, acquired a pole position. Now, now don't give away how it fin- how it made its final trip home. That'll be. Yeah, I'm not yeah you got to keep listening for the story. Yeah, 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 exactly. We don't want to do the whole reveal right You've there. You've gotten it, but but it is back to my house. Okay, now, good. Okay, yes, and so um, it is. Uh, it's still sitting on the trailer. Okay, so that that still has to be done. But um, the the big thing is is that I've devised a way to get it off the trailer <laughs> by myself, and that is quite the accomplishment in and of its own. Yeah, from, because from what I understand, these, it was things are big. Quite a story, just getting it on the trailer. Oh but. man, dude, it took. Uh, We'll get yeah, into that. Get, yeah, we'll get into that because that's uh, the teaser. I'm teasing with. I'm teasing the the listeners. Yeah, with yeah. You've you've got good podcasting <laughs> skills, dude. That's pretty awesome. But um, yeah. So I, I've I've got it home. Uh, like I say, which was the feat, and uh, you know the, the the pole position is in really good shape, dude. I'm very happy with the purchase. Um, you know, oh, I've I had, saw it, and I I was you were um a little unsure about it because I don't I. It's difficult to see things in pictures. You it know? is. It is. And, and I bought that one just on pictures. You know, know and, I, I and I'm the same way. No matter how good you think the pictures are, there's always something kind of hiding that, you know, and it's not a malicious thing most often, but until you finally walk up to it and, yeah. you know, yeah, that, oh, okay, yeah, it's supposed to be white, you know, that white, like on pole position on the cabinets. Yeah. But that's actually spray paint white, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, oh, I didn't realize it had orange peel from the factory. And it's like, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. Yeah. But so. no, no, the, the, the whole pole position cockpit, it's in, it's in great shape. And for its age, you know, it's got, it's got one chewed corner a little bit, uh, you know, at the front of the cabinet, but. I'm not going to let that, I'm not going to let that, you know, that's not, it's not a deal breaker for me in any way, shape or form. That's completely addressable and fixable. But uh, nonetheless, the what's important about that pole position cockpit, Brent, is that it works. Okay. A hundred percent. Fire it up, hop inside of it, drive yourself a game. And so it works and it works well. Now, when I was picking it up the second time, okay, Carrie, Carrie <laughs> there's, and I, a t- yeah, there's a tease. There, yeah, there it is. Why was there two pickups? <laughs> so the second time, uh, Carrie and I opened it up and it's had a little bit of hack job done on the harness and things like that but uh, that's you know that's solvable as well but did like, someone try to put a switcher in it no no they did not uh, it looks like it's had a little bit of board repair done is is what it looks like and have they done like the five volt bypass on it or do you know uh, I don't know I, I don't know I, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to look at it a little bit harder you know in order to determine that I'm not sure but the harness has been the harness has been cut and linked and patched and cut and patched again okay you know with uh you know, you know with like the little butt joint like the yeah. little butt connectors mm-hmm. and things like that don't I don't know what would have transpired to cause that to be necessary at this point, but like I say, it's one of those scenarios where it will get my full attention when it comes time to actually kind of go through that when one. When you do that, and we'll, then figure it out. We may have to do a segment on that. We'll pull. We can pull yeah. mine out. We can do the how I've how I've. I'm afraid to say this now, Whitney, because as soon as I say this, it's going to blow up. But <laughs> how how I've had two pole positions that has successfully you know ran for x period of time yeah you know well and, and here's the thing and, and I, I i freely admit this i know next to nothing about pole position from a technical perspective 
other than the fact that I really like the game and I wanted a cockpit. I wanted that particular. I wanted that particular cockpit for my game room. Okay, mm-hmm. I like the fact that well, number one, it was sit down. Number two, you know, just the, the you know the way the speaker scenario is on 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 that particular cockpit game. It just looks good, and I love pole position. Does the cockpit as well. have a break? Uh, the cockpit does have a break. That's what I thought. Yes, okay, I thought it, 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 does, it is wired for it. Does it is wired for a break, and it has speakers in front of you and behind you. And so when Carrie and I were playing it in the you know in the um, in the storage unit, we fired it up. I hopped in it, uh, set a very pitiful score on pole position, but I enjoyed every second of it because the sound was really good. But it, but it's going to have to be gone through. It was a little low. It could it could be louder and, and cleaner. You know, everything was a little muffled sounding mm-hmm. and things like that. So Brent, it, it's going to need you know it's going to need the Whitney treatment, I guess, is what it's going to need. But what I'm looking forward to is I'm going to learn a lot about pole position in, in you know in the process. And so I've never really studied up on pole position and the in the issues and the semantics with caring for a pole position. I know I've read a lot on Clove about it, but I've not actually had my hands in one. So it, it's going to be fun. And ever and I know it gets a bad rap. I know that people are like, oh, man, the greatest thing about pole position is the day I got rid of it. But <laughs> it's you know, like a boat. Yeah, it's like a boat. <laughs> Yeah. Two two happy days of my life. The day I bought it, the day I sold it. <laughs> the day I bought it, and the day I sold it, and everything in between was just you know chaos. I keep actually, you say that, and every time I, well, we've got the uh, uh, our our, every, our equipment set up here in my game room. I keep turning around, and I keep bumping the wheel on my pole <laughs> it's, position. It's knocking on your <laughs> shoulder, Brent. Yes, and uh, and so. I think when the time comes for us to, you know, for, for us to to look at the pole position, Brent, uh, I I will we'll, we'll break that we'll break yeah, that we'll thing down from start to you. finish, mm-hmm. and yeah, I think I think the listenership would really benefit from a pole position gone through mm-hmm. from from A to Z, and that's what and that's what we're going to do with this. Yeah, one. I've, so, I've, I've had two that I've gone through, and uh, 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 the one here behind me, the the wiring harness was uh, uh, had gotten so hot that if memory serves, this one had actually the the edge connector had actually just had gotten so brittle it had one of them had actually just just broken. You know, yeah. you taking a board out one day, Isn't whoever that last person take it out, and it just it just came apart. Yeah, and uh, um, I've had uh, the one that I have sold. It had a switcher in it. Someone had hacked a switcher in it, and I deconverted that. Went back to the factory supplies, and then yeah. even the factory AR. Someone had done the 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 bypass for the. Um, oh gosh, it's escaping the me sense, now. I'm sense, had, the sense, 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 the sense mod, mod the yeah. quote unquote sense the mod. Sense mod. Yes. Yeah, my, that's that's twice today. I think I've tried. To, what am I talking about, Whitney? <laughs> help me, help me, wheel me in. Lifeline. But, yeah, we can. Uh, uh, we can definitely get down and and that that look look. That'll for be that. fun. That, that that'll be, be fun. fun. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it may be a little bit before we get to it because I've got. Oh, we don't have anything else to do. Yeah, exactly. So I've still got the centipedes that I'm that I'm you know that I've got sitting in queue for my brother and I. So I don't know when we'll get to it, but you know the greatest thing about being in this hobby is you don't have to. You don't. I mean, dude, the stuff sits until you're ready for it. But when you're ready for it, it's it's like it's it's fun. You mm-hmm. know. I mean, it's a lot of fun. So, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. And, and dude, it's going to be a great addition to the game room. And I, I truly see it as one of the permanent pieces. Once it goes in, it stays in, you know, because... I can see that, yeah. Yeah, because there's, you know, I'll I'll probably at some point get... Um, uh, get the pole position replacement board that does pole position and pole position too. I know that that's you know that's being worked on and oh that's actually why uh, a year ago yeah I, I sold pole position too yeah you know it it 
it was getting as much play as pole position one. Yeah. But it was, you know, I had, I, I could use the cabinet space. And I, yeah. I was hoping that eventually that board would become available. Yeah. And, and, you know, it seems like it's, you know, slowly making progress and everything like that. So um, I, I know that that's going to become an avail that's going to become a reality at some point, probably in the next couple of years. And so the timing on it will be great. And you'll have a really nice cockpit that has, that has re- really superior sound and it just fun to sit in and play. And, mm-hmm. and the thing about it, Brent, with my game room, it is, it, I've, it is angled perfectly. I've got like a little cubby in my game room that that is um it, it it's it's like dead it's like dead closet space essentially and so you know when you walk behind that little cubby i've got a closet in the game room and so you know the way that they the way that the the builders you know kind of set that up it's a recess space inside the game room that where the wall goes deeper than the other than that section of the of that side of the wall and so it is perfect i mean it's about a foot and a half to two feet wider than the pole position cockpit itself but when you slide the cockpit in it can take like the first i don't know maybe um 24 inches or so of the game and and, and kind of like bury the nose of the game into that into that little kind of scuddy hole i guess if you want to call it anything and so it's like it's perfect to put a cockpit driving game right there you know and what's nice about it is when i do that i'm going to yank i've got uh one of my pinball machines in it right now I'm going to yank that out. I'm going to put all my pinball machines in a row mm-hmm. on, on on the opposing wall where all my Nintendo machines are. So, so dude, it, it's going to serve several purposes, and it's just going to be a fun game to play. I know that. So I'm really looking forward to it. Well, I, if I could come across one, I could see uh, I got to play one game the you know at the first visit in that storage unit, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, I could see having one. I mean, it's not as I've got a. a a uh, hydro thunder around the corner here and i've got a vapor trx and it the way the room kind of lays out it's perfect to kind of put it in a corner yeah and then you reclaim that space that you would lose by the row of games coming up the adjoining wall yeah exactly you know because you got to have a space for you know you kind of your backside to be in when you're standing there in front of the games on the end wall yeah so i mean it i've got a good place for two two cockpits or yeah. you know two sit in kind of driver type yeah. games well so. th- this is this is this will be the one this will be the one you know and and what i like about it is it's instantly recognizable and it does have nostalgic value for me you know because i really like pole position it's a lot of fun to play and this this is the format that i want to play it in so so i'm, I'm really looking forward to it um assuming that i don't uh that i don't befall you know physical harm getting it off the trailer <laughs> you know in into, into my storage into my barn i guess or in, into my uh you know into my garage at my house um it's 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 like a big detached garage kind of storage building however you want to call it pole barn whatever there's you know 50 names for it but nonetheless you know uh, getting it off the trailer and, and getting it in storage would is going to be the trick but the big thing is um you know once once that's done i get it wheeled around and, and get it sitting where it needs to sit you know i've got the room to break it down and and to do so in a way where um you know where where I don't have to like occupy all this room inside my game room mm-hmm. I can completely break it down do all the work to it and get it whole so to speak you know get it gone through and get it back to back to right and then I can wheel it into my game room completely done you know so I so that that's going to be the nice thing about that so I was actually just trying to find that thread the official what's the title it official pole position clone slash multi game status. Thread. 
Okay, yeah, on Clav. And so, like I say, that has been in the works for quite some time, dude. And I know that a lot of people are waiting for it. Um, but it, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an easy buy as soon as, as soon as it becomes available. What's the current status on it? I've not checked on well, it probably just three or four months. It, this particular thread, it looks like it's got 400 some odd posts, 42 pages. And the last from the gentleman that um, was actually working on it... Um, I'm not sure how to say if it's even pronounceable. Is it AJCRM125? Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- and, that's AJCRM. Yeah, and I've emailed with him a, a couple of times. Looks like it was from May, May 19th of this year, and it and he just has a uh, a link to, it just says abridged version here, and I'd have to read back, so I don't know if this is just kind of a, it's a link to a video, or actually it's an MP3 file, so it might be just audio you can have an mp3 video can't you is there a video file format i don't mm-hmm. think so either no, no there's not i don't know i was thinking that so uh, without reading back it looks like things are still progressing i don't know what that the uh, quote-unquote abridged version what it's an abridged version of okay but uh um oh oh, 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 oh. it looks like it's something to do with a podcast Someone else's podcast may be discussing it. Okay, gotcha. Okay, so I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure without reading yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, well, it's something that we need. To, it's something that we probably need to to do a little bit of studying up on. But the good yeah. thing is, it's there. It's yeah. out there. The project is the project's alive. And like I say, Brent, it's been at least a solid three or four months since I've checked in on yeah. it. And it's one of those things that, that I think about and then I go, I go, you know, check up on the status and, and figure out what's going on with it. And then you just kind of leave it alone for a few months because there's no, you know, it doesn't pay to, to, to just burn, you know, you know, day upon day upon day, you know, trying to figure out yeah. what's going on. That's, with you know, it. I was thinking video. Cause if you actually look back through the thread as he's working his way through a uh, reverse engineering, all the Namco custom chips, mm-hmm. which is basically the thing that's really the, the the lion's share of the work is I would assume trying to figure out what they implemented within all those customs there are status videos posted throughout the thread where he's you know running demos and you know this is what it looks like now and this is what I'm facing here and okay so uh, uh, yeah it looks like that last thing was definitely some kind of podcast where it was discussed or okay. something to that effect. Fair, anyway. fair enough. Yeah, we can grab the thread and put it in the show notes. That, that's that's no problem. That's no problem. So uh, it's re- really, really, uh, really exciting. You know, I'm very, very, uh, very, very pumped to to have gotten that, you know, to have gotten that, that cockpit machine in the shape that it's in and everything like that. So it's, it's going to be pretty sweet, dude. Now, the next thing, Brent, uh, is the culmination of what I would consider to be uh, – probably no less than four to five years of hunting this game down all right and much like you Brent, it seems like over the past you know seven weeks or so you know i i I mean i've gotten i've picked up four new machines in the past seven weeks and it's like you go forever and you're like i don't want anything else no no i don't want anything else then boom it just hits and you know some of this was planned some of it was kind of happenstance this one though I had been working on for quite some time and um, and then it just kind of came to fruition and I had to had to make a move on it but 
uh, for everybody wondering, I have been trying to find a, uh, and I don't know if the proper pronunciation of this is uh, GAPLUS or GAPLUS or what you would just commonly refer to as Galaga 3, okay? And Brent, they're rare machines, uh, and anybody who's, who's been in the hobby for any length of time knows that that title didn't really sell all that well. It came out, you know, it came out on the on on the tail end of the of the of the crash i guess if you want to call it that and you know it's um you know it, it's essentially you know number 3 of 4 in the whole galaga galaxian series but um you know with galaxian being first galaga being second galaga 3 even galaga 88 after that you know from an arcade perspective but brent it's my favorite of the series i i i really really love the game it's it's so much fun to play i think it's yeah, i think it's it's um very unique in its approach to how to how it plays you can actually move up and down as well you can it has a four-way joystick you can move up and down in addition to the left and the right but what's what's neat about it is you can capture the enemy and make them shoot for you so you can capture multiple ships and you you can feasibly build like this like this armada (laughs) okay of ships that that's under your control and you can have you know 10 12 shots on the screen at one time and the formations are different. It, there's a lot of variation to it. The challenging stages are really fun and, and different as well. But Brent, I mean, it is Galaga at its core, okay? But it's it's Galaga like amped up, like times times ten. Does it, stri- does it strike you as odd that you know? I know a lot of people ask me about, hey, do you have a Galaga? Yeah. Well, I'm more of a Galaxian fan. Yeah. And then you te- you tend to be on the other end of it. Yeah. You know where you want the the next i've got the i've got the granddaddy and you've got the son so to speak. exactly and then nobody wants the father no nobody <laughs> wants dad yeah nobody wants dad i'm but, watching a youtube video of it right now and it is a blast so um i found one locally brent believe it or not uh i, I searching this game far and wide i was able to find one locally you know here here in uh here in louisville actually and i was i was utterly amazed when when I found that. And so, um, when I talked to the gentleman who owned it, okay, you know, he, he knew, he knew what he had and everything. And he's like, no, I'm not ready to sell it yet. So, um, I had to I had to kind of work on it, you know, for 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 quite some time. I'm watching. Just, I just saw the ship capture. Yeah, yeah, it's sweet. Oh my gosh. It? Yeah. So you're watching. So yeah, you're I'm watching, watching it on YouTube. YouTube. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. And so, um, and, and it gets better the further the longer it goes. It's a lot of fun. But nonetheless, I had to work on the gentleman who had to work work on slash work with the gentleman who owned it. And you know, Brent, if if somebody doesn't want to sell it, they don't want to sell mm-hmm. it. And there and it doesn't matter what you say or what you do. You just have to kind of wait it out, you know. But I'd seen a couple come up for sale on cloth and I was very tempted to go after them and go get them. But it's like, man, there's no sense in doing that when I know exactly where a machine is. I can drive straight to this person's house and I know exactly where this machine is, but I can't buy it yet. You know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not up for sale yet. So, uh, lo and behold, I talked with the gentleman who owned it. Uh, it made sure I kept an open line of communication with him. It took a couple of years, Brent, to you know to get it to the point to where it could be bought. But I will say he was very fair with me on it, and uh, you know we got to the point where it's like, oh yeah, Whitney, come over and take a look at it. If you still want it, it's yours. Come get it. Looks like and, there's a challenge stage in this where when uh, after you get like through the first rack, yeah, you're. Uh, 
as you shoot, you're spelling out. It looks like the word bonus, and then you get to the point. I think it was like after the after the first rock, when the second second one comes out, the second wave, flight wave, of wave or, yeah. if you will. Uh-huh. Uh, you get down to the last three in the wave and then you just you hit them and, and bounce them up. You yeah, like, they, they bounce off the shot and, and your job is to keep them is to keep, vol- them, up. keep them up and volley them yep. back and forth. Yeah, it, it's 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 pretty sweet sauce, man, <laughs> when it comes to that. It's it's a lot of fun. And the sound, I mean, the sound of it is is as good as the gameplay in my mind anyway. So um, so like I say, I was able, I was finally able to get this thing bought, Brent. And you know, I mean, I was texting you about it. I was as giddy as a, you know, as anything. And so I was, uh, I was happy to get it, happy to go pick it up. I got it home and Brent, it's like serial number 254 or something oh, wow. like that. So it's, it's very low in the run and it, it is 100% original there is not a cut wire there is not a hack job one done done on this thing uh you know it's got a geo7 in it it is is it is as complete and as, as an original as it can be so so dude i am stoked now it's never it's dirty i mean i'm oh, gonna dirt I, wipes uh, off dirt does wipe dirt off wipes and, off and i am gonna have to do a lot of cleaning work on this inside and out i'm gonna have to you know cap the monitor the whole nine yards you know probably service the power supply just to make sure that there's no problem with it because, dude, it has the MCR power supply in the bottom of it. You know, the big, oh, it does. It, it does. It has the big suitcase power supply in the bottom of it, and everything like that. And so, so it's going. It's going to need. It's going to need going through. You know, polish the buttons, and I. I don't know how to get a replacement control panel overlay for it because it is flaked pretty bad. But, dude, the cabinet is so solid. The artwork looks really good. I'm. I'm just. I'm just really, really happy to have it. So, yeah. So, so this seven weeks netted netted something that Whitney's been after for years. You know, and so I'm just really stoked and well, i know i've said that a few times but yeah i hope you can tell this is this is something that i've been after for a while and i was just i mean well, i was just pumped to get well, it well this seven weeks is netted i mean dare i say two things that you've been after for a while that is true yeah that is true and dude I, you know and, and just to kind of round it up i don't want to uh you know i don't want to um you know, give this any less significance, but this is, uh, I was able to pick up a game that, uh, my wife has been wanting and my daughter has been wanting for quite some time. And dude, I was able to find an all original pack, oh, uh, I didn't an realize. all original Pac-Man. Oh, oh, I yeah. for, had forgot about that. Yes. And, uh, it, you know, Brent, I texted you some pictures on this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a solid and nice looking Pac-Man has a little bit of hand wear on the left hand side, but outside of that, uh, the game has got the patina that I was after. You know, it's it's largely um, it's largely unscathed, you know, for its age. And, you know, Brent, I'm not I'm, I will clean that Pac-Man up, but I'm not going to touch it. I'm not going to touch the artwork. I'm not going to touch the hand spot. I say it's I'm, I'm just going to leave it the way it is. Uh, once you got a hold of it and uh, I was able to see even even nicer pictures of it. Uh, I was I was surprised. I mean, yeah. the game was the for a pack, and and we all know how much pack, how much abuse packs took oh, back they, in the day. Oh gosh, man, yeah. I mean, I I was happy to get mine for the for the 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 price that I got it for, and it yeah. is it has a lot of patina. Yeah, yeah. And its patina has grown on me. But I mean, if I had an opportunity to get one as nice as you did, I would I, I could see taking it. Yeah, definitely. yeah. And so I was really happy about it. I'm not, I, Brent. I don't think I'm going to multi pack it or anything like that. I think I'm just going to get it back to going to run it. Over all natural yeah i'm gonna run it all natural dude so i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna get you know make sure i do all of the preventive maintenance to it 
uh, you know, and everything like that, and uh, just get it looking nice and black and blue from a monitor perspective. And I just, I, I'm a big fan of just that blue glow, just you know, just kind of <laughs> stemming up from the monitor, the maze glow and everything. And uh, man, dude, I'm just, I'm just gonna let it be Pac-Man. And so I think, oh, I've ca- cool. I think I've come to that, uh, come to that conclusion on it. Yeah, it needs T-molding, and you know, I have to, you know, polish the marquee and and you know, the bezel and everything. But I do have a new control panel overlay for it, actually, an NOS one. And uh, so I'll take the control panel off and, you know, bead blast it and everything, you know, media blast it and repaint it and all that and just go through the joystick and, you know, the the buttons and all that. But, dude, after, you know, doing that and doing a little bit of monitor work to it, I mean, it'll vacuum it out and wipe it down, put new T-molding on it. Just and, a little, and it goes, a little it basic go, TLC. a little basic TLC mm-hmm. and it goes into the game room, man. And and that's nice. That's kind of problem solved. My wife, was she was, she was you know, really happy to hear about it. And I don't know, dude, I, although PAC is, has never been my my favorite game i do like the game and i I just i like the thought of having one it it, it's comfort it's a comfort game i guess you know if if there's you know southern kind of slash comfort food pac-man for me is a comfort game i'll admit i've never been uh i never was a big pac fan even back in the day yeah you know we come from that generation where we lived it being the game in the arcade oh yeah and um um I've got a Mike Doyle kit in mind, uh-huh. the 96 and one, I think it is. Yes. And I've, you know, like I said, I, I got it. Um, it's, it's that staple arcade it is. game room type of a game. It, it is. And man. I catch myself playing it quite often. Oh yeah. So. And, and I look at, and it doesn't matter what you think of Pac-Man. You cannot deny the, you cannot deny the legacy of the game. You know, it, it it's, it's there. And so, um, uh, yeah, I was stoked to find one in, in as good a condition as, as that one is in, and uh, it was pretty much a you know a solid buy for me. And uh, yeah, I was I was uh, glad to get it. It, it kind of came with little fanfare, you know. I did, found <laughs> you know found it, and it's you know it negotiated with the with the seller. Just and little fanfare. Just Every ve- time I bring a game in, I I get a guy out here with like a drum kit. <laughs> oh, you do? Yeah, sweet man. Yeah, Fire, fireworks and everything. Yeah, we're uh, gonna do it. If I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it right. Do it, do it upright, man. But no, it was. It's almost kind of anticlimactic you know it's kind of like you, you make the call you negotiate and you just go pick up the pack you know and yeah i drive it home and it's like man huh um that was that that was about as anticlimactic of a game acquisition <laughs> as i think i've ever had you know because earlier in the hobby i you know i'd psych myself up and i'd make it into a day-long trip and you know go to get this and go to get that and this was just kind of you know drive over pick it up and bring it home and, and you know? i know the the gentleman that had the game and uh um he is uh he's a nice guy he's, oh, a great he's as guy. nice as the day is long and, man he's just he's uh uh he's very easy going just as he's, laid back as can be you know you can tell whitney and i we get animated and we oh, yeah. especially if, if you've uh if we ever do video podcasts, yeah, dude, oh my gosh all they're gonna see is me as i talk i wave hands my hands, flailing hands, and all hands, kinds going, of stuff. hands just going everywhere it, and uh, uh the gentleman that had the game he's just he's he's easy going very just laid back laid very, back man very uh kind of uh, generally soft spoken. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And, and, you know, and I was, I, I was just, I was happy to be able to, you know, to pick it up from him and to do business with him. So, you know, local collector and, uh, you know, just like all around, all around solid guy. So yeah, it was, it was pretty sweet. So yeah, Brent, so that's kind of what I've been up to. And, you know, like I say, it's, I think between the two of us, man, we've probably compressed about eight, eight to nine months worth of collecting into about six to seven weeks is what we've done. Mm-hmm. So, 
you know, we, we are good. We are good. So, man, Brent, with that, why don't we, uh, w- before we get into all of the, uh, the event recaps and everything, man, why don't, w- why don't we take a break and go get oh, something yeah. to drink <laughs> and, uh, and then let's, let's hop back on the mic and roll into, oh, uh, roll all, into the event we recaps. We haven't been at this very long, Whitney. I mean, looking over the time or we've just clicked off by hour 45. That's oh. nothing. <laughs> Man, I, I guess you know. I guess we're we're lightweights. You know, get, get around the year episode, and man, we start slacking well, off. You yeah, know? we're not getting any younger. <laughs> All right, no, but those those are some good updates, man. I love hearing the stories. Just just for us to sit here and talk about it, it's it, it's as much fun as anything. So. All right. Yeah, well, I mean, there's, there's, we know a lot of about what goes on with one another, but yeah. I think we've mentioned this in prior episodes. We do kind of hold a little back. So yeah. there's even a surprise for each oh, yeah, other. Y- yeah. Because it, it creates a little bit of spot. I just hit, I just hit the pole position again. <laughs> it, it wants something from you, Brent. I, I don't know what it is, but you, every time I look at it, the wheel is spinning. The wheel is spinning. It, 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 it makes me wonder, man. I, now when people ask me, do you have any problems out of that? No, other than things that I do when I hit it. Yeah, exactly. Or it comes knocking on my shoulder yeah. at the oddest of times. But yeah, Brent, wanna, like I say, why don't we go ahead and, and take a little break, and through the magic of editing, we'll pop right back, and uh, let's talk. A, let's, let's do some event recap. All right, Whitney. All right. Brent, this is uh, this is the the part of the show where we get to spend some time and talk about uh, the uh, the adventures or the misadventures or the uh, the adventures thereof. Our time on the road uh, going up to Cincinnati for our broadcast at the, at the Place Retro Arcade and going down to SFGE. Well, it seems like you and I spend a lot of time on the road here as of late, Whitney. We and uh, people are starting to talk. <laughs> I'm starting to talk. Well, you know, there's there was plenty to talk about. First off was the trip to the Place Retro Arcade. And dude, that was that, our I mean, first our first trip. Our first trip. Yeah, yeah. The podcast's first trip on the road. And man, I, I will say this, Brent, we were loaded up for bear. There's no doubt about it. But but man alive, that was that trip was taxing. It was uh, it was it was tough on both of us, really. So here's but, a little, but for different reasons. Oh yeah, yeah. Here's a little um kind of pulling the curtain back a little behind the scenes whitney and i have done i guess you call a remote show before we did a little arcade expo and that Mm -hmm. was that was our first shot at taking the rig setting it up somewhere in public and and streaming the show and streaming the show and there there was lessons learned so if you go back and you listen to the live shows from the little arcade expo versus the live show from the place there's audio differences i mean we didn't have as much ambient noise at, at Carrie's place as we did in Louisville, but you know we learned some things. We talked to some people. We had invested in some additional microphones. Mm-hmm. So even the next time out at a at a venue, a, a show, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, it's going to get better and better and better. It, it will because yeah, the, and the microphones are, are the big difference there because you know we're you know we've now got a set of you know directional versus non directional mics and it just makes everything sound so much better. But dude, dis- despite that, I mean. Having the mics was great, and I think the equipment setup was good. It, it was just everything that happened or fell apart around all of that, man. <laughs> I mean, so what did we do? We wound up dragging your F-350, my trailer, and every good intention that we could muscle up to Cincinnati. <laughs> and I swear to goodness, man, by the time it was all said and done, you and I looked like we had been run through a run through the rent cycle. Oh, man. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So how did – go ahead. How did your day – so, all right, even before we get there, let me let me preface yeah. this with Whitney and I, we lived it. 
Mm-hmm. The story is worth telling. I think everyone that's ever enjoyed it will, you know, this is kind of like our mini version of that yeah. Chevy Chase movie, uh, uh, National Lampoon's Vacation. You know, yeah, it was definitely that. Well, what would you feel like if you got there and Florida was closed? <laughs> well, they don't close Florida. Wally world, man. They don't close Florida. <laughs> so uh, we're probably going to loop back a couple. T- oh, no, no, no. We forgot. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So and this is funny after the fact. So how did how did your day start off before we before you and I got together? I mean, it was crap. If you want to know the truth of it, dude. So I'd been sick like for a week, rolling into you know rolling into that uh, rolling into that Saturday, and I talked to Carrie a couple times, and he's like, "Man, are you gonna be okay?" I'm like, "Carrie, yeah. I, I mean, I'll be fine. You know, pull up by the bootstraps, whatever." The show must go on. Yeah, we'll get it done. And Brent, I had met it up so, so hard. And I was making sure that I was getting plenty of rest and plenty of sleep, you know, for the nights leading up to it. But at the same point, man, we had a lot to do. You know, we had, I mean, we pretty much, you know, took the entire rig. We were going up there to get games, potentially to bring, you know, potentially to, to, you know, bring a potential, you know, one or two that even we didn't know about back. So there was a lot, there was just a lot of things going on. And you and I built our road cases. We were, you know, coordinating and everything like that. But nonetheless, it didn't really matter how much rest I got. I was still sick at the core. And I was just trying to keep from losing my voice and uh you know so you're popping the halls you're you know you're taking you know you're taking everything uh, you know along with you and it just it just didn't it just didn't seem to matter i was able to hold out for the biggest part of the day but the you know as the day as the afternoon wore on as and, the stress and, built and as the stress <laughs> built and, uh, and it as was the a sun, downward spiral and as the sun started to set man by the time that we actually went on the air man i was i was shot you know um i I mean i still felt fairly good you know as far as just being you know alert and awake and there and and ready and able to do the show but dude i just had no voice i couldn't talk and it didn't matter what i tried to do what you drink what you you know what you eat or, or you know how much you rest your voice i i had crossed the point of no return at that point so yeah, dude, that that show, I was I was there scratching on a pad, but I was absent for the most part, unfortunately. And, but. and for folks that want to listen to this show, I think I got this right. This is this show was released as our episode ten, mm-hmm. so uh, um, you can actually hear what what we were streaming that day once we finally arrived. Oh yeah. So now I knew you were a little under the weather, yeah, and I I, did, I wasn't fully aware to what degree and yeah. later after the fact i could see that and i'm sure we've all been through this that morning a morning that you you know you know you're, you're feeling kind of ill but you've had some rest and you're coming out of you know you got out of bed and you're kind of moving and you get a little energy going and yeah. um, um you're ready your little adrenaline flowing and i could tell you were a little off but i thought okay you're gonna be you know it's yeah, that 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 wore off. That, that didn't that didn't that didn't work out. I mean, it, the thing about it was is that you know I I had started out okay, but I quickly burned through any reserves <laughs> that I that I built up, and then did we just and then we just had so many things just kind of pile on oh top my of that, you know, uh, that, that just really kind of led to it. But the thing about it though, you know, all things being equal, we made it on time. We showed up and we were able to get the show on, and we had a good time you know dis- you know despite everything man so so i'm just glad that you got your truck fixed because 
because we, we wound up driving that down to Atlanta. And, dude, if we had to drive it down to Atlanta yeah. in the same condition that we had to drive it home in... I, there's no way. There's there's just literally no way. It would have taken us three and a half days to get home. So, so dude, so talk a little bit about the truck trouble, the vehicle troubles we so wound up here's having. How, here's how I started off. Uh, I'm fortunate enough to have a building that I can put my truck in. Mm-hmm. You know, so I've got, a, it's an F-350 um, extended cab. Big diesel. Long bed yeah. with, a, with, a, with a diesel, 7.3 yeah. liter diesel in it. Yeah. And um, trying to not have to do the last minute rush, I had all of my gear i had everything ready to go it was already in the truck and i can do that i'm fortunate enough thankfully that i can do that i'd have it in a in a building so it was all loaded up and it was all ready to go and more or less i just put myself in it and a couple little last minute things back it out and drive off you know beep beep down the road yeah so i'm rolling down my driveway and uh for whatever reason i had it in my mind that that the gps is going to take me one way versus the other and um it starts beeping at me and you have to know the area so you, it makes it makes a little bit more sense to to get right or left i mean it, it, to go to a closer to one expressway versus the other one on ramp versus the other so anyway i go the wrong way i cut into this neighborhood that's up by the house not too far from me and i turn around now i'm this pulling driveway back out I'm kind of flitzing around with my GPS, my phone. I'm like, all right, here we go. Let's get this together. All right, we're done for the day. There it is. Yeah, we got our troubles behind yeah. us. I drop it in drive. Not, not. <laughs> I drop it in drive. Tap the gas, and the truck goes whoop, boom, falls right on its face. Yeah, and it just starts idling really rough. Yeah, and I thought, mm, that's odd. Yeah. So because it never done that before, it, it right? had never it had never done that. Yeah. The closest it has come was uh, like on a really really cold start, and I won't get into all the details. I mean, if if you know about diesels, great, and if you don't, you know, look into them before uh-huh. you ever buy one. So <laughs> yes. I mean, I've had this truck for years. Uh-huh. I've had this truck for a long time. And the first thing that come to my mind is, man, did I get? And this is a big thing in the, in diesel. If you get a little, uh, uh, either a little water in the fuel or a little air bubble in the fuel, it's not a good thing. Yeah. So uh, it it started to kind of want to come back to life, and I thought, well, it has been sitting for a while, and uh, uh, I I don't drive it as much as I used to when it was, you know, all these things are running through my head, and I'm trying to rationalize. Well, what in the world just happened with this thing? So it started kind of comes back to life. And I thought, man, did I get a little air bubble? Never had that happen. That's unusual. You know, and I, I, I kind of limp it back to my house and I'm checking it out. And uh, I had an issue once where uh, I had a had a, a deterioration in, in, a, in an O-ring and I was leaking fuel. I was like, well, I'm not leaking fuel and starting to idle better. I said, did I did I have a you know an air bubble caught in an injector and all this yeah. stuff's running through my head? So I call, yeah. I'm calling Whitney and I'm like, man, this thing's having some problems. I've never had this happen before, but it it's acting better. So I'm I'm inclined to believe it's <laughs> we're gonna roll the dice. Yeah, we're gonna roll the dice. You yeah. know, I said I'm inclined to believe that that it's just something silly. Whitney's got a diesel as well, so mm-hmm. he's got some experience with oh, it. Oh yeah. And I said, let me run it to your house. And, you know, if it's if it doesn't work, whatever out out, we'll 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 figure out a plan B. Yeah. So, you know, we're slated to take a trailer Whitney's. We're going to bring a game back and, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, we'll we'll sort it out. So I don't get too far down the expressway and it just 
it just do, 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 just smooths itself out and she's running like a top. I'm oh, like, yeah. all right, okay, yeah. this is no big deal. Oh yeah, we got this. <laughs> we got this. We're good to go. Yeah, put roll the dice. <laughs> so then I show up at Whitney's house. Oh yeah, and uh, uh, and everything's good. Everything's good. Yeah. Turn the truck off. We hitch the trailer up. Fired the truck up. Put his stuff in it. Yeah. Beep beep on down the road. So yeah. we're just chatting along, and I think the trip up. I mean, right up to cincinnati it was fine it was fine yeah it, it was it was good we didn't actually run into problems until we got very close to where carrie cheney the owner of, of the place retro arcade to where carrie was storing the pole position cockpit because we had to go up to a storage unit to get it and so we were going to pick that up first, yeah and that's we mentioned that trailer. in your updates that, that, that that's where this game came that's from that's where this game came from uh i i uh kind of brokered it brokered the deal with carrie and, and carrie was able to get it back to his storage unit for for safekeeping because you know i just had to coordinate the time to get up to cincinnati to get it so this was going to work out really well because we were going to go up and do the remote. Had plenty of time. Plenty of time. And I, we actually, we had like six hours worth of time. Oh, yeah. Time. We were considering building yeah. a, we, we we brought a, We brought model cars to build. We had plenty of time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was going to finish a ship in a bottle and everything. Yeah, we it, were it just, good. It just never, but it just never worked out. Because we got there with like 15 minutes to spare. Yeah. It, when it was all said and done. Yeah. So... This is how I remember it going wrong. <laughs> okay, now you tell me if I'm off base. There are three sides to every story, Brent. <laughs> My side, your side, My the side, right. your side, and, the and, right. then, and then how it actually happened. But but that's that's the beauty of it all, though, Brent. So Carrie gives us the the street name and number of where the storage unit's located. And yep. for those that um, are, um, I can't remember the name of the street, but it's it's located around a theme park that's pretty prevalent in the Cincinnati area, and you know, people a lot of people from Kentucky run up to called Kings Island. Oh yeah, big 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 thing, you know, theme park, huge theme park. I think it's a Six Flags park now. Mm-hmm. It is. So apparently, there are no no less than three hundred versions of this street broken up all around Kings Island, and yeah. each of those versions is anywhere from four feet to eighteen foot long. Yeah, there's like a hundred of them. There are they and they they all dead end, and it's almost like the same road actually dead ends and then picks up on the other side of like an embankment or yeah. something like or a subdivision or something like that. It was surely all contiguous before Kings Island. Went it, it, in had, years ago. it had to be. So, so we punched the address in, into the GPS, and it says, "Oh, the, you know, your destination is right here." And you expand the map, and it's like, "Ah, Brent, that's just that's just right at the Kings Island exit." We hop off at Kings Island, take a right, and then go up and hang another right, and we're at the storage unit, dude. We got this. This is easy. Not even easy. close. Not even close. No. No. We ended up. We were hurting units, Brent. <laughs> There's not this may be throughout the country as well. Uh, I know I'm sure it's probably more regional, but there's a, uh, a place called Great Wolf Lodge. Yeah, it's and water, a big water park, and a, it's a hotel water park combined. And I'm sure there's several throughout the country. I just know how far out they go. So we end up on the backside of the Great Wolf Lodge, backed by like a catering trailer. Yeah, because because apparently what's going on is there's been so much construction and. Whether the maps were were not updated, it didn't really much matter because it was very evident that once we got up there, nothing accounted for all the little all the little side streets and the little dead ends and things like that. So we wound up getting uh, we get very close to the storage unit. As a matter of fact, 
but that only tr- ca- that only counts. Close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Y- yes, yes, it it does, <laughs> it does because it sure didn't count for anything we were no. doing. So we get up really close to where we think the storage unit is, and your truck starts having problems. So that issue develops, and it's so almost now like I remember we just slam on the brakes. I re- we pulled out. We came back around by this high school. Yeah, and we're sitting there idling at. A, tra- a stop a stop yeah. sign. Yeah, call and carry. Call and carry. Getting getting the a proper road for the fourteen hundred you know hill streets that there were you know around Kings Island. Now what to I find re- the right as one. I remember, just as we were getting directions, it was like okay, we got to pull up so we can tell Carrie where we're at because mm-hmm. we have no landmarks that we recognize. Yeah, where exactly. where you at? Yeah. Uh, there's a tree. Okay, <laughs> we're where we're at. Do you know where the, you know where the squirrel's sitting? That's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. So right as I hit the gas to come off that stop sign, <laughs> boom. Fell right on its face. On its face. And it never recovered, Brent. Never. So Carrie tells us where we have to go. And so we punch it in, and it's like, okay, Brent, this isn't bad. It's only about four and a half miles away, but we have to get back on the interstate in order to get there because it's one exit down, okay? Now, now this truck is running, you know, th- this is a powerful truck. When, um, when it runs right. When it runs right. I've had the truck for several years. Um, I, I used to do it annually, and I'm getting back into the, the, the game of it starting last year. I would make ye- annual runs up to Dayton, Ohio for a car show. Uh-huh. So this truck would pull a 24-foot car trailer yeah. enclosed. Uh-huh. Heavy. Heavy. Yes. With a car in it yeah. and all of my gear, and it would just run right on down the road like there was nothing. But on that day, Brent, I could have run down I seventy one faster oh, yeah. than it Absolutely. did. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we were and and it had my trailer, which is a heavy trailer yeah. on the back of. It. So we're talking rolling it, it. We're talking rolling along, fighting it. Yeah. The truck bucking and then barely getting thirty miles an hour. Barely getting thirty miles an hour. Yeah. So so we're on the interstate, and I'm sure anybody who's listening to this just going, oh, those poor poor simpletons listen to the problems <laughs> that they were having and it's like that's pretty much accurate yes. too but it, it, it's compounded when everybody else on the interstate doesn't know you're having problems yes. and they think you have your flashers on because you're just getting ready to pull off of the you know out of traffic onto the shoulder when instead we had our flashers trying to get off the shoulder into traffic at 30 miles oh, an oh, hour we also forgot to mention not only did we have your trailer mm-hmm. which is quite heavy no it is for what it is all of our gear uh-huh um us oh yeah we had a defender cabinet we, we also had a game in the back of the <laughs> yeah truck. that's true that's right <laughs> forgot about yeah, that then we had carrie's defender so <laughs> yeah so the goal was to get to the pole position swap the pole position for the defender get the pole position on my trailer and then go to carrie's to do the to do the remote build a ship in a bottle show, build a ship in a bottle and uh, i'm going to bake a red velvet cake and then we're going to drive home and everything's good so so we can't even really get on the interstate and, and the traffic is just stressing both of us out because we're we're sitting here fighting the the realization that this is all getting ready to fall apart and we don't even know if we're going to be able to get home yeah or if the tr- and we're know, two hours and we're two hours from home am, am i am i hurting the truck continuing to push it yeah and it, as luck would have it and this is funny yet again after the fact as luck would have it all of the ramps excuse me all of the exits from the interstate in that area were in a valley so yeah so you had to pull a hill for every (laughs) for every exit you had to pull a sizable hill yeah 
go down in the valley, yeah. and that's where the off ramp was. Yeah, it was, and, and the truck was my truck was not having it. No, in no, coupled with the fact that we just weren't familiar with the area, no. and in really the lay of anything, it, it made it tough. So. So we punched the new, we punched the new destination in, into you know into our phone, and uh, it's like okay, Brent, this is no problem. This is one exit down, off a little bit, and then off to the left a little bit. We go up, and then we hang a right, and then we're there. So again, it looks it looks to be easy. The problem is when you're when you're doing thirty five miles an hour, and you can't really account for much of anything just because of what's going on we got turned around because we missed a turn because traffic wouldn't let us in or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So we missed a turn and wound up having to go further down the interstate at 35 miles an Mm -hmm. hour. And Brent's fuming. I wish everybody could have seen this. I mean, he's like, what you I was trying to be polite because I knew you were ill. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I was was concerned about getting home. I thought, man, we all, we both, I have destroyed this vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. And Whitney, Whitney's over there sick and he's giving me bad directions. Directions and everything like that, and dude. It was a cluster, is what it was. So and now, is this the point where we ended up in that that business area, that that business well, park? Once we had to, once we had to go down one more exit because we missed the first exit because we couldn't get over in time. We um we had to go down one more exit and we hopped off in that business park and then and then we said okay well the GPS is recalculating it looks like we can go up these side yeah, so streets Whitney's, Whitney's exta- expanding the map he's like oh god we, we can do a surface street now look <laughs> yeah. right when you take this right at this major intersection don't do that don't do that take this right cut through this neighborhood and we'll follow the interstate parallel and it did it it would have worked famous last words yeah but there was a little construction going on oh, there was a lot of construction yeah they completely on. shut the road down uh, they cut it in half at Brent, the bottom of the hill <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we get to the bottom of the hill and it's like oh fudge you know Just it, like, one uh, of those christmas story deals you know and, and this this the, the the weird thing is is here we are there are 30 seconds prior there was cars everywhere there was people everywhere we were in the middle of a busy interstate in the middle of a busy major intersection we cut through this neighborhood we end at the bottom of this hill there the only thing down there is uh, is a backhoe mm-hmm. some ba- some road barriers some gravel yeah and not a soul it's just dirt it, you know not a person no no so we adventured we adventured somewhere we should not adventure no i was very uncomfortable and it just seemed odd and the problem is is because we hit a dead end we had to back up okay and we Uh, had a hill we had to back up up a hill with the trailer and with your truck not truly really not even being able to pull its own weight so so that was probably the cap of when of when we were both uh, done. We were done, and yeah, I I pulled the front of the truck off the road. It got in a little bit of gravel. Yeah, I had to unhook the trailer. Yeah, and the, push it up the hill myself. And I didn't feel. And I, I'm telling you, Brent, I, I was uh, I, I was hurt. I was about beside myself. To have the to, the you gearing, know. you know, if I was in first gear, I was because I was afraid. Once we got it out, maybe I'd cross this border with the truck and mm-hmm. i was so far gone in my mind at that point it didn't occur to me that the gearing for like reverse wasn't as low as probably for first and second yeah exactly so i had the nose of the truck off the road you know <laughs> it had dropped down a couple inches and it was in it was in smooth like pea gravel yeah. which the tires had sunk in about another inch so no traction 
you know, and that's just the front. So now I had to come up out of that. And I had to push this trailer up a slight hill and then up a driveway that itself was, and it was not having it. No, 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 no. So yeah, we, we were sunk. So it, to make a, you know, to make a very long and frustrating ordeal, uh, is past, and, and the t- is, clock's ticking and the, the clock's clock ticking, is ticking. We're just burning hours like nobody's business. Cause we can only do 30 miles an hour, no matter. And, yeah. and, and that's best case, best case. So we unhook your trailer. I back it up the hill by hand. You eventually get the truck out. We get it turned around, pointed in the proper direction. Uh, we cuss each other a little bit. We pat each other on the back, hop in the truck, and say, we're in it to win it, so we got to keep on going. <laughs> got to keep going. Yeah, so um, so <laughs> we, we hook the trailer back up, and we just go back from the direction that we came. Yeah. And we eventually, after we climb that big hill. Yeah, we had to climb back out of that hole. Yeah, exactly. And then go up the interstate again. And like I say, we finally got there. But what should have taken us 20, 20 or 25 minutes, its tops wind up taking probably two and a half hours mm-hmm. it, just simply because of the just just the bad luck after bad luck the bad with turn a few, after bad a few turn bad and decisions and bad luck on top of that we, we just we just couldn't pick ourselves out of it so so now now we're at the storage storage we, we facility finally get there yeah and you know carrie meets us there yeah, we come in it's like what happened to you guys and there, so there's some other stuff being stored in, in carry storage locker, some other games. So we couldn't even take the Defender out. No, because there was no room. Yeah, and there was no taking the pole position with us because we could barely pull our own weight. No. So uh, we did get to take a look at the pole position, yeah, yeah. and then we just slid it right back in exactly. and shut the door. Yeah, never the twain shall so meet. So now, yeah. now comes my favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to follow Carrie home. Yes. Carrie lives around the corner from uh kind of almost around the corner from his arcade yeah yep so we get here's the plan we're going to take the trailer we're going to take it to carrie's we're going to drop it there we got some stuff to secure it carrie's going to put the defender in the garage at his house and then we're going to come right back from there we're going to go back to the arcade carrie had called a relative who is a diesel mechanic yep so my thought was we're we're past some loose wire you know i'd already looked under the hood i I can work on a gas motor and I'm comfortable enough to give a good survey and make sure that, you know, something silly hasn't gone on and there isn't something hanging. And there's a couple of things that crossed my mind that I'd already looked at. The so, diesels are different. Yeah. Know. It's a whole different ball game. Yeah. So, uh, then we were going to go up to the arcade and meet Carrie's. I think it was his cousin. It was his cousin. Yeah. So yeah, we, uh, we load the truck, we get all climb back in the truck and then Carrie's like, all right, he gives us the uh, address of his house and yeah. we're like he's like follow up follow me so Carrie obviously he doesn't know how bad we're limping along yeah. you know and I so um, he ends up quite a few cars ahead of us and Whitney is navigating yes so yeah. Oh, I'm telling this. <laughs> no, 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 no. Everything looks everything looked really short yeah. on the map. Everything That's all I can peachy. say. Yeah. So where he's like, no, 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 we go with the next exit. What do you mean the next exit? We're, I think there goes Carrie. What do you, what do you mean? No, this says we got to go up the next exit. So as we get up to the exit, Carrie had gotten off. And since that exit's kind of curved to the right and we yeah. were still going straight, we actually happened to be able to come up right next to Carrie, sort of at a distance, and his his van is 
uh, pretty recognizable because of some stickers for the family and the like that's on the yeah. back and the arcade logo and all that. And I said, there's Carrie. <laughs> and I looked over at him and this is the, this is the consummate. If looks could kill, you're lucky. I don't have a shovel. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, we have got to stop doing this <laughs> yeah. we have got to figure out what is going on and i said what is wrong and i had lost it at this point i said what is wrong with your phone <laughs> and he looked whitney whitney's whitney's a, whitney's a he's a good he's a big a good guy a good size guy tall guy broad shoulders and his shoulders kind of come up a little above the ear level and he just looked at me and he said uh, say it Whitney <laughs> Go ahead. we weren't using turn by turn so <laughs> and then, we were just going by the map and then I discovered that there was another level of unglued yes yeah <laughs> we have got <laughs> I don't even remember what I said but I, I'm fairly certain that it wasn't anything very profane Oh but no no no! Whatever wasn't. I said is probably it was, hang- just, it was just exasperation. It was it was probably ha- it's probably still hanging in an ugly cloud <laughs> off ramp. So from from this point on, yeah. even through Atlanta, when we went to the Southern Fried Game Room Expo, Whitney looked at me. He's like, "All right, we're doing turn by turn. Let's yeah. go." Yep, we're doing turn by turn. <laughs> everything everything just looked everything looked easy on the map, and so man, it's part it's part of that. But dude, there's there's also the part of it too. You don't. We didn't. We didn't even know where we were. No, at, didn't have a clue. We I'd never been there. I didn't know that place. That that place in the world existed until yeah. just then. So you know, you you add all that. You add faux pas onto mistake onto uh, you know bad judgment or whatever. And we finally do get to Carrie's house though. So we just had to take a, a few extra turns yeah, to get there. A we, few extra hills. Yeah, we get there. We unload the defender because we weren't even able to do that. We put it in Carrie's garage. We dumped my trailer. Uh, that thing had to wind up staying at Carrie's for like another two weeks or something like that. But because I had to wind up going back up, you know, just making a special trip just to get it with my truck. So, so that worked out. And then we we do get to Carrie's arcade. We meet up with his cousin, and then he he takes a look at the truck. And then what does he say, Brent? Everything's well, pretty much okay. Yeah, and I I knew at that point we weren't we weren't into fixing it in the parking lot. Oh, no, most no, no. likely, there was none you know, of that. going into it, I thought there's a there's a five percent chance it's going to be a parking lot fix i think we're well into parts you know we're there's i was worried about could i at least limp it home and he, he looked it over and he said a couple things and when he when he started rattling off a couple of the options all these memories from years ago when i first bought this truck and just you know it's kind of like it's like a pole position you know, it's right here behind me. Let's just use it as an example. When someone asks me about a pole position, there's an instant list of things I rattle through my head that you need to be concerned with. Mm-hmm. Same yeah. thing with this truck or any other vehicle. Everything has its little weak spots or its known issues or things to. And he rattled off a couple things, and I thought, "Yep, you just hit the nail on the head." And all yeah. these memories came back, and he said, "Look, it, the computer." you've definitely got a dead cylinder maybe two computer shut them down yeah you're not hurting hurting it you can drive it you know you you don't have any oil pressure problems which i knew i didn't have um you're you're fine it's just going to be it's just going to be a hard it's a hard hard, slow ride a hard slow ride yeah and um now where we where we were fortunate so anyway so i'll i touch into that so 
we backed it right up to Carrie's front door, mm-hmm. and we just start unloading everything right out of the back of the truck yeah. or out of the bed of the truck we just we go in and we own the place because we just had we had to get it going we yeah. had to get the boards up we had to get four mics up internet connectivity internet the whole, ca- connectivity the whole nine yards i yeah. mean we plug everything that's brother in so we come yeah. with big big power strips and cords and whitney was setting up a video camera yeah and did, has that been posted as the video it has been- it has not man it, i i just <laughs> i have not had time to to edit through all that brent and so i mean we've got the audio up and yeah I the audio and that that yeah, to it's me episode was, 10 yeah it is episode 10 and that was the most important thing because if i delayed the audio to, to sync and to coincide with the video we still wouldn't have we still wouldn't have the next two episodes out so yeah so when the video goes up you're someone will look at me and they say he just started a podcast and the first thing he's doing is shoving pizza in his face yeah we uh, had not eaten we we not eaten since like eight o'clock that morning carrie was cool enough he went ahead and ordered pizza for us and yeah. i i literally started hey this is the broken token podcast choo 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 pizza yeah. pizza well and at that point i was i was probably sinking to about the lowest that i'd felt all day long now, do you remember what you did do i remember what i did yeah i started the show yeah we got everything set up I had we had maybe ten minutes to spare out of all this, you know, our tar- our six hour cushion or however yeah. long it was was gone. Well, we had to change clothes. I mean, I went yeah, back we and changed, changed clothes. clothes. Yeah, and um, I started the show. You were still doing a little bit of the the setup work, and uh, the show featured uh, uh, John Salter mm-hmm. and Estel Goff in it. Yeah. So you had. I had met them. You'd interacted with them a little bit. So you were kind of talking with them and getting a few more things kind of lined out. So it was a couple minutes into the show before you actually sat down. Mm -hmm. And you sat down. You got the mic in front of you. You put your headphones on. And you looked right over at me. And then you mouthed and kind of just said... I have no voice. <laughs> I was gone, dude. I, I was done, and so it, the, the, you know, the day had taken. Yeah, the uh, day had taken its toll on me, and so there was just, there was nothing left, man. So we we had given everything that we had uh, just to get to that point, but you know, fortunately, it, it all it, it all worked out. I mean, man, I tell you, Brent, I've gone back and listened to the episode, you know, and, and especially you know, just doing all the all the post production on it and everything like that. Um, I sounded I sounded bad. I mean, I sounded really bad, and I and I kind of apologize for that because I know it's probably hard for other people to listen to. But but dude, what well, you was, think? I I I couldn't imagine. I have. I'll be honest with everybody. I haven't gone back and listened to it. Yeah, I did. Uh, the majority of the speaking from our side of mm-hmm. the interviewing side yeah and uh, um whitney and i do well together because when one of us like i just went um uh uh we can fill in for one another yeah and you know if one of us wants to take a drink or something this is some of the behind the curtain stuff we we can figure that out we yeah. can pl- i didn't you know i had those awkward pauses because it was just me and i was like (laughs) well that's nice (laughs) yeah and then cricket cricket cricket. because i i was sitting over there talking with my hands and wanting to say this and wanting to say that and ask this and ask that but there was there there was none of that so you know and and it was it was so nice we had a couple people uh one of our listeners eddie cox even uh, on facebook even mentioned it's like man whitney you sounded so bad you know bless your heart 
it's like it was it was rough. Flesh, hey, bless your sweet little bless heart. Bless your sweet little heart. <laughs> and and it, you know something, and I'll take that, Brent, because I was. Oh yeah, uh, you I were, was, you were rough. I was poor, and, and and the issue it really kind of compounded on itself after after I got home because. I ran my tank past empty that day, mm-hmm. and it took it took uh, another week to get back. I mean, oh yeah, I, I, had to go, I remember. I, yeah, I had to go get meds and everything. I was uh, bronchitis and and everything. Man, it, it I I had truly run myself past my point. Well, I knew you were hurting because even on the trip home, um, you uh, you were just very quiet. Oh, I didn't say was, anything. You didn't say which was which I understood entirely. Yeah, and I think even a couple of times you said, "Man, I'm sorry for uh, for not being." Now, not say anything, not talking, and I'm like, man, that's okay. One, I know you don't feel well, and then on my side, I was hyper focused on driving the truck. <laughs> yes, because it yeah. was an adventure. So. It was, it was, it was rough. But the, you know, fortunately though, Brent, everything worked out, and the show wound up being very, very good. And we had three amazing guests with Estel, with John, and with Carrie. And between the three of them and just all the background and the hustle and the bustle, you know, going on at the, you know, at the arcade, you know, the, the show, the show wound up great. You know, John uh, and Estel both really, you know, really stepped up and man, they were great guests and they had a lot to talk about. So, you know, despite the trials and tribulations, it still came out good, you know, and that's, uh, you know, that's, that's pretty sweet if you ask me. Yeah, I think that the, uh, the uh, their side, the interviews, yeah, they were all their stories that turned out really yeah, well. Yeah, and and I, I will get the video done, I promise. And uh, I'm just working against the backlog, but it was good because John. Uh, Never John, mind my pizza eating. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just there, you know. Yeah. I, I was doing the same thing. I mean, dude, we were we were hungry. If you'd thrown your shoe at me, I would have caught oh. it and ate it. You know what I'm saying? It, it was it was one of those deals. But you know, starve a fever, feed a fever cold, or starve a fever, feed a cold. That's what I've always heard and it was it was feed time at that point so so the show wraps yeah we uh um we take a bunch of pictures mm-hmm. you know because yeah. we did uh carrie wanted some pictures of us we got some pictures with uh carrie Estelle and john uh, uh, we also did the cincinnati group picture for twin galaxies yes as well. we did yes yeah. we did and they got their they got their first community card. The oh, very, okay the very first community card done was from that photo shoot so oh, that, sweet yeah so that worked out well then uh, uh, everything we broke everything down, loaded the truck up, and then we climbed in the truck. And here was the moment of truth: was she going to start again? And uh, fortunately, it did. It, it fought me a little bit. Mm-hmm. It had to wind itself up. Didn't yeah, it? yeah. And uh, where I found out what I figured out later was was we were we were kind of lucky. There was uh, one thing about that truck is it will hold heat in the motor once uh-huh. it's gotten warm, and it had, it was a little cool that night. When I when I had it home. And it sat till that following Monday for me to take it to the shop where yeah. it was stone cold. It, it would didn't. it would not start. It wouldn't hit a lick. It huh? would not. It would just turn and turn. It would not fire up. So in uh, retrospect, we should have just left it running. Yeah. Or we should, I should just let it sit there and idle for the three hours that we were there. Well, it's not I, like it's going to hurt. What it. I, well, I could have. What I did do here before I had a, a tow truck come get it is I plugged the block heater in for yeah. people that have never been in a diesel. Diesel's 
classically don't like that cold weather. And there's a whole, you know, compression so high, it's just, the motor fights itself. Yeah, man. And, yeah. you know, that we're, this isn't diesel talk, so you yeah. know, we, we go Google it. <laughs> but I did plug the block heater in. Yeah, and it it started to get some life to it. But at that point, you know, it was I needed to get on into the office, and I just said I'll just call a tow truck. There's no yep. reason for me to to wrestle with this thing. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we could have we could have had it could have turned we could have ended up stuck in cincinnati having to borrow carrie's truck he was very he offered it to us half mm-hmm. a dozen times and, and and that is so nice of him to do it and there was a part of me that wanted to take him up on that because that was an instant way to get home and to, and to get back into my own bed you know at home but the problem is is that we bring somebody else's vehicle two hours from home yeah and then the, we still got a broken and, truck and, yeah two hours out away we, that's exactly right and you have to get that vehicle back so yeah. really taking it would have would have solved an immediate short-term problem but it would have added to our long-term issues absolutely would have done yeah so we uh but do appreciate it carrie um, we let it sit there and run a little bit warm up. We get, make sure the GPS is on turn by turn. Yeah. You know, because we were not taking the same path out. <laughs> no, no, we were not. <laughs> not we were not. We? <laughs> and uh, we get a, we, we start, uh, start our trip home. And it was, I have, I have never had to drive that truck. Like I usually, even even you know, it's kind of hilly through some of the areas between Louisville and Cincinnati, and usually I can set it on cruise, and it will just carry on like it's all flat flat ground. It will not care, and I had to um, literally kind of. D- I had to I had to anticipate what was ahead. I had to look ahead. I had to gain speed on the hills yeah. to try to ride the momentum up the next hill. I mean, it wasn't dark. It was pitch oh, dark. Oh, yeah, it was pitch dark. Yeah, so absolutely. So, so everything that, you know, everything is harder in the dark and add to that, you know, your 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 co-pilot's uh, you know, your co-pilot's sick and you know, it, it, and I was the trying truck, the truck's not work, working yeah. right. It was just everything folded on top of itself. There was no there was no hardly well i say hardly any there was hardly any or no i'm gonna go with no there was no stretch of that trip where the truck was happy in overdrive so it was constantly fight me trying to stay in third gear that poor your poor transmission it was was bouncing back and forth like a ping pong ball i didn't want to overheat it yeah and i just so it was i had to manhandle 8,500 pound truck just to go 30 miles an yeah, hour all yeah. the way back home yeah it, it was tough i i could see it i could see it on you i mean you were you were clasping the wheel you yeah, know at the it 10, was rough at the 10 and the two and and you know you were just like all you know all you know scrunched down over top of the over, I, over top of the dash and i, I could tell that it was it, it was something you were having to focus on we we live whitney and i live 30 minutes apart and i was i was really in my mind, I was really trying to work out a way to not have to make that last 30 minutes because mm-hmm. I just was just done mm-hmm. by the time I got to Whitney's house. But mm-hmm. um, it ended up making it all the way home, yeah. and it ended up making it back in the garage, and did I you, was did, happy. When did I get in? Was it right at 1 a.m. or 2 a.m.? Yeah, because it, it, um, it, was, it was about 12.15 to 12.30 when we got back to my house. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I did so it about 1 a.m. So one, one, one that We're 30 like minutes that. apart with working vehicles. Yes. Yeah. And So, what was the problem? The problem? What was the truck? The, the, your your poor truck, all it needed was some wiring harnesses replaced. Exactly. It, yes. it had bad connectors. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> repin, repin yeah. those connectors. Yeah, re, repin your diesel truck, Brent, and then you know, then we're good to go. I mean, and Whit, Whitney is correct. It, it, that was kind of what was so funny about it because it was. It was almost like a video slash video game slash pinball fix. It it was actually a connector problem. Yeah, and when a you harness say, problem. When you say funny, it's not funny. Ha ha! It's funny sad. Yeah, is funny what it sad. Is. Funny yeah. sad because you look at it and it's like, man, I could have used some of my arcade repair skills to fix this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we have to call. We we'll have to call up some buddies and see when we get truck repair tips going. Yeah, exactly. And uh, spin off another podcast or something. Yeah, but, like, when but, when when Carrie, Carrie's cousin was going through a couple of the things, like I said, the light bulbs went off, and I said, you know, the truck doesn't have a lot of miles for the age of it, but it does have age. Yeah, and um, brittle wires got us, Brent. Exactly, brittle wires. exactly, and it was it was some of the control wires for the injectors. Yeah, and but, it was. Uh, but she's all sieved over yep. now, though, isn't she? Oh yeah, we. Uh, um, we took the truck to Atlanta to Southern Fried Game Room Expo, and it. it I tell you, this this is and this is like an arcade thing, you know, where well, it, it when it gets warm, it starts to do this, and it, you yeah. know, if I go up and I hit the side of the cabinet, it straightens up and like an intermittent type connection. Yeah. The second. The microsecond I started that truck, when I picked it up, yeah. I could hear the difference in just how it was idling. I'm sure. So it had broken down over time, and yeah. since I I'm in it often enough, I never noticed it. So what you so your truck uh, was having you know like vertical collapse, and then it finally it finally folded over on itself, yeah. and then it, it needed was a cap kit exactly. And so you know we had to get some, I asked the guy some, some cap kit. I asked the going diesel guy diesel mechanic if he was going to cap it. And he looked at yeah. me like I was. Did, did you did you ask him if he set the B plus on it before he put? <laughs> I just assume, I assumed that he did. <laughs> yeah. I hope that he did. Yeah. Well, dude, I'll tell you what. We Like I say, we drove that thing down to Atlanta. And, uh, man, dude, I mean, I drove probably half the trip, and you drove half the trip. And, man, you know, when I was driving, I had that baby in the wind. I yeah. mean, it was, oh, it it, rolls. It was yeah. rolling. You and know. It, it, like I told you, when when I started that truck, it sounded it it hit me. It's like, man, this I remember this this sound. It's like, yeah, it has, it had been ailing for a while. Yeah, and then a few other things actually fell into place because that same harness, just like in a video game, you know, the harness doesn't carry just like one thing. You know, <laughs> yeah, that same harness it just, it just runs it all. Yeah, it, it carries some other some other voltages, and I and I'm it occurred to me, it's like, well, you know, it's fought me the past three or four winners yeah. on some cold starts i was like man i bet it's i bet i'm not gonna have any issues now yeah you'll probably be fine for quite some time you know so yeah so that was uh that was it that was trip yeah that was two to cincinnati was, yeah yeah the summer the uh-huh. first one was to phoebe smith yeah to phoebe's and then real quick before we hop into talking about the southern fried game room expo you went back up to carrie's uh by um, yourself yep, without on me 28th yeah and uh and well, then, how, I, I didn't how, did, go, how did that trip i go? didn't go completely alone okay I took a, a a friend of mine. Uh, she rode shotgun and and provided did she, more did she support. Use turn by turn directions, Brent. I, I did. I control. I had the. I was running the GPS. Oh, so I wanted my fate in yeah. my own hands. You put the throttle on her. Then, yes. didn't you? Okay. Fair so, enough. So uh, a uh, friend of mine, Amy, went up with me and helped me out and loaded the car. I, no, I just took the car up this time. I, I <laughs> completely stuffed it with all of this gear. Um, a co-pilot and my dog okay <laughs> you didn't know that did you you took maxine i took maxine with me that's hilarious <laughs> i called carrie and i'm like hey man can i bring my dog well you know we initially we we hadn't intended we isn't whitney and i we were not going to go on the 28th and on the yeah. 28th that's 
that was like day two of Estel Goff and its kicker marathon. Yeah. So and I just couldn't make it, Brent. I, I talked to Carrie. It was about the it. weekend after Atlanta. Yeah, it was the weekend after Atlanta, and I wound up having to go to Cincinnati on that Friday for work, and yeah. I had to go back to Cincinnati on that Monday for work. So that would have been, you know, we would have been, uh, you know, away from home for the weekend prior with Atlanta. And then I would have been, I would have had to have done three trips to Atlanta within a four, I'm sorry, three trips to Cincinnati within a four day span. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you the home life just wasn't going to like that yeah, Whit- at all. Yeah. That's Whitney, uh, um, has a few more obligations when it comes to the home life than I've got. So, uh, you know, and, and so we originally hadn't planned to go. Then we were in Atlanta. Estel's in Atlanta. Carrie's in Atlanta. You're really riding high on that. That hey, look, this is this is some awesome stuff. We got a lot of great people. Yeah. A bunch of things are going on. Estel's got this. You know, you're 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 kind of hobnobbing with all these record holders oh, yeah. and then you know i mean we, this is the arcade alumni yeah it's down there no man. it's like well we've got a local we got a well kind of local-ish guy that's <laughs> he's gonna do something you yeah. know and i'm like i look and i it's said like, man, yeah I, sure we'll do that i'll go yeah, I, I said yeah, you know I'll what it. it i'll load up i'll run up there take the afternoon and uh, um you know we'll get it done yeah. so well what turned out on my side is <laughs> you know, i wish i had a camera when i said i took the dog with me <laughs> i called carrie and i was like man i i can do this but i am kind of wearing my welcome thin when it comes to the dog setter yeah because because dude we've been on the road a bit yeah and i've been out, know, out, takes, out and around a it. bit and uh, as it turned out actually the the lady that that keeps my dog when i'm gone um, she actually was going to be away all that day, and Carrie's like, "You talk, you want to talk about somebody that's overly accommodating?" He's like, "Bring her on, come on, don't worry about it," you know. So I had, I had a co-pilot, I had my dog, I had all the podcast equipment that I mean, just tons of it, um, and I had a kennel and food and everything all packed in this little car that I drive around, this little Dodge Stratus. Yeah, we, a little two-door Dodge yeah. Stratus. Yeah. So we get up there. That Maxine is the dog. She's playing basically with Carrie's kids. I'm setting everything up. Amy, the girl that went with me, she's not experienced any of this. And it's it's not a bad thing to her. Oh, but she 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 not wise to the ways of the arcade uh, and pinball lifestyle or not, what? Not no, not really. I mean, it's it, she doesn't look she doesn't look down upon it. It's just yeah. like wow they're serious it's like yeah we we take our craft seriously around these parts brand yes so yeah it was a it it was a now it was an uneventful trip fortunately i was very happy i wasn't there very happy yes we got everything set up we got uh internet connection we started the stream Learned a little, couple little lessons there about some additional connectivity that'll make the next one even better. Yeah, and uh, played a few games, shook shook a few hands, saw Estel uh, break the kicker world record. Yeah, and headed home. Yeah, well, it, it was uh, it was kind of cool because uh, when you started this, when you started the live stream, Brent, you know, I hopped in and I was listening to it from home while I was doing some other while I was doing some other uh, some other work and everything. Had it up. So, uh, so John Salter uh, joined back in, and he he set in and, and kind of rode shotgun on that on that episode as well. And fantastic guest again, you know the guy. He he has a lot to offer when he's put in front of the microphone. And, and as Carrie says, his hair is perfect. 
Oh, it's he. He's got some good hair. There's no. There's no <laughs> doubt about it, dude. It, it's like. It, it, I mean, he he's like the the blonde headed version of Billy Mitchell when it comes to the hair. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, it's it's very it's very well planned and it's executed good. As uh, you know, on top of that, but. Um, yeah, but John was on, and uh, you know, I I called in via Skype, and that was fun, and uh, you know, it had some connectivity, you know, issues there. Just kind of the call bounced in and out a few times, but still, it was it was still fun to participate. You know, that was that was pretty sweet. And then we actually had somewhat quote unquote kind of internet famous hop in uh, the owner from Pinball Toppers, didn't he? Yeah, uh, David and David, I apologize. I'm probably gonna get your your name wrong david balcom b-a-u-c-o-m balcom that sounds right so yeah he yeah. <laughs> take it from me Brent. that sounds great pinballtoppers.com yeah uh the broken token podcast uh, is is not affiliated with pinballtoppers.com or any of its affiliates but we do spend money with them brent well you know i'm trying not to <laughs> so yeah david looked like he had some pretty cool uh yeah. pretty cool toppers he uh um he showed me quite a few, you know, check out pinballtoppers.com to see what he's got. And he's it, got all kinds of stuff, and, dude. And it all looks good. Yeah. And, and I th- I would not be surprised. I think we've already mentioned this. I would not be surprised if you see some stuff come from, uh, come from him for arcade games as well. Yeah. Know? Cause yeah. Cause we talked that up one side and down the other, didn't yes, we? Yes, we did. Because we were sitting there just going over, you know, which games would be good candidates to have a topper, you know, some static type of and like st- interactive. Sta- static and interactive if for something that would, you know, interface with a button press on the game or some type of, you know, some type of special, special action on the game and things like that. So, uh, you know, uh, John had a couple good suggestions. I tossed one in there as well. And, you know, it was, yeah, it, you could, I could, I couldn't see him, but I could hear the, I could hear the, kind of the gears turning in his head. It's like, man, that's something we might be able to do. So, hopefully, we'll see something come. Yeah, hopefully, of that. that that conversation will yield a little fruit. Um, yeah, I, that's uh, that's one space that's not a. Uh, it's not really represented in the it's, hobby. It's not, not not on the arcade side. There, there's there's nowhere near as much arcade bling as there is pinball bling. You know, and that's probably good from a financial standpoint. But you know, from uh, you know, from someone such as myself who really likes to buy mods and you know really likes to you know kind of hop the machines up a little bit or make make them more than what they were. I guess that that's part of the fun of it for me mm-hmm. is just to you know it's the whole six million dollar man syndrome. That's what I have, Brent. Is you know. I've, I've got that. So, so you know, um, he he had mentioned, David had mentioned, you're talking about arcade toppers. Mm-hmm. I, and hopefully this is correct. I have not done my homework on this, but I had mentioned a Tron topper. Not, not, not for the pinball. This was years before the pinball was out. It was for the arcade. It was like a, a, a black light reactive... One was kind of pinkish red, and the other was kind of blue, um, whatever the plastic was. You know, everyone generically says plexiglass, but we yeah. all know there's a bajillion types of plastic. And it was one was cut to the shape of a light cycle. One was cut to the shape of a, Tron, a recognizer from Tron. Then they were etched, and then they had a little tab nicely folded on the bottom, and you could you could pull the marquee bracket out of your Tron arcade game and and attach them to the top you know with an existing hole right they 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 were offered on cloth several years ago and uh david actually mentioned that it was done by who who is now laserific and i think that's joe case Mm -hmm. yeah he was down at sfg yeah we we got a we got a we got a good story we'll have a shout out for joe he uh um 
he kind of came to my rescue at one point in time during uh during a little adventure that i had down there friday yeah. morning yeah, so that's, that's coming up here in yeah. just a few minutes oh yeah david and joe both both uh well i've spent some i've spent some uh I spent a lot of close time with Joe <laughs> and it, it's not what that sounds like. No. So no. I know for a fact, Joe seems to be a solid. I know for a fact he seems that sounds that there's a definite <laughs> I should run for political <laughs> office. Joe's a solid guy. Now this David character, yeah. I don't know anything about uh, him. Bo- both of them, both of them are very stand up <laughs> guys and they offer good products. And David uh, just showed up, took a microphone. <laughs> well, I mean, you look on his site and man, I mean, it's some good-looking stuff, and he also sells the lighted speaker panel kits for the start for a lot of late model, you know, late model pinball machines as well. And so, there's a there's a good chance that uh, there'll be some mud in my future. Someone's gonna be spending that. some money. Yeah, probably so. So, um, that I think that sums up our two. Uh, our two trips to Cincinnati. Yeah, two trips to Cincinnati. Trucks running good now. Yeah, tr- trucks running good. Didn't yeah. cost me a the equivalent of a of a nice new stern pinball machine that's, to repair uh, it. That's exactly right. So you know, all's well, Brent. It ends well. So well, <laughs> at least until the next, <laughs> until go, the around. next go around. All right. So why don't we go ahead and let's uh, let's let's uh, circle circle back around on that. Brent, and let's talk about uh, our trip down to the Southern Fry Gamer Expo and do a quick. Well, I don't know. They'll be quick, but we'll do. Yeah, we uh, got three days to cover. Yeah, we got Four three days. days to cover. So yeah, we'll try to squeeze it in here as best as we can. And uh, why don't we go ahead and you know get in and talk about that. So Whitney, let's talk a little bit about the the Broken Token Podcast crew, which is you and I making a making a trip south into Atlanta. Yeah, uh, in the wild blue yonder. In, in June of 2014 for the Southern Fried Game Room Expo, which was held over, what, the weekend of the 20th, 2021st, and 22nd of June? Yeah, yeah it was, Brent, and... I'm just going to go ahead and sum it up right now, Brent, and just say it was epic. I mean, it was just 14 kinds of epic. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. And I don't I don't really know what else to say, man. It was I mean, we're going to I know we're going to ramble on here about it, and I'm sure we're going to leave out half a dozen stories, if not more of the, mm-hmm. the cool things we've done and, you know, the, the awesome people that we met. And yeah, it was, we, it, it was awesome. It was awesome. Preston. Well, I doubt Preston. Definitely Preston won't will not listen this far in the podcast because it's just too long for him. Patrick <laughs> probably is. So I mean, I'll go ahead and say this, man. They did an awesome job. They they, they did more than an awesome. It was job. Um, and let's not forget Joel and Joel and his wife Dana. I, yeah. Dana, I did. I yeah. am sorry, Dana, if you're listening. Dana. I just yeah. I just went completely yeah. blank. Yeah, yeah. Joel, Shannon. Joel, Joel Reeves and his wife, Dana, and then uh, Shannon DeWitt. And so... And all their family that was helping. Their family. Uh, yeah, Dana's, uh, Dana's and Joel's son uh, was, was there as well helping out and just their friends and... It, I mean, it, it was... Shannon's it, daughter was at registration. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. It was just massive, Brent. And the one thing that I will say is that... And I, I know we've kind of touched on this, so... You know, I won't retread Patrick's at all. Patrick's brother. Patrick's brother. That's right. Yeah. Barry. Yep. And that's true. Yeah. Barry was there. Barry and his we, wife. And we also got to meet a friend of the show, Tim. As oh yeah, well. friend of the show, Tim. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Tim was. He there. introduced himself as friend of the show. Tim. <laughs> friend of the show, Tim. Yeah. So you, if you listen to the Game Room Junkies, you'll you'll know he's kind of like a recurring character. Preston on, or Patrick on, uh, on their show for SFGE 2015. He needs a T-shirt that says "Friend of the Show Tim." Friend of the Show Tim. Yeah. But the thing that impressed me the most, Brent. 
after getting to meet Preston and Patrick and you know face to face and everything like that. And, and I'll go ahead and say it, man. I, I've been a you know I've listened to their podcast since episode one. I mean, when I found them, I went back through their back catalog, started episode one, and went all the way through. And I've been I've been fans of their show for the four plus years that they've been on the air. And their you know their quality's good, the content's good, everything's good. And when and when you know they announced that they were having this show. You always kind of wonder, you know, what's a first year show going to be like? You know, is it is it going to be good? Is it going to, you know, is it going to rise to, you know, is it going to rise to the level of its own success? And then everything, you know, kind of, I guess, you know, just kind of peter out around it or or is it going to be able to carry the mail and go all the way through? Um, and talking to Patrick, they planned and worked on the execution of this show for at least a year. And so, well, I think they had announced it. A good year ahead of time. I, I'm trying uh, to think back somewhere to around the, there. I'd have to go back and and check the, the podcast out. I just have to go back and troll through the pod their podcast stream just to find out exactly. But regardless of the time, it showed. You know, all the effort that they put into it, all of the coordination, all of the I guess I would say probably the dry run and everything that they did to make the Southern Fried Game Room Expo what it was. It was much appreciated. It showed uh, very well, and you could tell that they all work extremely well together. You can tell they're very good friends. They all work very they they work very good together, and their execution of their idea was from the outside looking in was essentially flawless. And I, the thing that I that I respect the most after seeing it all executed was how organized they were from the, again, from the outside looking in, they had registration taken care of. They had badges taken care of. They had placards taken care of. They had, you know, uh, floor directions taken care of and all the little things that they did added up to be more than the sum of it. And and, so everybody, it was sweet. Everybody should also keep in mind this, this just was not an open game room so they weren't just mm-hmm. coordinating game arrivals registrations uh, individual registrations you know like like spectators and yeah. even in their case did you Whitney did you notice they were registering games so it wasn't oh, yeah. It, yeah because they they did like best of, best of show and things like that I mean they, they had classifications for the prize giveaways and everything they, so, they yeah. knew it was there mm-hmm. part of that I think figured into uh, their planning mm-hmm. so that they could kind of equally distribute games and they had uh, kind of a cluster of videos and, and pins and that way things weren't necessarily just kind of intermixed uh, Oh, Dude, looks like light bulb went off. We forgot to mention somebody. And Who I feel is bad. that? Our buddy Juan. Oh yes, Juan. We're sorry, dude. When you hear this, you deserve as much as as much of a shout out as anybody. And we want to make sure you give your that you get your credit too. Oh yeah, Juan he was, was everywhere. He, he was everywhere. That dude was he was strong. Every time, yeah. Every time I turn around, Juan would be there capturing it. Now, capturing if you, it. And, if you go, and, and he did a good job on top of it. Oh, he didn't just take pictures. No, his he pictures told, were. He told awesome. us. He told a story, and go, so he knew what he was doing a good supporter of Preston Patrick Game Room Junkie Southern Fried Game Room Expo would tell you to go to the Southern Fried Game Room Expo Facebook page mm-hmm. for a link to Juan's pictures. Oh yeah, his Flickr feed. I, yeah. However, will tell you to go to the Broken Token Facebook page <laughs> for the same link to Juan's but, pictures. But yeah, all things being equal, yeah, his his pictures his pictures were just great. His pictures were awesome. Were so you know, awesome. you've got uh, 
picture. We took a lot of pictures too. They're up on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. I know Preston and Patrick have pictures up on their Facebook page for the show and the uh, their show and the expo page. And then and then Juan's pictures are out there. And Juan's pictures are just. You know, I, they, they make ours look. They make ours look sick. Yeah, unbelievable. So, what so that, if you want to get a feel for the show, so yeah. where I was going was, is the show just wasn't. We got to organize registration, walk-in folks. We got to organize games. They also organized an unbelievable panel of guests on the video and the pinball side. I mean, they they came I mean, out. These are all top shelf guests. Yeah, they on came top out of that. hard. Yeah. You know, yeah, we, I mean, just came out swinging, so strong from from day one. We've talked about it a little bit, but let's just go. Here's the here here's the the arcade folks that they had. Yeah, Billy Mitchell. Yeah, Walter Day. Mm-hmm. George Lutz. Cubert mm-hmm. uh, fame mm-hmm. and a marathoner. Uh, Richie Knuckles mm-hmm. from the uh, Kong off and, and Richie Knuckles arcade. And, Richie Knuckles arcade from New Jersey. Yeah, and, and then his movie, The King of Arcades. Yep. Yeah. Richie premiered his King of Arcade movies at Southern Fried Game Room Expo. And he was such a nice he guy. Was, Richie was so a, down to earth and yeah. approachable. I, I mean, if things had been different, I would have been like, "Come on, Richie, let's go ahead and drink some beer. Let's 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 do something." And I bet he would have been right there with you. Just you know, it's like, "Oh yeah, let's do it." He he just seemed like instant friend you know yeah, he was richie. just that approachable that down to earth and richie if you're listening or somebody you know kind of clues you into this uh and you know you go back you come back and listen to it later i mean brent and i you know we became pretty big fans pretty quick oh absolutely yeah you could yeah. you could just tell he's salt of the earth absolutely yeah um joel west mm-hmm. berserk frenzy player yep and uh david cruz tron, uh the tron extraordinary and then on the uh, on the pinball side Barry Osler. Yeah. For those that listen to our show and that kind of keep a finger on the community, everybody knows Barry and his wife Donna have mm-hmm. been into have had some health issues. Yeah, fight, as fighting of late. some health issues. That's true. And it was great to see Barry. Yeah. Um, I had not met Barry, and I at one point during some of some of my duties to help with the show, I was getting Barry to a, a panel discussion, and I, I was just we had a few minutes together. I was like, Barry, man, it is it's great to see that you're up and about. He kind of looked up at me with kind of a a Han Solo esque <laughs> kind of lopsided grin. He says, "Oh no, it's great to be out. Yeah. It's great to be home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great to be on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> up and up and he was vertical, very happy. Huh? Yeah, and uh, uh, and of course John Trudeau, oh, man, current Stern employee. I mean, just w- designed Mustang. Yeah, I mean, what can you say about John Trudeau that would take anybody by surprise? I mean, he's just one of the nicest guys in. He's just one of the nicest guys I've ever met. I, I mean, Brent, I spent some time talking with John mm-hmm. outside of the show and just about a, a litany of topics and, and and the conversation just went everywhere. And I'm convinced that he, he he's uh, he he's the bomb. I mean, he's he's everything and then some. You know, and, and not to take away from anyone else that was there. No, Whitney and I had some one-on-one time through the weekend with everyone from that list yes and without exception yeah everybody every they were all awesome people billy mitchell billy mitchell was yes he was so approachable he i never saw billy once turn down the opportunity to uh get a picture taken with somebody or to shake somebody's hand or to put forth uh the uh, to put forth a good um 
a good show for the arcade community. I mean, Billy Mitchell was a good steward of everything arcade related at that show. Now here's and, here's a here's I mean, a, he was he was on and he was always on and he was very personable and very friendly about it. And Brent, he was good to the children. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing that right there is the thing that probably instantly won me over is I would see him get down on his knee. I would see him bend over. I would see the kids come up and approach him and want to talk to him. He would stop while he was walking down the hall. He would have conversations with people just time and time and time again. And it seems like he always gave of himself and of his time. You know, and, and I respect that. I've been to events where kind of the the uh, the draw to the event you know the name or the names they put themselves on a pedestal right yeah or, or uh, they'll they'll make the appearances that they're scheduled to make and then any other time that they've disappeared mm-hmm. all of these these guys weren't like no that. they in between things they were out with me in the game room i think uh, um i just went absolutely blank on joel's wife's name again I was going to say Donna, but oh, that's Barry's Dana, wife. Dana, yeah. Dana. Dana Reeves, yeah. Dana, I am so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. No, it's all good. Dana, uh, she showed me some pictures on her phone. Billy just walked up and just started playing Pac-Man. Yeah. You know, he oh, was yeah. he was out in the game room. I know uh, uh, Barry was out playing some games. There's pictures of Barry playing Dracula. Yeah. Um, Got some pictures of John and Barry together playing pinball. Oh, do you? Yeah. 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 Um, I know uh, David went in. There was a Tron cocktail. David sat down, was playing some Tron, yeah. and just talking with people. There, here's a here's a little story on on Billy. There's kind of this main hallway that came out of the central part of the hotel that went back to the ballrooms and the and the like where the show was being held, kind of off to this this one corner of the hotel. Yeah, and you'd have to traverse this hallway to get back to the show or out to the the elevator area to go back to your room so Mm -hmm. whitney and i had actually just left that main atrium of the hotel we were several steps into the the hallway the hallway was rather long billy was coming the other direction he was already past where you would go back like into any of the other areas that that belonged to the the expo so my assumption was he was heading back to his room he was heading out he was gonna take a break he was gonna do whatever and from the far end of the hallway, I hear, Billy! Hey, Billy, Billy! Someone wanting his attention. Okay. And somebody could have easily played that off. I didn't hear it. Or it, just or, kept on or walking. Or just ke- and kept on walking. Or you rolled, know. rolled their eyes like, yeah. gosh, again. And he you just, know. he he almost military style turned about face. And I said, I think somebody back there knows you. And he looked at me and he kind of just kind of gave me just this little nod and a little, little grin. Yeah. And he turned around and he walked all the way back down that hallway to, to a, whatever that fan wanted. I assume it was a picture or an autograph or something. I mean, he, and and that was, that was true. It speaks, it speaks volumes. All of the guests. They were unbelievable. I mean, George was great to talk to. He was, you know, very personable and just, you know, easy, easy to, you know, pick up a conversation with. And Walter was just, I mean, he was everywhere shaking hands and, you know, talking to people. It was so nice, Brent, because it kind of restores a little bit of your faith in humanity, I guess, when you see, you know, people that a lot of, a lot of the arcade, you know, in uh, community kind of looks up to, and then you see, you know, how they conduct themselves and they conduct themselves in a very, you know, in a, in a very good fashion. And so it was, it was just sweet. Now I'm trying to remember if it was Preston or Patrick's daughter who had a picture of Joel West and they made Uh, that the background on their iPod because no that was Carrie's daughter no, oh, you're right. It was, you're Car- right. It was Carrie's it daughter. Was, 
it was Carrie uh, Carrie Cheney's Carrie daughter. Carrie Cheney's daughter yeah. from the Place Retro Arcade. Yeah. I had meant to ask Carrie what that was about. I'm assuming that they'd all met. You know, Carrie was there as well. Walter had Carrie, all the folks that we just mentioned, uh, and some other folks in, and they were signing Twin Galaxies trading cards. And I don't know if they had gone and played a game or how they had, had kind of started a conversation, his daughter, uh, Carrie's daughter and Joel, but Joel was just so sweet to her that it was like, he is my new best friend. <laughs> yeah. I remember Carrie saying something about it, too. He's like, my daughter just really liked him and said he was just such a nice man. You know, so he becomes the, you know, he becomes the, the background pitcher on the iPod. You know, so, yeah, I mean, that, and that's just the that's just the way that these guys were. And Brent, before we get into too much, I guess, kind of blow by blow or play by play by play on this. The one thing I do want to uh, do want to bring up here at this point, and mainly I'm saying it now before I forget, but um, we have got coverage of just about every single panel discussion that was had at the Southern Fried Game Room Expo, and that coverage is going to be either on our podcast stream or on the Game Room Junkies podcast stream, or it can also be found on the Arcade Repair Tips podcast stream, because we've all kind of split up the, the Yeah, there won't be any overlap. There, there's no overlap, and so we don't mean to send everybody on a on like a podcast scavenging hunt, but we're sending everybody well, on a podcast listen- scavenging hunt. We're just going to listen- end it. You should be listening to those people anyway. Exactly. They're all quality shows and quality people. Except and for so, this one. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the, we jury's, the jury's still out on us, Brent, but you know what, dude? We we spire high how about that so so the thing is is that across you know across these three podcasts you're going to be able to pick up all the panel discussions and um a lot and a large part of video for all the panel discussions as well. Uh, so we've got uh, you know we've got all that content distributed amongst the three of us, and we're all busy working on getting all that content produced and, and getting it ready for everybody. So if it's not in the podcast stream on on our site already, just look for it very soon. We're going to have some additional episodes that deal specifically with all the panel discussions that were held there over you know that Friday night, that Saturday, and then that Sunday. And and I'm and this is good good quality content as well with everybody that you just that you just mentioned brent john trudeau barry Ausler, all the arcade legends richie knuckles everybody so so let's get into uh kind of our blow by blow yeah. whitney whitney and i actually the show officially started open to the public on friday yep um thursday was a day set aside to start load in yeah whitney and i actually decided to go ahead and make the trip up uh, Thursday morning, uh-huh. so that uh, we could be there bright and early Friday. I know Whitney had uh, had some. Well, your your first commitment didn't come in until uh, a little later in the evening on Friday, but yeah. nonetheless, we didn't want to have we didn't want to have to make that trip. That's uh, what seven and a half hours. It was, it was seven seven and a half by the time we you know stopped a couple times for you know gas or whatever or yeah. fuel rather. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we actually we drove uh since the truck was running so well, we we took the truck down and <laughs> yeah. um you know the decision was we're not we're not looking for anything but you never know what might follow us home that's exactly right so uh um, and that high speed i'm looking at right there is what followed yeah, us it home. followed us home it, yeah. that, that thing followed me yeah. i mean it was just like yeah. it was in my rearview mirror yeah. all the way home yep so we yeah uh, we whitney and i went up thursday and it allowed us to have a little bit of a leisurely trip and 
we I can't even recall what time we got in. It was mid evening. Yeah, somewhere around six to seven. I, I guess somewhere around in there because, you know, we wound up taking out you know like right at midday. I mm-hmm. guess and and get down there, and uh, you know everything was everything was uh, was in high gear once we got there. I mean they were setting up. Uh, you know everything was uh, you know all the placards were going up. The rooms were being you know uh, kind of set up for audio and video and everything like that. And so we we helped on the load in on some of the games and uh, we really just tried to lend a hand wherever we could be found to lend. Yeah, you know, I just to lend a hand. My attitude was, and I'm sure yours was as well, Whitney. You know, what do you need? Where do you want us to go? Point us in a direction, and you know, we, we'll we'll take care of it. We drove all the way down here. It would be a shame for us just to stand there with our hands in our pockets now, you know, here, while everybody else was working. Now, this speaks to the organization of the show. My, um, you know, when you walk in first show. Um, first experience that uh, that I'm aware of that mm-hmm. any of the, the any of the key players had at doing this, and to that point, I hadn't met uh, Joel or Dana. See, yeah. I remembered your name that time, Dana. Yeah. <laughs> hadn't I hadn't met Joel or Dana, and I hadn't met Shannon, and I knew yeah. there were some other folks that was working with Preston and Patrick to do the organization. Yeah. So, um, for my impression, this was the first shot that all of them had at a show. First day of the show. The show was just now starting to move because they had Thursday set aside to start you know bringing people in yeah uh in the afternoon that tells me they were there midday doing their own stuff and honestly i expected it to be half crazy mm-hmm. i mean uh, if not full out insane but it was it was not it was it was very low key but everything was moving everything was moving everything, everything was, was getting moving. done it, it was getting done uh there wasn't a lot of fanfare most most everybody was you know for lack of a better term they were you know heads down and you know it was uh, it, it was elbows up in the air just kind of getting stuff done so there didn't i didn't see any uh, um no, and, and, you know no it, drama no nothing no. and we bring this up because um if you're considering going and you've had cause i've had bad experiences at a, a car show yeah at um some convention some yeah. whatever county you know. fair you know yeah. whatever it may be and you know that kind of plays in your head and it's like well how are these people going to handle it how how's it going to be here this isn't related to that but I know i've got this connected to my mind uh and then what whitney gosh i hope we're not jinxing them i hope next year it just <laughs> oh it, it'll go smooth man yeah. i hope I next year a meteor doesn't hit the building <laughs> so if uh, it does then we've got yeah we got bigger, bigger problems, problems than that we got bigger issues <laughs> than arcade games and pinball machines so yeah i mean it was very well organized so thursday folks are loading games yeah. in things are getting done the yeah. ball is moving forward things yeah. are getting set up the the console room was going together mm-hmm. the uh marco was setting up yeah the pinball row was starting to really fill out yeah uh some videos they were really pinball heavy yeah i will say that which and which was it doesn't hurt my feelings at all it man. didn't hurt you know because we got to play some top shelf titles man and, you know and on the video side i got to play some games some some videos that that i hadn't played i got to play mad planet i had dude. never played and, mad and Planets. you know that actually won best of show oh, on, did on, it. on the video side i believe if, if memory serves me correctly but that was a treat getting to play mad planets because i'd never played it neither, on a, neither on a dedicated machine and it was fun it was fun so yeah like i say i never i have not gotten to play in until this weekend a dedicated gyrus we're gonna have to help you fix that. You have to work on that. Yeah, yeah. I know where one. I know where one's at that could follow you home. You know. I, and I even made a comment to you, Whitney. You know, because yeah. I've got. You know, we'll bring it up again. I got a, my time pilot. Yeah. I'm like, 
I got I've got to put them in row stick in that time box. Yeah, sure, sure enough. So makes so, all the difference in the world. So Friday was load in and uh, kind of a build out, and you know we could see that 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 everybody involved. We knew that they had been running through the day, and yeah. you know we were we were honored to come in. I guess technically at the eleventh hour, and then it, any slack that needed to be picked up. I mean, we just tried to help. Uh, yeah, we, we tried could. to help. Yeah. We were we were happy to do it. Yeah, and so Thursday kind of came and went. You know, I mean, it was. Uh, you know, you know it, and I throw that out there. If you come to any event, you're bringing a game. Yeah, don't be cool. Yeah. You know, yeah, help help, help out because everybody know? needs help. Everybody needs help. Yeah, yeah. So Rome wasn't built in the day, proverbially, proverbially, and. You know, the show was uh, was made well by everyone who helped. So that's that's the way that it goes. But yeah, so Thursday was really kind of anticlimactic, and that's really how you want it to be. Um, you know, everything kind of wound up around midnight, and it was good that they didn't push themselves into the wee hours of the morning because you could always you could stay as long as you wanted to and always find something to do. But I, I thought it was pretty cool that they shut it all down. Uh, you know, right around midnight, mm-hmm. and everybody went to the bar. You know, had a few drinks unwinded you know grab some appetizers and stuff like that and uh you know everybody talked and and it was it was nice because we got to spend you know got some FaceTime with you know Shannon and, and Preston and Patrick and, and Joel and Dana and everybody there and so you know we we really got to you know kind of talk with everybody for a little bit you know Juan as well and so uh it was it was nice from that regard so it was good because everybody kind of wrapped up, got it, got a good night's sleep in, and then Friday morning we, you know, Friday morning was pretty much on from that standpoint. So Friday morning, uh, you know, we brought some audio gear down to try to supplement, you know, yeah. just just to make sure some stuff was there. So we we met over in the uh, Peachtree Raw Room mm-hmm. and then set some of our stuff up, some mics and the like, and then uh, eventually Preston or Patrick's brother barry. barry came yeah. in and he was handling the boards and the pas and all that yeah, and barry was cool man. oh yeah barry was cool he was so, great uh you know we we helped there where where we needed to but kind of the underlying theme of the day was uh where's billy and walter yeah yeah so so there, there was some scheduling uh snafus on scheduling <laughs> I, I don't know if it was much scheduling well with the airline yeah and that's that's what i, I probably ought to clarify it was, <laughs> yeah yeah it was some scheduling snafus from the airline's perspective on you know getting billy and, and walter there on time uh that didn't that didn't exactly work out but uh preston handled it well and well know, for a time there you and i were gonna go get him yes we, yes we, we were. were gonna go get billy yeah you and I, the Broken Token crew, in the F three fifty. In the F three fifty, and yeah. we'd already figured it out. Um, for any, you know, check us out. Where our pictures are up on, you know, the, uh, the, the Facebook Broken Token page. Facebook page. Yeah. I'm narrower in the shoulder than Whitney and shorter, <laughs> and we had already decided that I was going to drive to the airport in the Atlanta rush hour traffic. Yeah. And when we got there, I was going to get in the back because it's a half. It's a half back seat it's not a full crew cab you fit back there better than back anybody there. else we weren't gonna fold whitney or billy mitchell up who's a tall dude yeah yeah billy's it, billy's taller than i am yeah listen so. listen back to uh yeah. uh the retro or not the uh um, the game room junkies that, yeah. that screwed screwed that one up listen back to the game room junkies uh podcast a couple podcasts ago apologize i don't know the number where preston 
talks about going to lunch with Billy Mitchell and yeah, folding him up and putting good. him in his car. It was great. It, so I had this in my mind. Yeah, yeah. So, no, it was great. And so, yeah, Billy's flight was, was delayed. Walter's flight was delayed. And so the, the time that they were originally scheduled to appear, they just physically were not there yet. So... Uh, yeah, Brent, you, you're right. I mean, we were going to go get, uh, we were going to go pick them up uh, at the airport, and their flights wound up getting delayed again, so mm-hmm. that didn't yeah. work out. Two, was it two total delays? Two total delays. But uh, you know, once we got all the panel discussions set up and everything like that, uh, it was time. You know, it was fairly late in the evening, you know, and by that time, the gamer, you know, the the game halls had fleshed themselves out. The pinball machines had been set up. The arcade games had been set up. Mm-hmm. The vendors had been set up. So really, from like yours and my perspective, we were there mostly to assist with the panel discussions. So you know, we had all the logistics sorted out. You know, on, on the technicals and and who was coming, who was going, and everything like that. So there wasn't much we could do with Billy and Walter being late, you know, due to their planes. Yeah, so, their first panel was at 5.30 that Friday. Yes, yeah, and they didn't make it. So if there, there wound up being an impromptu panel a little bit later on in the evening after the showing of the King of Arcades. Now, we did, the 5.30 panel did go off, correct? It did, Because yes. you, you were the one that basically chaired that. You, you moderated that panel, right? Um, let's see. On now, that was five thirty on the Friday, and it, I think it just it ended up we we ran. No, with, no, that was that was Preston. Okay, who did that. that was Preston. Yeah, that was Preston. So who did that. Preston went ahead and sat down. With I had to go a, back and look at the schedule. Dude. Yeah, it all runs together. <laughs> Preston went ahead and sat down with George, George Lutz, Richie Knuckles, uh-huh. Joe West, and David Cruz. Yeah, and so and, and so they talked through they 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 talked through just. Everything that you would that you would want to ask those those types of guys. Mm-hmm. It, it was essentially just a, a a fairly freeform discussion. Preston kind of led you know led with some moderated Q and A. But with those types of panels, you really you know you you just kind of yank the starter rope, you know, uh, choke it a couple times and hit the throttle, and then it just goes from there. Exactly. And, and that's and that's what's awesome about you know those types of discussions. You know, so, I'm looking at this Friday schedule. This thing was awesome. It was. I mean, you know, every, and, everything went really good. You know, you, here, I really encourage people, and this isn't, oh, man, you missed it. Well, yeah, it is a little bit. Yeah, you missed it. I really encourage people to try to make it to events such as this. And, yeah. You know, and, and, Brent, and we need to do more of it ourselves. Yes, we I mean, did. It, we did. So we, I mean, we can't just sit here behind the mic and tell everybody to go do something. We need to take some of our own advice and get out to more shows as well because, dude, it was so much fun. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking that our, our story there is going to change quite a bit here in the next six to 12 months i, I so. think so because dude, you know, we're, we're gonna sit tight stay tuned you sit tight stay stay tuned because we're, we're gonna have to get out there a little bit more absolutely as well. but it was worth it i mean it was so worth it, it but it, here's a here's another moral to yeah. this story if, if you, i sound excited it's because i was if, and i am thinking back about it if yeah. you here's a, here's the another moral to the story if you go to these events Make sure you check out what's going on in the side rooms. Make sure you check out the lineups for the guests. Because that's where some of the coolest stuff happens. Yeah, you could could go back and play games, and yeah, that's cool. But you you may not realize who the speakers are and and what's going on and what they're talking about. Yeah, because, I mean, it was great to play some of the games, but the value, in my mind, the value is in the people. And so... 
getting FaceTime with with some of with some of these individuals and just listening to their stories that makes the trip worthwhile. So and it, just getting to make new friends. Here's man. here's, here's Friday. Yeah, five thirty. Arcade Legends. Uh, George Lutz, Richie Knuckles, Joe West, Dave Cruz. Well, yeah. how do you how do you follow that up? Well, it's it's pretty simple. <laughs> you set Barry Ausler and John Trudeau down, and you talk about <laughs> talk about pinball, a forty year career yes. in the in designing pinball machines. In, in that. Uh, and, and that panel was was fantastic as well. I mean, those two guys just the the stories they tell, the way they work with each other when they're talking about things. You can tell that there's an honest uh, love for their craft and in, in what in what they talk about, and what they do. And so, Brent, yeah, so so that so that panel went off. Um, we were able to uh, you know sneak away for a few minutes to grab some supper with some of the guys and then we made it back in time for the arcade uh, for the wrap-up of the uh screening of uh, richie knuckles film uh, the king of arcades now as it turns out what was the story behind that as it turns out as soon as that panel was done or as soon as the film was done oh well, there's about the film did you realize about the film yes that was the first time that it had been shown and it's the first time richie would ever seen it end to end 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 that is exactly right and he had a lot of heartfelt discussion about his life his experiences and how the film had changed him and how he had changed since the film had been filmed i guess mm-hmm. for lack of a better term and that's part of the things I, th- I think that endeared me, uh, that, that endeared Richie to me, is just is just watching him talk and seeing the honesty in his face while while he was talking about his life, uh, the film, and how everything else plugged together, and what what was going on. So it was um, it was one of those things that you I don't even know if, if you could recreate you you can't recreate that. It was just the perfect you know ingredients just kind of came together to make that discussion happen. Happen. And while that was going on, at the end of of the sc- of the the screening of the film, Preston brings in whom other who other than Billy Mitchell and Walter okay. Day, and so their flights arrive, and you can tell that they that you know Preston was was you know he was he was doing what a good hostess would do or a good host would do good hostess, hostess. <laughs> yeah that's. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like I'm, something I'd say. About. I'm thinking of a cake, I guess. I don't know. Was, I it, guess Pest- was it Preston or Patrick? Uh, it, it was Preston. Okay. And so it was doing what a good host would do. He was moving them along, getting them, you know, getting them, you know, down to the down to the show floor. And then what happened after that was pretty much magic because they showed up, they sat down, and it was completely unscripted, completely honest, off the hook. And that that panel discussion turned into uh, just something that you really just had to kind of sit there. Or you had to be there to, to yeah, hear. Yeah, and that was very but impromptu because originally impromptu. it was supposed to have been Richie. Yeah, it, it just Richie in a and a session. But uh, they shared, and it was uh, it, it was it was great. So. Um, after that, there was I another said hostess. It <laughs> sounds like something I'd have said about him. <laughs> well, you know, Twinkies and all that kind of other stuff, man. I, I guess that's what I got on the got on the mind. I don't know. So, right about as they that, are making Twinkies again, Brent. yes, they are. Um, that makes me, makes me happy. Man. Mm. Yes. So, as uh, after after that panel finished up, that that sort of scheduled slash impromptu panel, uh, another filming that night of the video craze mm-hmm. from uh, Dave Denzera. And right at that same approximate time, 
was uh, uh, the Kickstarter party. Yeah, so so we got the the film screening uh, kicked off for the video craze, and then uh, Preston and Patrick and Shannon and Joel and Dana did what turned out to be probably one of the best moves that I've seen at an expo yet is they um, they rewarded the people who helped make the expo possible uh, with a with a, a essentially a kick you know a Kickstarter backer only party and they did it in such a way that you know they closed the game room up and the, they the tur- main ballroom the, there was two the main there was ballroom two, there was two rooms yes. the, yeah. uh, actually a large ballroom and then a smaller one a smaller ballroom and then a portion of that smaller ballroom I'd say about a quarter of it Papa, Papa was set up yeah Papa was set up for tournament oh play. yeah we didn't even mention that Papa was Papa there was with there, the tournament yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Oops. sorry <laughs> that was not intentional it's not intentional oversight at all but um it's just too much to remember i guess but uh nonetheless yeah so they shut the main ball ballroom off they turned all the lights out they hired a dj and they had you know music blaring and good music too oh yes just excellent music going and uh you know 70s and 80s music and um, you know, they had the, the disco light balls and they had everything going. The pinball machines were just, you know, just, I mean, it was just like a rainbow of LED lights everywhere. And it was, it was awesome. I well, mean, Preston and I played Tron together. I, you know, we got to play ACDC and just, you know, all of the, just all of the, the, the pinball that we could play in a setting that was very controlled, very loud, but it all worked. It all worked. And it so all he, worked. He, I, here's my take. Actually, two takes. One personal and one for the group, for everybody. All right. The, the, the personal take was, you know, you've heard people say, well, when I, when I walked up to that game, it reminded me of this or reminded me of the time when or when I was 12 or this, that. And I've never... I've never really had that. You know, I've I've had I've had games that did remind me a little bit of youth and um a few memories here and there and we're like, Oh yeah, this was cool. Oh, I like you, you this. You got your nostalgia on, didn't you? But when I walked into that room and the the music was rolling, the games were running, the lights were doing their thing, I, it was un believable it, 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 personally yeah it it the recipe worked is it was, what it did it it was like it just brought all that what i remember you know the skate i was like i i I'm not, i should be on skates yeah you know and because <laughs> it, it, it that we had arcades here i think yeah. in an earlier episode of the podcast we talked about mm-hmm. you know our experiences and where i'm a little bit more on the city side and 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 Whitney's a little bit more on the on the countryside in terms of where we grew up, and it was easy for me to find games and actual quote unquote arcades. Yeah. But the majority uh, that brought back a memory that actually I'd kind of forgotten about. You know, a, a lot of my gameplay was the school. The school I went to, we had monthly skate parties, and a lot of my gameplay was at the skating rink. Yeah. I'd forgotten all about that yeah i mean it worked because it was unbelievable because when i was walking around there um you know it was dark and the only lights were the only lights were what the games were emitting themselves and the disc i guess you know the rotating disco balls and everything like that and the music excuse me 
So, so here's it took me right back to the arcade that I used to go to as a child, and it immediately justified in my mind uh, what I'm after in this hobby. You know that that satisfaction is is that it was there, it was attainable, and it was um, and it was gratifying. So here's the here's the second take, which is the take for everybody. Yeah. The the party was the Kickstarter party. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I know Whitney and I, we don't cover or haven't classically kind of Kickstarter efforts. And in all honesty, um, maybe that's something Whitney and I need to do to improve is to figure out how to kind of get plugged into that a little bit better to see what's available. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that from other podcasts and we'll just throw the name out there's no reason why not to uh retro game roundup Mm -hmm. they cover kickstarter stuff quite often a lot of that tends to be print material like books on home and it's time sensitive too because it's only 30 days yeah you know so with us being a monthly show we 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 have to catch it on the right right. cycle in order for it to be relevant and and they cover and a lot of their stuff too since they're such a wider uh they they cover a wider range of of things so they get kickstarters on movies or books based on uh, home computers or like the Commodore 64 or the, the spectrum or, yeah. you know, kind of stuff that's a little outside of our purview We're, we would be a little narrower there. Regardless where I'm going with this is, is if, if there's somebody kickstarting something and you know, you've done your due diligence, you feel comfortable about it. Yeah. You know, jump on board yeah get in there support those those folks and those projects yeah because this was a good example of of kickstarter done right is what this was and and the payoff was big so yeah brent it was uh it it was it was strong so all i know to say so eventually after that we wound down Mm -hmm. and uh um i think we ended up back in the restaurant slash bar Mm -hmm. and uh, uh i'm trying to remember if that was the no i think that the i think thursday night was when uh, I got to sit down, spend quite a bit of time with some of the Marco folks, yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah, that was Thursday night. That was Thursday night. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so Friday night, the crowd was the crowd was big. I mean, the crowd was flush. There's no doubt about it. And uh, that was when we also met up with uh, Jonathan Leon from Arcade Repair Tips. Oh, yep, yeah. Jonathan, so yep. Jonathan, uh, Jonathan was able to make it down there at that point. So, you know, after the the Kickstarter party wound down, uh, they went ahead and essentially, you know, just kind of kind of went ahead and shut the gameplay down. Down, uh, after that Kickstarter party closed, and you know, really, you know, Friday night kind of came to a close at that, but it was very successful. It was it was just done well. So um, the big thing though is, you know, Brent, you and I, along with Jonathan Leung, we had to kind of have have our game face on for the first thing Saturday morning oh, yeah. for our. Uh, it's just a fuse. Uh, it's probably it's just it's a probably fuse. just a fuse. Thank you. Wait, for now, look, we worked there. long on long and hard on this, so it's. <laughs> Probably just a fuse, repair experiences, hands-on demonstrations, and QA with the hosts of the Arcade Repair Tips and Broken Token Podcast. I'm, I'm never going to ask you to say that again. I, actually, looking at the schedule, we had the longest. We had the longest by far title of any other event even, <laughs> even the ones where all the names of the participants were listed <laughs> Jeez, dude. it wears me out just listening to the title you know <laughs> but um but no jonathan you and i and jonathan 
did uh, chair up that uh, you know that panel discussion that demo. I mean, dude, that were, that went that went really really well. I mean, the three of us got to sit down and talk, uh, and, you know, and, and talk arcade repair um, with what turned out to be a very very nice uh, studio. I, well, I won't say studio, but uh, we'll say you know conference room uh, full of people. And what was what was so nice about that is that you know the panel was scheduled to run for an hour but on top of that hour after the panel was done brent we kind of moved out of the Peachtree conference room into the hallway and everybody was so amped up and so charged up from from that panel is we wound up staying around for like another 45 minutes outside and just continuing to talk about repair topics and the hobby in general and uh, Brent how many people do you think we had at that panel I would say easily what well we filled the room we filled, so I, I don't, we filled the room it, we, all, well we almost filled the room I mean there, there were a few empty seats but by and large I mean that room was full yes I, that and, room was full and, and the interesting thing was is it it's a it was a 10 30 in the, in, in the morning panel. In the morning panel. Saturday. Yeah, so they could have... Here's what people could have done. They could have gone out to Denny's and got a really nice you know, breakfast. They could have eaten a Grand Slam, or they could have come and listened or to Or they us. could have went in the game room and played or, Big Bang or, Bar. That's, yeah, and played Big Bang Bar or whatever. And uh, so instead of doing all that, they and we thank them for it, they came and sit down and listened to us. And so we hope they got a lot out of it. You and I and Jonathan, I know, got a lot out of it. It was so fun to meet everybody that we met to meet our listeners to meet uh, to, to meet new listeners to meet people that we'd only interacted with on Facebook or on Twitter before so we got to meet a lot of people in real life and just made it just made the day right is so what it did it, the, lots uh, of new friends man lots it, of new friends the the panel you know despite despite the long title you know we did have a we did have a, yeah. a hands-on demonstration yeah. we did have a focal point which yeah. was the power section the power 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 yeah. power area of your arcade game you know we taught somebody despite the kind of dirty trick that i pulled we taught someone how to use and that's them. In, that's in video that's in the video that's yeah, in the video uh, <laughs> you made them jump i made everybody jump yeah he probably had to poor dude he probably had to go change his underwear <laughs> man we uh we taught someone to use a multimeter someone had never used a multimeter we you know if you've never used one let's bring you down and have you test a power supply in front yeah. of an entire auditorium full of people and you know we took those topics we took questions people were very enthusiastic and we were able to uh, fork that off into similar but yet related topics and you know at the end of the day uh we summed it up as to be in this hobby it's helpful to have knowledge to some degree of what goes on under the covers if for anything else so you can you know you can save yourself some time and some trouble do some basic troubleshooting but at the end of the day that the the real moral of the story was don't be afraid to learn more about what goes on yeah. don't think that you can't do something don't think that you can't podcast yeah don't think that you can't you know, uh, rebuild a, a, a power supply. Don't think you can't cap a monitor. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Because you can. I mean, if I can do it, anybody can do it. I, I started with absolutely no knowledge. I started in this hobby with no knowledge of how to fix anything related to the games that I wanted to you collect. Can fix P, you can p- fix a PB&J, right? I can do that. Okay. I've, I've already had two of them while we've been recording, <laughs> man. They were so good. Uh, but... 
But yeah, so I mean, we had a, all, all joking aside. I mean, you, you, we just saw a lot of people who had a lot of they had thirst for knowledge. They were willing to to sit and listen, and they interacted, and that was the greatest thing. Everybody got into it. So even after you know, and this this speaks to the crowd. Even after that, Whitney mentioned this earlier. After the uh, the panel was over, we, that we were followed up by a gentleman by the name of David Bishop, who is the vice president of Namco. Vice president of Namco. Mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if it was VP or, or a president. So he's a VP of Namco here uh, stateside. Yep. And we had quite a few people that came with us out of the the conference room, if you will, the auditorium. Uh huh. And we continued the conversation. Yeah. And. Like I said, Brent, for like forty five more yeah, minutes. We were we were glad to do oh, it. it. Was, we were it was so awesome from that regard. So Whitney, you mentioned you mentioned it was nice to meet listeners, make you know, uh, new listeners, existing listeners uh-huh. and, and that was awesome. Yeah. Did you have anybody now we were wearing broken token shirts the entire time. Yeah. Did you have anybody come up to you and and say, Hey, I listened to the show or introduced themselves. Oh, or? yeah. Yeah, that, that happened over throughout the course of the weekend numerous times. It, it probably happened the most during that session, though. Mm-hmm. But throughout the entire weekend, I would have people, you know, say, hey, broken token, you know, as I was walking down the hall. And I'd stop and, you know, introduce myself and everything like that. So it was, you know, Brent. From you know, from that standpoint, it was also gratifying to you know to see people to see, you know, the the efforts of putting of putting the show out there, because we did get a lot of really nice compliments on the show. We you know, the people told us what they like. They told us what we, what they wanted more of, and it was just it was neat. great to actually just neat. You know, you all hear us, <laughs> and we get to hear folks on occasion, but it's great still to, to, to know get the feedback yeah to the get the feedback, feedback to know yeah. that people you know all right or, or is this going anywhere do people like it yeah Here, here's the funniest thing that i had happened to me so i'm in the elevator and i i was going up or down i can't remember i'm leaning up against the wall and there's three guys and two girls in the elevator they uh, oh no that's a second story this is this, uh, uh that was that group had been in our panel discussion and they were actually the girls were trying to talk the guys into go going to buy shaker motors for their stern pinballs and they were trying to Wise sort out move. what fit what fit where yeah so i made a i made a comment and then they looked all all five of them looked over at me because they were so engrossed in this conversation it was like i wasn't even there then they realized <laughs> they said we were in your panel <laughs> <laughs> that's sweet so but at one point in time i was also in the elevator and uh, there was a conversation going on. Uh, this couple was having a conversation about what was was this? Where, where's this at at the show? And where's yeah. this? And where's that? And so I just volunteered, trying to be polite. I said, "Oh, that is." You know, I probably said five words. That's located here. Yeah. And they looked right at me. And now, they said, "They said firepower." No, is, is that what they said? <laughs> they said, "You're one of the broken token guys, aren't you?" Yes. And the you know the logo the full logo was on the back it just had our bt logo on the front of the shirt and they i didn't see them look down it was my voice they recognized my voice in about five words you know brent our our voices and our accents walk in the door well before either one of us do and i'm sure we can be picked out of a crowd uh just by just by talking so but you know something dude that's a good thing it's there's nothing wrong with that at all so after that whole arcade after that whole arcade repair tips panel brent and you know we Oh, oh, dude, before before we hop off of that, um, you were asking about the feedback. 
Yeah. One of the things that I, that I took away from the feedback from everyone who, everyone who was coming up and, you know, introducing themselves to me and everything like that is everyone was very complimentary of the show. And they said that they really appreciated what we were doing, the information that we were giving out. And they, they just, they just loved the fact that it was, you know, a very, um, you know, a very friendly kind of homespun type of show. And it was something that they could, you know, something that they could play while they're working on their games and things like that. That's the thing that I heard the most. And so, uh, you know, we, we appreciate everybody saying what they said. So it was so, sweet. So now at that point, um, I kind of went into a backstage kind of a role, which, you know, I was, I was happy to help in any way that I could. So, uh, one of the things that Preston and Patrick and Dana and Joel and, and Shannon, part of their organization was anybody coming to the panels, they not only had obviously a panel moderator, but they had someone that would kind of meet, I don't know what you would call them, Whitney, it wouldn't be an attendee that the, the, the headliner of the panel, if you were, and kind of, you know, get them to where they needed to be and make sure things were in order. And then there was kind of a handoff. I had the, the opportunity to do that for quite a few of the panels. And, you know, shortly thereafter that afternoon, Jerry Buckner was there and Jerry Buckner, he is half of Buckner and Garcia. So he's half of the half the group, half the group. There the you group, go. Yeah. That, that recorded Pac-Man fever. He was there. So I escorted Jerry in for, for his panel. Yeah. And of course, then of course there was a meet and greet shortly thereafter with that. So now Whitney, where are you? Whitney was actually moderating several panels yeah so so after the whole you know after the whole jerry buckner panel um you know that that was you know that was great to that was great to listen to because it was neat to hear him talk about you know his time in in the music industry and especially during the heyday of the arcades but you know after that one wrapped up then it was uh john trudeau back you know back for a solo session okay and so uh patrick from the game room junkies he moderated that one and um and they you know, i think patrick and preston are going to have the audio and the video for that particular uh for for that particular session on their podcast feed so that was great you know john is always fantastic to listen to from that regard but um after that panel was over with then i had the privilege of getting to moderate the second arcade legends panel on that saturday night so and that was saturday afternoon rather so that was with billy and george and richie and david and walter and joel so i got to sit down and uh, you know that was a moderated q a session as well but you know brent it went the same way you know you pull the starter get you know goose Mm -hmm. the gas a couple times and then those guys take the conversation where they want it to go i i I would try to rein it back around just to you know just to weave it together but they (laughs) those guys those guys did they they did the work now and i was fortunate enough to be kind of the the handler wrangler for mm-hmm. that and that's a that's an interesting crew to, to bring together now and not that it was difficult going back to the earlier conversation that it's there, there's first of all there were several folks kind of tracked down yeah but they are so accommodating of everyone that they're scattered kind of about yes and you know but on the flip side of that they're all professionals oh yeah yeah so they it wasn't very difficult not as difficult as i'm making it sound they came they come looking they were where they needed to be they knew where they needed to be it it wasn't like uh it wasn't a guns and roses type situation where (laughs) where's axel yeah where's axel is he going to show up for (laughs) his own concert nobody knows or george jones there's no george jones in the crew so no 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 they were they were there and ready to go 
So, so yeah, so we had that uh, Arcade Legends panel, and now, Brent, we will have that audio and video on our podcast feed, okay? So we're working through post-production on that as we speak. Now, and this goes back, too, to if you go to these events, pay attention to the schedule. You know, playing the games is cool and all. Trust me, it's cool. But there's a lot of there's a lot of things going on. And, and at this particular show, there was ample opportunity to not only meet these folks, but there was card signing or excuse me, there were signing tables. So in the, in the case of like uh, Twin Galaxy trading cards, there was a lot of those being passed around. They were everywhere. They were everywhere being being signed by the the smiling faces upon the cards. There was I took translites and I had translites signed by John uh, John Trudeau and Barry Asler. I had mm-hmm. eight pinball aprons signed. Uh, folks would come with flyers, you know, pinball flyers, arcade game flyers. Have those signed, marquees. Yeah. So you know, look at the schedule. There's life outside the game room. I hate to I hate <laughs> to put sure. it that way, but that's yeah. if there's anything we're really driving home here. Look at what else is going on. Yeah, it was it was pretty sweet, and so you know from uh, from from wrapping up the whole you know arcade legends panel, uh, you know we talked for we talked with those guys for about an hour, maybe a little bit more, and then uh, we we got to sit down and listen to uh, Barry Owsler talk about the uh, I would say the lasting effects of space shuttle. Uh, you know the, the game that he designed and how that has been you know uh, I guess coined you know time and time again the game that saved pinball so there was uh, there was an hour discussion panel discussion with Barry Ausler yeah I got to actually spend a little one-on-one time with Barry because I escorted him to the panel okay and uh, that's that's kind of when we had that little back and forth it's man it's great to see it it's, yeah. like, it's great to be seen or yeah. however that kind of unfolded Barry's a great guy. There was a few hints dropped through the weekend, and I've seen Barry's smiling visage uh-huh. show up in a few places across the web. That's a so big word, Brad. That's a big word. Yes. I wouldn't be surprised if some more, uh, if Barry Ausler's name pops up yeah, he, in, in the he, coming he was, years, he, months he was, and years. He was in good spirits, man. Yes. And he looked to be in good health, too. So, he did. He looked so great. He, he looked like he was doing good. So, yeah, so... Yeah. Well, was, how did that end? Tell everybody how that that, oh, pan, that oh, panel ended. The panel ended with them raffling a drawing for a raffled off uh, space shuttle pin that was donated by Joel Reeves, one of the organizers of the Southern Fried Game Room Expo. So we actually so, the pin was actually set up at the back yes, of the auditorium yeah. through the weekend. And this is Joel's machine. He donated one of his own machines. I had some time with the machine. I looked it over. It was a nice machine. It was a very nice machine. It was a very nice machine. Yeah. So I mean. That was great the way that that was all organized and put together. So, you know, once that session wrapped up and it was another film screening for Saturday night, uh, they screamed, uh, screamed, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, they screened the Space Invaders. And so uh, that's a, a you know a great movie as well. Uh, the production value on that's really good. So it, it was a very very it's a very very nice movie to watch. And then uh, Brent, we got to do podcasting after dark. Well, there was a there was a VIP party in there. That, that is true. That is true. And uh, <laughs> I think I think part of the intention there was to kind of get the podcast host a little lubricated. Uh, very very much so. Very but much I so. mean that di- that didn't work with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the VIP party was 
I'm not meaning to gloss that over. It's just that 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 was something that not everybody was able to attend, so it wouldn't have been open for for everybody. But uh, you know, we were we were fortunate to be invited to that, and um, and then you, you know, had somebody like me sitting here that's kind of like detail oriented. I'm like, well, we got to discuss this. <laughs> well, it was neat because you know Richie and George and uh, Walter and Billy and uh, Jerry Buckner and everybody played on stage. Uh, you know, they sang Pac-Man Fever, and, and I mean, it was neat. It was catered. Uh, you well, know, there were drinks. And th- there is a moral to the story. The moral is get involved. Get involved, because because if you're involved, then you had the chance to attend the VIP I'm party. Just, I'm just some hick from Kentucky. I'm Me not too. a VIP. We're, we're, we're two of them, dude. We're two of them. And so, <laughs> yeah. No, we, we just purchased up our tickets well in advance, is, is what it amounts to. So, so, yeah, so anybody could have attended had they paid the price for the ticket and got in there, you know, in enough time, but uh, there were there were some people being turned away at the door because they didn't, you know, they, they didn't uh, necessarily, you know, get that get that taken care of ahead of time. Pay attention to the schedules. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so the VIP party was great because you got to see everybody kind of cut loose and have some fun. And then, you know, once that wrapped up, then all the podcasters that were there, the Game Room Junkies, we talked about arcade repair tips, but there was also Nate Did Chivers. we talk about us? <laughs> That's all we've been doing, Brent. <laughs> okay. For good or bad. Uh, there was also Nate Shivers from Coast to Coast Pinball, and he was there as well. And so then, Brent, is when we rolled into the whole podcasting after dark. And hilarity ensued. It was fun. It was fun. So all of us go back into the main auditorium where the panels have been in the movie screens have been carried out. Yeah. We're all up on stage. With bright lights shining in our faces and uh, the rest of the room pitch dark. Yeah, it was concert-like. It yes. wasn't... You know, that you're, you're, Concert-like. Yeah, it was... Well, the, the, prior, <laughs> the, uh, the prior panels, the whole room was lit. Yeah. And... No, not in this case. No, I mean, no, no, no. It was like podcasters under glass. Yeah, yeah, it really was. But Shannon was um, was there to you know kind of MC the whole event. It was kind of like a rotating discussion, for lack of a better term. Uh, Shannon would throw the topics out there, and then we would all you know get our you know get a few seconds of mic time to you know answer the question, provide our input, and things like that. What I thought was pretty sweet about the whole deal, though, was you got to see all these distinct personalities. You know, our sh- no, go ahead. Yeah, I think you're going to hit it. Yeah, hit it. I, yeah, all these distinct personalities that that shape their own shows. You know, our show is different from everybody else's show. Their shows are different from our shows. So you get like this this kind of like potluck type of scenario mm-hmm. going with all these different personalities at the table, but the egos were checked and everybody was just answering questions and having a good time but you also got to you also got to see each show kind of come out of that kind of come out of that panel discussion as well so you know everybody had their own everybody had their own take on things some very uh, unique answers to some of the questions some very insightful answers to some of the questions as well and it was it was just neat to see everybody kind of practice their craft I guess well um, of course not that you and I have craft but (laughs) but we still practiced our craft we phoned it in like we usually do (laughs) you had Arcade heavy folks, yeah, pinball, pinball heavy, heavy folks, and then yes. you had the in between, yeah. and then as Whitney said, the shows take different paths, whether it's repair side or whether it's a mix of repair and other topics, kind of like we do, yeah. and we mix arcade and pin, yeah, pin only, like Nate. Whitney Whitney and I were able to actually kind of give a little back. We had a little 
gift to give to both Preston and Patrick, kind of like podcast crew to podcast crew. And yeah. I guess next year we're going to have to step up and we're step it up. Uh, Shannon and uh, uh, Dana and Joel mm-hmm. have to have something as well. Yeah, I don't gonna, know. We we're have to bring some Kentucky down to Georgia. Man. I don't, well, they've got KFC there. And they do. I'm just going to, we should just take them bourbon. That's what okay. we do. Yeah. <laughs> that it, that's the gift that keeps on giving, man. So uh, Game Room Junkies, they, I believe they're going to carry... They're going to carry that, that audio. That audio. Yes. Yeah, yes. and it's definitely worth yeah, oh, it's, it's worth, worth it. checking it out. Because at the end, Billy Mitchell pod crashed oh, the podcast. I forgot that. And, and, and so, so Preston brings him in. And Billy Mitchell sits down, starts talking with us. Well, even before that, I'm up at the table and we can't see a thing. No, past that first table. No, we can't. But and one thing, I, one thing we didn't set the stage for, but I do want to make sure that we mention is that this was open to everybody at the yeah. SFG. Oh, yeah. yeah, so we had another packed room sitting in the dark so we had at 10 o'clock at night yeah at at 10 o'clock at night we had people talking to us we had people heckling us we had people joking with us we had people asking us questions uh we were giving less than quality answers i mean it was all (laughs) over the place man there was one question where where, uh it was kind of presented to the panel what was uh, it was well what was the best thing that you'd seen or what was your take on the show and and whitney gives the most Synced possible answer. He was the first one up. He took all the thunder, and the rest of us are just sitting there looking at him like. I, I I think I even went. Well, I don't have anything else to add to that, dude. It's like, dude, you ditto, ditto. <laughs> so well, I, so I'm, we, I'm that way, and I don't even. No, it's okay. It, it's know? okay. Yeah. And that's part of it. It was great. Oh, it was. It was. It's so sweet. We can't see past this first row. No. And at some point during during the, the the podcast session, I keep hearing this. I I even said it is. Does somebody have a ham radio up there? Because yeah. up in the crowd, it sounded like somebody was going through something or playing some kind of. To me, it sounded like they were playing a video on their phone. Yeah, and somebody else was watching it, or a group of people were watching it, and it turned out to be Billy Mitchell <laughs> on his cell phone. on his cell phone. <laughs> yeah. He had, he was going through, and on a prior episode of uh, um, Game Room Junkies, Preston talked about that that lunch meeting where Mm -hmm. Billy had played some some not-so-nice voicemails. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, Billy was up there going back to his voicemails to cue them up. Oh, he was getting them queued up, man. So so he was prepared, and he knew exactly what he wanted to do. From a distance, though, it struck me like... Like the, uh, from, it's like radar from MASH. Oh, man. Yeah, it's like, well, like, what's going on? It had that know? kind of that tinny voice, yeah. kind of like uh, Red Five, right? You know, like when, when they were getting ready to run the Death Star. Well, that was a ham radio, is what that was. <laughs> yeah, that's so like, what is going on? It was Billy Mitchell, <laughs> and you know, for Star Wars being so far, well, no, I guess it was really a long, long time ago. Yeah, it was, but you would think that their radio comms would sound better than they did, yeah, they for, did for everything that they could do, yeah, kind of. Red Fox, Teddy Bond. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it sounded like they were all on, you know, tractor trailer CB radios. But so anyway, get, I digress. We get pod crashed. Yeah, 
by Billy Mitchell. Yeah. So yeah. Jeez, man. So he comes down and sits down. We, you know, we go through the formalities and, you know, we start, we start kind of queuing up the discussion and everything like Hi, that. I'm Billy Mitchell's if you didn't know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's not like he needs introduction. So, you know, everybody gave him, you know, a rousing, uh, a pl- you know, round of applause, you know, when he came down and grabbed his seat because you knew that you, you knew from the time of the night and just the fact that he kind of sauntered down that you were in for something pretty good and he didn't disappoint. So he and Preston proceeded to play through a lot of the voicemails that uh, that Billy gets just apparently on a day-to-day basis. And he was saying that he gets every everything from marriage proposals to death threats and anything in between. Yeah, the marriage proposals was the was the thing yeah well i mean i guess the death threats are pretty yeah you remember those yeah yeah you'd remember those the marriage proposals i was like marriage proposals really and i guess you know anything's possible and so so then he he proceeded to play some uh some voicemails of some guys that just really weren't happy with him based upon the king of kong and they were they were drunk or hammered or this or that and and uh they'd call and leave apologetic voicemails and preston talked about that oh yeah it was great on game room junkies and that was so funny to actually hear it and the the, in the guy's voice and it was pretty much as preston laid it out where he was just so apologetic and so sorry (laughs) yeah i couldn't he he went on the dude went on and on and on and i could have kept a straight face that long (laughs) and then he turned around and then just went off on a tirade just on a tirade yeah i called him a d-bag and everything and he even said i'll say this again because i'm not sure if i used this word before and you call him a name again yeah yeah, called him a d-bag again you know and he was sincere oh yeah yeah he was was serious i mean he buttered it up all way through the conversation and then just drop the whole deal yeah so you have got end. you know everybody go back you and check to, out game room junkies yeah check out game room junkies and you know arcade repair tips oh yeah you know, check out because check out all this other all this additional content yeah. i mean we will content overload you yeah so it, it's it's a it's a lot to listen to but it's well worth the the investment so yeah so that so we kind of wrapped up that saturday night brent and uh you know got to play got to play a few more games before they shut it down and um you know went back to the bar had more beer had more food oh that no that was the that night was uh uh kind of the jam with rock band that yeah. was the rock band jam yeah, that was the rock band night where where some of the guys that i've were, lost were, track of exactly yeah. i'm sure all those places came into play but eventually yeah. we settled by eventually we, to the rock band. we did uh so preston and juan and shannon and a few other you know a lot of the staff that was working the show and this was an open event too. it was it was just an open walk event right in. just walk in and start singing or playing and so they were playing rock band and um, it was I fun have, to watch i have been to some concerts and my day let's just leave it with that yeah and they had a good sound system yeah they had uh, a fair amount of volume Mm -hmm. and they had um they had rock band on a huge screen behind the players so that you could see what they were seeing as they played yeah it was set up well it was Mm -hmm. it was it was thought out yeah it wasn't just like well let's go throw a rock band in a room and a little tv no it was it was serious. Yeah, so they had two projectors, one that projected in front of them to where they could watch and play, and then the video signal was split, and it was also projected behind them as well. So, yeah, it was it was done right. So, yeah, so we stayed up probably too late yes. watching Rock Band. I probably drank a few too many beers, but, you know, that's, you know, when in Rome. So, um, so Sunday morning rolls around, and we get a Billy Mitchell exclusive, I guess, 
where the very first uh, session of the day was called uh, Kill Screen Ahead, and Billy talked about the intricacies of playing Donkey Kong. So you were like geeking out like totally, right? Loved it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. It is my favorite game. So <laughs> I've heard of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So um, that was uh, that was, you know, that reminds me sweet. somewhere in this basement. There is a Billy Mitchell signed Donkey Kong marquee. Yes. Yes. I, I, I got mine signed as well. No, I mean so. mine. Oh, yours? I, I put it somewhere, okay. and I'm not sure where we'll have to go check on this. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, so that was neat because, you know, Billy just talked through, you know, the... I, he just talked through what Donkey Kong is, and everybody knows what it is, but he talked about it at, at a different level, you know, and so I'm I'm sure that that audio, that that audio uh, will make it into one of the podcast feeds as well. I'm not sure who who actually is slated to release that, Brent, but it, it'll show up between one of the three of us. Oh, yeah. So, so, so now, where was I at during this? Um, I was out. Yeah, you were talking to uh, John Trudeau in the, um, well, in, in the restaurant because I came back and talked to John as well, so we spent some time with John. Yeah, John said, I, I'd John, forgotten about that. Yeah, John, we, having having a breakfast, yeah, but yeah, kind of a later breakfast. Later breakfast, and so... Uh, and John had kind of just was wandering, yeah. had wandered through and sat down and just... We just chatted. We just chatted for like what, Brent? A half an hour? Oh, to 45 easily. Minutes. Yeah, easily. And we just talked about anything under the sun with John Trudeau. And we didn't talk about pinball. That was the thing about it. I, I wanted. To I'm talk thinking about that's an awesome segment. Name. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. We, we may have to make some phone calls. And exactly. See if we can have a anything under the sun with John Trudeau oh, conversation. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be great? And I wanted to talk about something other than pinball with John Trudeau. Yeah. yeah. John's a very, very interesting person. Very interesting person. So um, he served uh, in the armed forces. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. And we talked about his time there. We just talked about his, you know, him traveling internationally. We talked about his family, talked about vacations, just talked about games we would play that we'd see on the road. And uh, Brent, you know, we didn't really bring up pinball at all. So Mm -hmm. it was, it was neat from that regard so to, to talk about something other than what john probably gets pinged to talk about all the time exactly yeah so and i had a little respite from that because i actually my duty was t- that morning i had to get billy to that to that, that kill screen that ahead, kill panel. ahead panel. now yeah i was there yeah but man like i said these guys are professionals he yeah. was he was where he needed to be he oh, was he on was, the stick was chop chop it was, was man ready. it was, was it was great go. so shortly thereafter yeah you know my, my next duty was to negotiate a deal on a high speed pinball <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so you were so you were doing that brent so you're out out you know making it making it rain throwing your hundreds around so so I'll, <laughs> if if you're listening mike mike v yeah uh your machine setting here it made it safely oh it's a good looking machine too so uh yeah. um it's setting up here in the game room and uh um uh, it, a great looking machine, a good looking play field, good looking cabinet, and yeah. uh, um, it, it's going to end up. You know, Mike and I talked about it a little bit, and he was like, you know, it's it's going to sit here for a while in the game room, and you know, have a few balls batted around, and eventually, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my thing to it, and we'll take it apart, and I'm sure everybody will hear about it ad nauseum. Oh yeah, on yeah. the show, on the show. That's right, but that's okay. So so after that panel uh, was over with uh, Brent with with Billy Mitchell after you and I got our time uh, to sit with John Trudeau then uh, leading right through lunch um, Microsoft was there and did a MakerBot uh, 3D printer.
dinner session and it was focused on I've heard of them. Yes, yes. And they were actually very they, they were actually actually very well represented at the show. They had um probably the well not probably there's no probably to it. They definitely had the biggest vendor room. They brought all kinds of Xbox Ones, um Forza and and everything like that. And so, you know, they they had an entire room set up for console playing and it was good because it gave the kids something to do. I mean, every time that I would walk by the Microsoft room, it would be stacked with kids playing Xbox Ones and Xbox 360s while you know that the parents were out playing pinball or were out playing Centipede or Donkey Kong or something like that. So so, it, so they were, like I say, they were very well represented there and they hosted this MakerBot session and it was focused on printing pinball parts. And so like printing flippers and things like that. So they did an hour long session on using the MakerBot I'll, and I'll 3D be impressed. printing. I'll be impressed when they can print me a pinball. <laughs> I'm sure. Till then, till then, we're just going to move on. We're, we're just going to move on. So 3D printing is, uh, you know, Brent, it's, it's still in its infancy for as advanced as it is. And so I, I think that, you know, the years are, the years are going to tell a, a whole addition to the story of 3D printing. So who knows where we'll be in five years. But it was neat to see because it had been, as they were showing it, it, it has reached consumer grade. And they were just showing how, you know, the software that you used that you can create the models with and things like that. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty sweet. You know, the funny thing is, is, and I've done this a couple of times during the show, I've confused these names and I apologize. So let's see if I can get it straight this time. If you listen to Retro Game Roundup, uh-huh. not the Game Room Junkies. No, Retro it, Gaming Roundup. I, and, and I apologize. RGR. Uh, yeah. Now I, there, there's the word game is in there, so that's enough for yeah, me yeah. to get me all you know off track. Um, Scott Schreiber talked several episodes ago about 3D printing when he started doing 3D printing. Yeah. And uh, you know, I'm surprised that you talked about consumer level and where we're at with it. He, he broke it down. It makes perfect sense when you they're so easily controlled Mm -hmm. that it's a we could have been doing this with commodore 64s years ago Mm -hmm. because i don't want to i don't want to understate what it is yeah but it's a it's it's a couple stepper motors to move you through a you know uh three dimensions yeah that you could easily control with a commodore 64 level processor an apple level processor a heating element and and, a spool (laughs) and a spool with a stepper motor on and it's just it, it's like why didn't somebody think this twenty we years ago? Do this yeah. twenty yeah. years ago. But anyway, I've digressed again. Yeah, but but no, I mean the points the points well well taken, and I I think Microsoft was there, you know, successfully showing how they how you could use this technology and how you could uh, you know print some of your own parts. I'd so be lying to you. Sweet. I'd be lying to you if I if I said I hadn't thought about one. Yeah, but it's. I don't have enough to do as it is. Well, uh-huh. well, and we're all in that same boat. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to see one sitting on my parts bench, but there's there's other problems that that I've got to solve first. So yeah, so so after Microsoft and the MakerBot session, then Brent, we got into what what was the essentially the last uh, the, the last session. No, I, I apologize. The last it was the the session before the last session, and this was the pimp your ride creating custom pins and vids. And this session almost took on a life of its own. And it was because of the big reveal that was at the end of that session. Okay. 
So I was uh, fortunate enough to be able to moderate that session. Uh, it was with uh, Paul Kiefert and uh, Jimmy Liam on the pinball side and Britt Briscoe and Josh Chudovsky on the vid side. And so, Brent, we, you know, we're going to carry the audio uh, in the video for that session, so it'll be in our podcast feed. So um, if it's not out at this point, it will be out soon. So what was nice about that session is we got to spend equal time with both of these individuals and talk, I'm sorry, with both groups of these individuals and talk about what it takes today to create new compelling arcade and video games and then what is going on in the custom pinball scene as well. And I will say that you know once we once we got the discussion going then it just it just went it just went everywhere from that standpoint. So Britt and Josh on the on the vid side talked about their respective games that they're working on, how they publish the games, how they author the games, building arcade cabinets, distribution, getting them out, you know, for the for the playing public to consume those games. And then on top of that, Jimmy and Paul started talking about their respective projects and everything that they're doing on the pinball side. And I didn't realize, and and Brent, I had done my homework on all four of these guys, had done my research, and I had talked to, to Paul and Josh and Brett and Jimmy for weeks, okay, maybe even a month ahead of going down to SFGE. So I had a lot of background information on on each one of these guys, you know, coming into this podcast into this panel so to speak but when you see what they're working on and when you see you know especially like what what Jimmy and Paul had brought you know from a physical standpoint you know some board examples and and uh, some equipment examples you, you just don't really get it until you see the until you see the the actual finished product and this was another one of those scenarios where a picture is really worth a thousand words you know i can i can sit here and describe it all day long but, but, but once see, it's tactile once, once it's tactile it's then it physical then, then then it clicks you know and, and and then you understand exactly what these guys are are working on and what these guys are going for and i will say this you could tell by just talking to each one of these individuals highly intelligent highly educated but high passion at the same time. And I think it comes through in that whole discussion. And, you know, we had a lot of questions from the audience, okay? Because I kind of walked everybody through talking about their projects and what they're working on and everything like that. And then the questions just just picked up from there and just went on and on and on. And what was interesting is when that, um, I'm going to jump ahead before I jump back. When that session was over with, Brent, I had people coming up to me saying, are you guys going to offer this session again? You know, in, in much the same way that they were asking about, you know, our, our kind of repair tips session as well. And, uh, it, so it was obviously received very well in in the public that was there everybody that was there you know really really enjoyed it but what i think made that panel session so special was that uh, Paul Kiefer, uh sitting on that panel, he's one of the individuals uh, in the Circus Maximus group or company slash LLC, however you want to however you want to look at that, Brent. And Paul um, is part of a uh, part of a group of individuals who have been who have taken it upon themselves, Brent, to produce what would what will now be Python Angelo's. La- the late Python Angelo's last game, pinball Python's Pinball Circus. And they're doing this in the way 
that Python wanted it done from day one. So, so these guys are, <laughs> these guys are working essentially in a no holds barred scenario and they're going back and doing, um, pulling a lot of research from the first time that Pinball Circus was released. They're getting some of the Playfield toys. Um, they're, they've, they hit, they worked with Python in his last weeks of, uh, of, 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 Python being alive, and um, from what I understand, they've been able to secure, like uh, for example, some tapes of the original audio. Yes. Now, um, you know, I'm ass- I'm assuming that they'll attempt to use that. Mm-hmm. They, as you mentioned, Whitney, they have they've pulled uh, blueprints and drawings, and they have worked back with you know I- I'm assuming with Python's help before he passed away, and then after they know where the last one. That last bits and pieces were signed off by python yes and uh, i i believe i even heard um paul mention at one point that you know some of the toys and some of the things that will occur on the play field they they're they're quickly getting to the point where they they realize they can find out now if they were removed because of cost or something be after python was out off the project yeah or if it was because the shop was blocked or i mean they are they are at that point they are physically prototyping pieces and parts and and what's i think what's going to make this probably one of the more special pinball machines or pinball titles ever released is that you know this this is all you know posthumous so to speak from what python wanted this game to be so um i I know paul spending time with python the rest of the guys at at, uh, circus maximus spending time with python before he passed away and Paul even mentioned this in the uh, you know in the panel discussion is that Python was productive. Python was working right up until the time that he passed away. He was drawing, he was creating art, he was designing, he was uh, he was working on Pinball Circus up until the end. And I think, and I you know I, Brent, I'm saying this with absolutely no authority whatsoever. I'm just kind of piecing together what I hear and what I what I understand. But from what I can take from everything we've heard and everything we've seen, Circus Maximus has enough enough input from Python, enough direction from Python, enough drawings, enough plans, enough intention, and enough detail and explanation that they're going to be able to finish this game, and it's going to be done the way that Python wanted it done. I, so, would, I so, would believe so. Yes. yes. So what we're going to see is Circus Maximus executing on Python's full vision from start to finish. So I know that Paul had mentioned they have to do some um, some more engineering on the Playfield toys to get them to get them designed in the way that they were drawn, I guess you could say, and with the intent that Python had for them on the Playfield with this game. So I know that they have some R&D and they have some engineering uh, work still ahead of them, but they are prototyping some parts as well because Paul brought some of the Whitewoods with him and and was showing them for the first time in you know in public. And Brent, you know, I'm proud that we were able to you know have the privilege of taking part in that and it was amazing to see how quickly the news spread because uh, it was funny because after the this session was over with I was talking with Paul and he was saying he, he was just kind of joking and saying saying such that let's see how long it takes for like credit dot to pick up on this and for this to be I think know, it was blown. measured I think it was measured in minutes <laughs> it was likely measured in minutes and so so this this session at the Southern Fried Gamer Expo has worldwide his 
uh, has worldwide historical you know um implications yes yeah. yeah it really does it, you know i would encourage everyone it, we'll, we'll put a link up in the show notes but there is a uh, a and let me make i want to make sure i get this correct a the circus maximus group yes the the is in the front does in the front uh facebook group and uh you know there's not a lot of likes right now you know right you need to hop it up we need to hop it up and it, it's still i'm saying still a little under the radar it's probably the best way i i would uh, i would describe it and just d- just looking at it right now as of this recording there's a picture of the mini play field um prototype that that whitney mentioned and some some information about that there is uh, some racks of some vacuum form ramps you know where you know things are progressing along kind of showing what you know some of the ramps and how things are coming along um uh, and it looks like something was updated a few days ago and it just it's titled a tale of snakes and flippers okay. and that links to a page over at circusmaximusgames.com that I'm not exactly sure what this is. You know, I can see a, I can see an assembly, a, a flipper coil, or a coil with a plunger and a snake head on the top, a very nicely painted uh, snake on it. Well, that was one of the Playfield toys yeah. that Paul had with it, him. I think the one he had was like just basic blue, just like a casting. And it was this a is, casting of a snake head. Yeah, this has got, this is, you know, he's got a nice red body with the scales highlighted in black and, and, and yellow eyes. And so I guess where I'm going with all this is, you know, we would encourage everybody to, you know, like their page, follow what they're doing. They don't have a lot of followers, but they are updating as they go along. And, and I have a feeling that you're you're going to watch, you know, if you're a pinball person, if you're an arcade person, even a video person, you're going to watch some history unfold here because, you know, you see manufacturers that the, the next game is going to be X. And then there's all this mystery surrounding it. And then by the time they announce it, it's a couple days or a week or whatever before they've got it in play testing. It's out there. You don't get to see all that backstory if if they follow through with what it looks like they're going to do you're going to see this game well and it's not like this isn't a known title i mean yeah. obviously this is yeah. not, that's not an apples to apples comparison but you are going to see i guess where i'm going with this is, is you're going to see this game where where the announcement started at southern fried game room expo you can see this game online come together bit by bit yeah yeah so there you know it'll be very transparent and everyone will get to see exactly what goes into making it one thing that i would add though is that they're also going to be likely working against a bill of materials that's not that that knows no bounds because from what i understand they're charged to make this game a certain way uh, within realistic expectations of course and so they're going to execute on python's vision and so i'm sure that that uh, will mean probably much like what Jersey Jack did with Wizard of Oz, is that the game comes first, and the financials are something that that are that are leveled out, you know, a little bit later on down the line. So it'll be interesting to see how um, Python's Pinball Circus comes to life. Oh yeah, I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on it. Oh yeah, for sure. So so that was that panel discussion, Brent. And then the very last one of the day, um, we did not get to sit this one because, uh, truthfully, we had a lot to load up and we had to hit the road. You know, Brent. You know, in a nutshell. I mean, we've we've talked the whole SFG thing, you know, from one side to the other, but 
you know, I'll just say in closing, we got a couple shout outs that oh, we, we need do. to hit. We do. We oh, okay. Well, I apologize then. First of all, Steve, yeah. Marco Specialties. Yeah. I need to post a picture in our show notes. You know, great guy, works at, works with Marco. Oh, I talked to him on Friday night. No, Thursday night during setup. Yes, I remember he had now. He had the Slimer shirt on, like Slimer yes, from, yes, from yes. Uh, Ghostbusters. Yeah. But it was like the lettering was done like Slayer, like the old rock band. It was Slimer playing a, a guitar. Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. I talked to Steve for uh for a little bit that night his staff as i understand are the are, well his i got his card right here customer service manager and i had just offhanded mentioned to steve that you know i've called marco and you know they've always been great i don't want to favor one versus the other i mean i will we'll give credit where credit is due and if when somebody does a good job they do a good job yeah and if there's some something that kind of gets off the hook you know we'll talk about that too but Marco is, is a good example of one of the companies in the hobby that really takes care of customers. And yeah. I mentioned that to Steve. I mean, I've called up there and I've like, I know what this is. It goes here. You know, yeah. A goes to B. And they're, oh, yeah, that's a ABC123. It's on. Yeah. yeah, we'll hook you up. Yeah. You know, and he was he was happy to hear that. And I guess what my takeaway with that was like with a lot of the vendors or actually pretty much all the vendors that we talked to, you know, they enjoy the feedback. They're really trying to do a good job, you know. Steve and his crew really turned out for Preston Patrick, they Southern Fried Game Room Expo, nice everybody. Booth. And all those new Sterns, man, they were beautiful. They were beautiful. And they sounded so good. What did, what did I tell you about Star Trek, man? It has to be one of the best oh sounding my gosh, machines yes. ever. Yeah, it does. The call outs and I just... Now, uh, I'm a big Trek great. fan and when Me I hear too. when Me I hear, when I hear those sounds, it's just, yeah. man, that gets and my When attention. I hear the communicators sound and everything, yeah, just it, my ears just perk up. So, yeah. So, next... I wanted to give a shout, and, and we met a lot of people, yeah. and we apologize. You know, we'll probably get continue to give shout outs on following shows. As mm-hmm. we're like, oh, we did, yeah. we talked to such and such. James Hale, <laughs> James Hale, James was there yes. for uh, a lot of uh, uh, a lot of the the events that we were at. You know, I've talked to James several times oh, on Facebook you? since since the show. Even yeah. on the way out the door, yeah, I was waiting great, for you. Great, great guy. I was waiting for you to finish some stuff up. I have one shout out before we lo- before we roll out. So go ahead and finish okay. yours and I got one you more. You know, we got to play a, it was kind of a hurried game because a couple things were going on, but we got to play a hurried game of uh, uh, Star Wars Episode One. Mm-hmm. We had a picture to sign and, yeah. and man, he, James takes the hobby to heart and uh, it Boy, sounds he, like he's got, I wish I had space. Sounds like James has got some wall space and when he goes to events, you know, this is something I thought about doing. He gets some very personal memorabilia. Yes, he does. That he takes back and puts in his game room. Yeah. And his passion was so evident in talking with him. And uh, he was he was a breath of fresh air is what he was because he was fun to talk to. And he you could tell that he takes all of this to heart and he executes on it. And he, I mean, the, the idea was awesome. Like I said, he had a picture that he had taken at that weekend that he had run somewhere and had made into like a, an eight by 10 yeah. and was getting signatures and the like on it. And I thought, man, unfortunately I don't have a high ceiling. I, it's easy for pins and videos in here, but I don't have any additional real estate above. Just yeah. look at the pictures of my game room on our, on Facebook. And I thought, man, I've got to start finding ways to squeeze stuff like that in here. Yeah. Cause that's a, that when he, that was an awesome idea and that's, and the re, shout out to James. And I bring that up is hopefully maybe somebody else could take that and run with it. Yeah. Yeah. Because he had a fantastic idea and, uh, he was just, he was just a, such a nice guy and he owes me $20. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that's another story, I guess. But uh, my shout out, though, is to a gentleman by the name of David Paul. That was my that was my guy. Yeah. That's the next one. Yeah. yeah. And so David uh, surprised us, Brent. And it he, was a surprise. It was a total surprise. And so I owe him $20. <laughs> exactly. James, give David $20. There you go. And then, then everybody's even. So what David did for us was something that... Um, just like I say, took it took me completely off guard. I was not expecting it in any way, shape, or form. And um, David presented uh, you and I, Brent, with with what is fan art, our first piece of fan art. And David took the time to draw on foam board with markers this very elaborate broken token uh, action shot essentially with uh, some of the Galaga ships and uh, the little warrior guy from Wizard of War and he's busting he's shooting through a token it's really and it cool. is really I just, cool I just stared at it oh yeah it it, it, it was it's so nice that it it took it took me it, it just kind of made me had to take a step back and look at it so what we're gonna do, and again, this is uh, this as sincerest of a thanks as I think Brent and I know how to give is uh, number one, you know, David, we we so appreciate you taking the time to do it and thinking enough of us to, to take the time to make that happen. And we're going I'm uh, working on getting that scanned on my flatbed scanner, Brent, and we're going to incorporate his art into uh, all of our social media for what we're doing. So we're going to backdrop it on the Facebook page. Backdrop it on Twitter and backdrop it on uh, our YouTube channel as well. So all of our social media could probably you know use a little love when it comes to the art standpoint. And what better way to kind of spruce up the house a little bit than to use some of the fan art? And so, David, thank you. You know what we may have to do. You know, one of the things that Walt Disney did was he would speak things into existence. Mm-hmm. You know, he he wasn't afraid. He'd say, "No, we are going to do this." So yeah, in my little corner of the world, my speak it into existence is taking that and using it for shirts oh yeah it would be it it would just be fan it would look so good plastered across the back of a shirt you know Mm -hmm. i mean just just fantastic yeah absolutely we're going to see what we can do and uh you know david like i say again thank you for taking the time thank you for thinking enough of us to do what you did because it was evident that he sat down and he cared about what he did and uh it shows and that was probably one of the highest compliments that we could have gotten all weekend long it was just that that right there made the whole trip worthwhile it really did david um from the you're the bomb you're the bomb man you're the boss yeah we greatly appreciate it so brent that was the southern fried game room expo all of it so (laughs) all of it all of all of our little pieces yeah and uh like i say check out uh, the arcade repair tips podcast uh check out the game room junkies podcast and also check out our uh podcast feed as well we will have uh both audio and video coverage of all the uh, panel discussions i think Brent, if I'm not mistaken, we got all of them but one, uh, from what I understand. So we should pretty much have the entire weekend covered. Again, I can't stress enough. Go to shows. Go to expos. Pay attention to the agenda. See what else is going on. See who's there. Get to know people. Well, and you know, Brent, we need, like we were saying earlier, we need to, you know, step out and hit a, another couple of shows. And in fact, I was co- I was contacted on Facebook by uh, a fellow Clove member, uh, Joel uh, Griffin, who goes by Griffin on Clove. He asked me, he said, "Man, are you guys going to make it out to Cax this year?" And it's like, no, Joel, I'm, dude, I'm sorry, we won't because you know at this time of, rec- I mean, Brent, that's a, 
That's, that's next weekend. Yeah, from yeah. the time of this recording, I believe it's next weekend. Yeah, it's next weekend. So we're recording this essentially at the first, you know, the first week of July. And from from a time and a money perspective and everything, it, it, CAX is just a bridge too far this year. But next year, I'd like to see us go to CAX. It'd be fun. You know, it, it would be, uh, it'd be a trip. It'd be I mean, a trip to remember. I don't know that we could go to CAX every year, but Brent, I think we ought to go one year. I would agree with you. And that, and that's not to say that there isn't some other goings on on the East Coast oh, yeah. this year. Yeah, and next year, too. Where you may see our smiling faces. Yes, yes, definitely. So, and, and, you know, looking at the countdown, by the time this airs, we'll be 320-ish <laughs> days away from Southern Fried Game Room yeah. Expo 2015. Yeah, and we're looking forward to coming back. So. Little Arcade Expo will be here before we know it. Yeah, yeah so. sure enough, sure enough. And so, uh, you know, it's 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 all going to be rolling. Yeah, in the, uh, the arcade tournament at Jim's Espy as well from uh you know the cag dc tournament too so yep so brent like i say that's that's uh the southern fried game room expo dude we it was it was real it was fun and it was uh it was all that in between so, <laughs> with, so with there was in very little bloodshed and a lot of, a lot of good times yeah the, with that so brent why don't we go ahead and uh let's let's go ahead and start wrapping this episode up but we do have our very first contest this month and so we have a giveaway and uh very proud of of this giveaway and uh we're, we'll talk about that here in the next segment and we've got uh, a little bit of news and uh got quite a good bit of feedback and um so brent why don't we go ahead and roll into that whitney we are fortunate enough to have our first giveaway paul kiefert of Circus Maximus was uh, kind enough to donate something to the show, and actually he's holding it up right now. Yeah, it's a pin, it's a metal pinball zone sign of I guess it's, that's Python Angelo's it is design. His, it is his design, Brent. Yeah, I was gonna say we're we're big time in it now, boss. We we actually have a contest and a giveaway. So, and we'd like to thank uh, we'd like to thank Paul and Circus Maximus Pinball for making this possible. For making this possible, that's absolutely. A, that's so exactly right. How Whitney? Okay. How are we going to give <laughs> this this wonderful sign yeah, away? That's the riveting part of this. So, okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to run this contest uh, for three weeks. Okay, and uh, Brent, uh, twenty-one days. Yeah, 20, just just like the just like the put Brent to work poll. So we're looking at uh, it closing this off, and we're, we're going to do this based upon the time that the podcast is released from an approximate standpoint. And we usually release the show, you know, like in the uh, in the let's say the week before the end of the month. So we're targeting somewhere, you know, the week of the twenty-first or something like that. So if we, if we if we hit that timeline, Brent, then we're, we'll say uh, the first full week would be August the 2nd, close on August the 2nd, August the 9th. So that goes into August the 16th. So we'll close the contest down at midnight on Saturday, August the 16th. And if there's any question, we'll actually have the date. We're going to post all this on the Facebook page and on Twitter once the show goes live. Okay. So, so roughly three, three weeks from show, show date. Yeah contest yeah. runs. And if, if anything changes, check our Facebook page and check Twitter. Those will actually be authoritative. Okay? So, for, for when the contest ends. But we're going to say we're going to run the contest for three weeks. And what, we, what we're going to ask everybody to do uh, to enter the contest, we want you to call our voicemail line, and that's 470 
to call BT or 470-222-5528 and leave us a voicemail and tell us your most endearing or memorable or enjoyable Python Angelo story if you happen to know Python or had met him at any point you know over the years or if you don't know Python or didn't get a chance to meet Python that's okay then tell us what your most memorable Python designed or Python let's say involved game would be and on the arcade side that may be joust on the pinball side that that may be taxi or that that may be bad cats or whatever it may be uh, just pick a game with Python in it and and tell us a memory or why it's your favorite game. You know, and if you've got a if you've been to a show and Python's been there speaking, and if, even if you didn't get an opportunity to meet him, if he had if he had a story that you haven't heard somewhere else, uh, we want to hear. And it. you thought that was an awesome story and it really stuck with you. It, that hey that counts that, that counts yeah so so here's the thing call leave us a voicemail what we're going to do we're going to take every entrant and we're going to put it in a hat and then we're going to draw a, a winner at random and we'll do it live on uh, we'll do it live on the next show so once okay? again that the number is 470 to call bt yeah 470 Five five two eight. That's right, and that's our that's our first con our first uh, show contest, and they will win this uh, awesome yellow. Uh, pinball zone uh, tra- it's essentially a traffic sign Brent you know like a caution sign like I say designed by Python Angelo and we would like to thank uh, Paul Kiefert and Circus Maximus for making that possible now Whitney and I would like to also play some of these on the air so make sure that you keep that in mind when you call that you may end up on the show oh we're gonna play every single one of them no. on the show <laughs> <laughs> well you know we may have a segment who called the hotline <laughs> who called the hotline that's you know, right our only, re- our only request is you keep it clean. Just, just keep it family friendly. Yeah, keep it yeah. family friendly. Yeah, that's all. So, because uh, we have kids listening and everything like that. So, we just want to make sure that uh, everybody enjoys. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Circus Maximus that's Group. That's exactly right. We appreciate it. So, Brent, let's get back. Uh, or let's not get, get back. Let's get into some feedback because we had quite a good bit of feedback uh, this month. And Get back to the feedback. Get back to the feedback. And so, we've got some Twitter feedback. We've got some email feedback. Uh, we've got some iTunes feedback as well. We'll probably save that for the next show because... Uh, it, it actually mounds, it actually turns into or mounts up to be quite a bit, which is a good problem to have. So we thank everybody for uh, you know for mentioning us on Twitter, uh, you know interacting with us there on our Facebook page, on email, and so on down the line. So um, you want to do the first one, Brent, or you want me to do? It? Go ahead, you, you're okay. rolling. Do it. Okay, no problem. So our first feedback is uh, is from Twitter. Uh, it's from uh, user Supersonic Brewing, and he says, "Hey guys, listening to uh, Broken Token podcast episode ten while working on my sixty and one, and he posts a picture of his sixty one cabinet. It looks it looks really sweet, and he says uh, I like working on it with friends. And so no, not like not I like." Like working like on it with on, friends. Like working on it with friends. That's exactly right. Awesome. So, awesome. so yes, yeah, so the Supersonic Brewing. We appreciate it, uh, man. We we it's it's an honor to be uh, to be called such. So we appreciate it, man. And uh, just uh, just keep on keeping on, dude. Uh, work on the game. We want to see some pictures of it. So the next one is from Jim Pinball. Oh, oh no, Brent, I got the notes wrong. I apologize. Oh, okay. Yeah, look one line under that. Uh, uh, Victor Marlin. Well, where my I bad. was I was going to Jim go Pinball with, was last episode, oh. so I didn't clean up my notes. Well, Sorry. Where I was going to go with that was uh, Victor. Yes. You know, and I, I was thinking maybe that was a screen name on wherever we pulled this from. Okay, I've got I've got that corrected. Not bad. We're going to have to get we're going to have to get a better secretary. <laughs> yes. Meaning a secretary. Yeah, yeah we're going to have to pay somebody. Victor. Yeah. There we Vic- go. Victor, Victor Marlin. Marlin. Hey, guys. 
been put onto your podcast from our friends on No Quarter. No Quarter. Yes. Uh, uh, on show. No Quarter Podcast. Really like it so far. Is that us or No Quarter? <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> We're right. hope it's Let's us. Go, we'll go with us. Okay. Yeah. All right. Really like it so far, especially your accents. <laughs> you get that <laughs> for free. You get again. that for free, Victor. Sorry. I give you a. <laughs> I give you a plug on our podcast next show. Uh, we'll link to you on our approved podcast list too. Cheers and keep up the good work, Victor. Yeah. And uh, the podcast is, and actually, I have this, this this is kind of timely because yeah. I have been listening to this podcast. Cool. It's the Ten Pence Arcade, and they can be found at www.tenpencearcade.co.uk. Yeah. And and actually, I'd heard about them on No Quarter. I've got a couple podcast clients on my phone. I've got an Android phone, so I'm sure that this this is the same on Windows phones or or, or iPhones. Or, iPhones. Yeah. And I just put in ten pence. T ten the word T E N pence P E N C E ten pence. Yeah, uh, you'll figure out pretty pretty quick, especially after the .dot UK that they're, they're British. They yeah. they have accents as well. But it's cool that we're getting listenership across the world, and so uh, to be contacted from you know kind of quote unquote I guess across the pond, we appreciate that. And, and Victor, that's sweet. And we will put a link on our website to your podcast as well. Shout, share the love. Shout out to No Quarter, that's Mike and exactly. Carrington. That's right. We check will, out check out No show, Quarter man. as well. Yeah. So our next one comes from listener Chris Payne, and Chris contacted us on the website, and he says, "Hey guys." Been listening to the podcast since it began and have enjoyed it thoroughly. I play your podcast while I'm working on uh, my remodeling projects around the house. Brent, we we have multi-purpose, dude. It's kind of like we're the Bob Vila of arcade podcasts, I guess. So, <laughs> well, you know, that's you know, okay. They talked about doing this woodwork on this cabinet. I'm sure I can carry that over to it, my stairwell it, it, repair. You know, it, it all it, uh, arcade skills are are good skills. Universal, buddy. Yeah, they're exactly universal. Right. So he has a question. We can address this real quick. He said, "Here's my question: Do you think it will ever happen that a company would buy the rights or?" licenses, whatever's needed from the arcade machine vendors of the past, like Atari, Stern, Bally, Namco, etc., and begin to mass produce or even limited uh, or even limited production of some of the best-selling games like Pac-Man, Tron, etc. Well, um, on the pinball side, it's already happening. On the pinball side, it is happening. And, uh, um, you know, I, this has crossed my mind, and I, I don't think that that is too far out of the realm of possibility. I mean... Yeah. Um, if you can go back and reproduce a pinball machine, which is infinitely more complex compared to a video game, y- you can do a video game. You can do a Pac-Man. Yeah. I, I mean, you could you could do a Pac-Man on a board that's so small that you could put it under the control panel. That is true. That is true. And you know what the pinball guys are doing? They they are designing with the play field, though the primary mm-hmm. interaction point of the pinball machine they still have access to the play field or can remake the play field Mm -hmm. the big thing that we did the big hurdle that we have for us on the arcade side is the crts and inaccessibility and there's kind of ways around that with there are some some scanline generators like crafty mech makes and the like i really think that what's going to get you just like looking back at your list atari stern um bally slash midway name all of those companies are are really kind of in existence to a certain degree if nothing else you know, illegal existence yeah yeah well yeah and that's yeah. where i'm going you know the, the the rights are out there by they are a marketable commodity mm-hmm. not that you know like medieval madness and williams isn't but we you know if you follow the history back the pinball rights have traded hands a few times and 
let's just let's just say it is what it is. You know, if if you have anything that trades hands a few times, there's a reason for that, and then there's generally kind of a, a drop in dollar value unless you do something with it. Yeah. And Williams, like with Medieval Madness, and I guess ended up with Planetary, they've got it. They saw the value in it, and they're going to breathe some life back into it. In the case of like Atari, I'm not sure who owns that now, who's got it. But, you know, it wasn't too long ago that you're still well, seeing Atari-type drivers out there, yeah, Atari-branded. So mean, Atari had it until they filed bankruptcy, I yeah, guess. So yeah. I'm not sure who has it now. So, I mean, anything is possible. I mean, and especially in this world of being able to license anything to the to the nth degree. Mm-hmm. Um, I I would not be surprised if that if that were to happen. And actually, you know, there's there's something I need to kind of follow up on um, right in this vein. Something I picked up in Atlanta at the Southern Fried Game Room Expo about this very thing and the re the wholesale reproduction of a classic arcade game. So let me do a little bit more homework on that, and hopefully we'll have more to come in a following episode. Well, the, the one thing before we move on to the rest of Chris's email, the one thing that I that I do want to toss out there, though, is licensing it and producing it are going to be two completely different scenarios and situations because they can license they could license the titles like like Asteroids from Atari or Tempest from Atari or Major Havoc or something like that. But then actually producing the game to the point to where it's a faithful reproduction of the original game like quantum or major havoc or tempest like let's, let's take the well, you jumped right into vectors yeah. i did i did but they, but they qualify in this discussion okay it would it would have to it would have to come down to doing the the r&d to reproduce Atari's engineering today. Now, on the on the raster side, you know, a lot of that's being done with like the pole position multi board and, and things like that. You know, arcade SD, so on down the line. But there's there is a certain element of this hobby that would be very hard to reproduce, and, and or I, if not hard, very expensive. Well, even on the pack side, I'm you know, let me hedge that with my assumption would be, unfortunately that it would not necessarily be 100% faithful, at least like from a playing I don't, I don't know that you can go back like yeah. that. I can see where we could do the cabinet could be reproduced. Sure. Oh, that's yeah. not a problem. Yeah. I mean, that's being done. That That's being done. It's easily done. Yeah. The, uh, the CRT issue, you can kind of work with that. What's left is plastic. You can still get the buttons per se. And if you were doing a big run of them and you decided you wanted them hundred percent faithful, someone will, someone will produce them. You can yeah. have them made yeah. the joysticks. I don't think that would be difficult when it comes down to it. I th- like you said, Whitney, I don't think you could go back and where you would probably land is, uh, um, either, some some advanced emulation or something some advanced emulation you know like pack is an example the first thing that comes to mind uh on on the on the anniversary games the pack galaga or the miss pack you know there's there's been several of them like 2020s and 25ths and all that some of those games if you know what it is you can walk up to it you do a joystick combo up down left left whatever button button this Mm -hmm. that and it will you know if it's a like a miss pack galaga it'll play pack Mm mm-hmm you know, and I don't know enough about them to know how well they they're faithful to the original and the original hardware. Because they're not that one is not running the original. No, hardware. No, 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 not by a long shot. Long it's running shot. a teeny tiny little board in the bottom of it. That's so, right. Yes, I think it's possible. 
but I will hedge that with I don't think you will get it to the level like like some like the quantum reproduction board or yeah. some of these reproduction boards that we're seeing come out the bare PCBs where you can go back and literally make an make something that's like the original. It would have to be that on a grander scale. So yeah. there would have to be there would have to be venture capitalists. There would have to be some type of angel investor seed funding something to make like the quantum reproduction PCB project happen on a manufactured scale rather than a hobbyist scale. I think the closest you could get would be something like the the J Rock Multi Williams board a few years mm-hmm. ago, yeah. where he implemented. All of the surrounding bits and pieces in in, mo- in, a, in a modern chip, but he still has an original. I think it was a sixty five hundred nine processor. Yeah. So you're still running on the original processor, executing original code. Right. Yeah. Correct. And, and you can't do that today because you would have to have everything you mentioned, Whitney, and enough. Uh, uh, push behind it to most likely have Motorola or whoever reproduce those chips. Reproduce those chips. Why? I so. mean, you've got to make it viable for them to go back to the closet. Right. And they may not even have plans for that. You know, it's hard to say. I, I, I don't know. I think in the video side, it, you it would be more. It would be it'd be more noticeable. Yeah. Because you're so much more hands on with the hardware timing, and the good players would know that. Yeah. Versus pinball and i'm not downgrading pinball no but you can take there's just so much more randomness there's so much more randomness and really let's just boil it down to its very 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 basics it's watching switches yeah and setting states based on the ball the ball if (laughs) a was done then do this if a b was done do that yeah and you're not going to notice if it's on a modern processor or a 30 year old as long as it acts the same exactly and and has the same results for the same input then by all measures it is the same pinball. i mean if you're running the medieval madness code on a modern uh, board and that board is emulating the original processor you're not going to notice it no, like you, you would notice an emulation, a good player on a video. That's, so, a, that's yeah, exactly right. I, I think it's possible, but I don't think you're going to see those 100%. I would love to, to see it happen in our lifetime, but I don't know if it will or not. It may take the demise. I mean, it may take the demise of a lot more games before somebody cares enough to swing enough money and say, hey, there's only 100 known Donkey Kongs left in the world. We've got to, we've got to do something. Had, Richie Knuckles has 85 uh, Yeah, exactly. And we, we've got to preserve these. I don't think that, yeah, we're 30, 35 years out from the golden age uh, of, of arcade games. I don't think we're far enough out yet for it to become critical mass. But could it happen over the next 35? I, I think somebody will likely at some point care enough to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Chris goes on to say, as a result of listening to both your podcast and pinball podcasts, sweet, I've been tracking both pinball and arcade game prices. And when I can find what I want, it usually is what I would call crazy money. For instance, I've seen an Atari 720 on eBay for nearly $5,000. And, you know, Chris, I will say, I mean, I understand. Uh, It's something that we all lament. Uh, but you know the eBay money is definitely crazy money. But these titles like 720, um, you know, I, I'll go ahead and lump some others in there: um, Star Wars, Zookeeper, 
Quantum, Major Havoc, uh, Gravitar. Well, even it, even it, you know a Cubert or a, a, a Pac Man again. Cubert's a, Cubert's a good one. Um, you know, there's there are certain titles, Food Fight. You know, there are certain titles that that just command a premium, and they will likely always command something of a premium. And you know, eBay just eBay just does that, Chris. So, so the, the best thing you can do is just keep watching Craig Craigslist, keep watching the forums, and a deal can be had on eBay, but don't use it as the only yeah, way to acquire Yeah, don't use that games. as a guide. You know, what no. you're, you're going to get on eBay is, you know, a price like that, you're going to get um, someone trying to get some attention yeah. for for a for their store or something like that, or maybe a little media, a little press somewhere in the community, or you're going to get somebody that's just, hey, fishing. Yeah. And maybe, let's, let's see if this will bring it. I'm kind of curious, though. I'd have to go back and look and see if uh, any 720s that have sold on eBay uh, brought that much money. Because what they list for, what they ask for, and what they sell for are three completely different yeah. numbers. So you have to keep that in I mind. I mean, our, our best advice is stay plugged in with the community. Yep. At the end of the day, the the more everyone make, will make tell friends, you. Make friends, Chris. Make yeah. friends. At the end of the day, everyone will tell you it's worth what, what someone will pay for yeah. it. Would will someone pay that maybe yeah so you know but just look don't my kind of my mantra is is there's nothing that i have to have and i don't fall in love with it and uh um i have you know don't throw don't throw out good money on something bad and then end up in a worse position. I don't yeah. know if that makes any sense. I mean, yeah. I, I have made three-hour trips and then just scrapped the thought of buying what I was going to buy because, well, I'm already here. I've wasted the fuel. I've wasted the time. I, I, okay, I'll just take it, whatever. Yeah. Well, then I'm just going to I'm gonna end up throwing more money after that good money. Yeah. It, like I said, don't fall in love with something. <laughs> you know, it, there's, there's just more, wait. There's more yeah. than one copy of everything out there. So Chris says, uh, I've actually been thinking of trying to dig up plans for the individual game cabinets that I want, then making them, buying what reproduction parts I can, such as marquees, control panel overlays, and such, and creating the game myself using MAME and an old Macintosh computer, but don't know the feasibility of this idea either. I would love to hear your thoughts next podcast. Uh, And he just goes on to say... Uh, thanks for your show and all that you do for both arcade and pinball hobbies. And, and Chris, we appreciate you saying oh, that. Oh, Chris it's here very, just for, for very humbling. Uh, fire power. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the info you freely give us with each podcast. P.S. Love your pronunciation of fire power. <laughs> fire power. Exactly. So real quick, just to address this, Brent, before we, uh, before we go ahead and, you know, kind of close out the show and talk about some events, you know, I think that all of us, when we start in the hobby, you you say, "Man, I'm going to make some machines. I'm going to. I've got all this time. I got all this energy. I got all this effort. Uh, I, I can do this. I can do this." But the one thing that I will say is that you know, designing, you know, digging up the plans, and I don't want to discourage you, Chris, because if you can do it, more power to you. But I think what you're going to find is after you get through the first or second machine that you spend all this time and all this effort on, you're going to you're going to come to the realization that it's just easier to go out and get the machine. And so, I mean, even if even if it's a machine that's been converted, uh, and you didn't really kind of mention what titles you were after, but 
it's not uncommon that you can find that machine that's been converted to something else then deconvert it yeah and go ahead Whitney and then there, there, I got an even follow up point to that yeah well it, I was just going to say that you can go down the route of MAME and MAME it definitely has its place it's definitely good for emulating certain games but depending upon your choice you're going to I feel Chris that you're going to find that MAME leaves a lot to be desired because when it comes down to actual gameplay um, you're going to find that the sum of your parts are less that produce less than just having the original machine. Now, as far as like doing the dig up on the plans and everything, you know, Chris, I don't know how good you are with, uh, you know, with with woodworking and things like that. But a lot of these cabinets have already been reproduced by by other people that do CNC work. Uh, look up uh, DP Twiz on the Claw Forums. Brett does a fantastic job with that. There's also other people uh, scattered across the United States that CNC cut just about any cabinet you want. Yeah, and. and- Again, not to discourage you at all, look inside a cabinet and you'll realize there's more to it than just the, the four sides and the, and the roof. There's a lot of blocking, as I call it, internal that's used to supplement the structure, that's used to support the monitor. And it's, you know, it, some of it's just a straight cut on a, a common size piece of wood. And some yeah. of it's a little bit more intricate, especially if you're getting into cabinets with like a shelf for the monitor. And it, it's just it's just kind of something to be aware of and the metal work yeah you know that's true track down the marquees the plastic work and yeah, everything try, try to track down you know you've got to track down coin doors now i tell you what i've seen uh folks have great success at is they've got a wrecked cabinet and they will ha- they will recut the sides or the front or, or all all the exterior pieces uh using the wrecked cabinet as a model and then all of that interior, those interior pieces, they'll pour it over, they'll pour it over where yeah. they can. They've already got all the metal work. So you're kind of almost doing like a hybrid there. So, yeah. you know, there's a, it, that's the, feasible. There's a lot of options short of producing from nothing. Well, so. in, in reinventing the wheel, Chris may be fun the first time. It will be completely untenable the 10th or the 11th time. Now, Chris, you didn't mention where you're, where you're from. Yeah. You know, if you're stateside, even if you're in a smaller community with the wonderful internet, you know, and, and making some friends and other forums and the like, and you can locate things, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, you can, even if it's converted and then once you get the, the, the shell, you can kind of work your way back. Now, if you're in England, it may be a different scenario. It may be a completely different story yeah. and everything we said is just still out the door anyway. It's out the door, the yeah. Availability isn't isn't like it is stateside. And, 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 that, so. and that'll drive a lot of what you yeah, do. But absolutely. Just, just use our just just use our, our input here, Chris, and our answer to your question as, you know, just kind of, you know, uh seasoning seasoning for, you know, what you're thinking about. Uh we're just we're just trying to answer it with us having several years of being in the hobby and our reflections on what we've done right, what we've done wrong. So we just, do a lot of wrong. And we do a lot of wrong. So, okay. So that's cool, Chris. Thanks a lot for listening. We really do appreciate it. Uh, Victor, thank you for listening. We really do appreciate it. Supersonic Brewing, thank you for reaching out to us on on Twitter. And uh, I would just ask that if anybody else uh, wants to contact us, just uh, reach out Facebook page or on Twitter or contact us on our website. We love to talk, as if you didn't know that and already. And you can find us at uh, Brent at BrokenToken.com for email and uh, Whitney at yep. Uh, w-h-i-t-n-e-y at brokentoken.com mm-hmm. for email yeah. yeah if you want to email either one of us directly that's fine too so we'll, yeah, and we'll, I'm, we'll take the contact I'm Brent is in B 
B-R-E-N-T, uh, not Brett. Uh, Brent. Brent. Yeah, got and it. A little accent in there. All right, Brent. So before we uh, go ahead and wrap the show up and uh, smack this baby on the bottom and get it out of here. I'm going to birth it. Yeah, we've got just a couple of uh, upcoming shows and events that we want to give a shout out for. I think we mentioned California Extreme a little bit earlier in the show. That is happening uh, July 12th through the 13th at the Hyatt Regency Center in Santa, in Santa Clara. But that's going to be over by yeah, the time will this have show happened. comes out. Will have happened. Yeah, that will have happened. Uh, the Classic Gaming Expo this year it's actually being organized by our uh, I guess our friends over we'll say friends oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I love their show man yeah. awesome uh, over at uh, Retro Gaming Roundup and it's yep. September 12th to the 14th it's the Riviera Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas Nevada that would be a fun one to go to yep. because I've got a lot of 2600 cartridges that I'd like to get and I bet you can stock up when you're out there at, uh, at the Classic Gaming Expo at CGE so that would be sweet the next one uh, coming up here over on the uh, the eastern side of the states is the Pinball Expo in Chicago. That is uh, Wednesday, October the 15th, and it runs through Sunday, the October the 19th. It's going to be at the Westin Chicago uh, North Shore Hotel. Uh, that's in Wheeling, Illinois, and you can find out everything you want to know about that at pinballexpo.net. And Brent, this is uh, supposedly the big one. So I think this is their 30th year, and uh, they're billing it as the one, whoops, I'm sorry, as the one you don't want to miss. So I was knocking my computer around there. <laughs> bad computer, bad computer. So I thought we were, birth- we were going to smack the <laughs> show not the not the computer <laughs> all right free play florida november 21st through the 23rd 2014 orlando florida florida's biggest arcade pinball and console show at the double tree hilton located close to SeaWorld. Twenty thousand square feet literally hundreds of machines from the latest arcade games pinballs to the classics looks like they're gonna have a papa tournament arcade tournament console events cash prizes panels Room rates, everything. Everything. So it looks like they've also got a a room block at the Hilton. Well, and one thing I will say about Free Play Florida is um, the friend of the show, uh, Brian Jones, uh, who goes as Proc on Clove, is involved with this. And uh, Brian runs uh, the Game Stencils uh, website. And so he's big in the uh, reproduction community and has done a lot of uh, reproduction artwork and everything like that. So, uh, Brian, we want to give you a shout out, and we hope that your show goes well. Would love to make it down there to uh, to see that. It sounds like it's going to be massive. All right, Whitney's going to run through every way and any way that you can get in touch with us. Reach out to us, give us some feedback. If you've got some shows, something that you would like us to talk about and give a mention, uh, get in touch with us. Everything we've got here happens to be stateside. If you're in Germany, if you're in England, if you're Australia, Australia, Great Britain, doesn't matter. Let us know. Love to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you. We'll put you on the list and, you know, we'll, you know, touch on it. And, you know, any, any updates that you want to feed to us, we'll keep updates as we go, as the shows come out, yeah. up to your show. Yeah. And Brent, for anybody who does want to get in touch with us, uh, like I said, we can be reached on Facebook uh, at facebook.com slash Broken Token blog. Uh, Twitter at Broken Token and on our website, just brokentoken.com. Uh, we are available on iTunes. We would appreciate uh, you leaving us a review. Uh, rate the podcast. It really, really does help with our reach. And it, we have been getting some uh, some reviews on iTunes, Brent. So I'm going to scrape all those, uh, get those collected, and we'll talk through those 
those as part of the feedback on next show. I've read through them all. They're really, really good. So we appreciate everyone who is doing that. And we would ask that uh, if you can take a few minutes and go out to iTunes and leave us a review and a rating, we would so greatly appreciate it. We are on Xbox Music and we're on Stitcher Radio as well, Brent. So uh, we are getting submitted to a couple of other podcast uh, podcast aggregators and a couple of other networks. So we'll add those to the list once we've got those done. So with that, Whitney, I think it's time to uh, go ahead and let this one go. Golly, this has been a massive one, Brent. And I, I think my butt is welded to the chair. <laughs> We've been uh, sitting here talking for a while. Well, we can do that. Yeah. You know, we've been known to. Yes, we can. So, Whitney, with that, I think we're going to hand it over to Christy so that she can take us out. Yeah, and we would like to thank everybody for listening who has contacted us that we've met over the past month. We love you guys. Thanks for listening, and game on. Congratulations. You made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Maybe next episode, they'll actually listen to me for a change. Just go easy on the guys. They don't have a lot to work with. But I know their moms would be so proud. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, raves, and otherwise, both good and bad. Drop us a line via email at podcast at brokentoken.com. You can also call us at 470-2-CALL-BT. That's 470-222-5528. And leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you, and we might play your message on air in the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broken Token and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash brokentokenblog. Britt and Whitney are always posting content between the official episodes, and it's a great way to stay involved with the show between the shows. You can find our podcast on the iTunes Store and on Stitcher Radio. Just search for Broken Token and subscribe to the show. Like what you hear? Please consider leaving us a review on the iTunes Store and on our Stitcher Radio page, as the reviews help out the show. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, direct show downloads, and expanded show notes for this and every episode. Once again, thanks for listening. The Broken Token staff would like to extend a special thank you to the real vocal talent of the show, Christy Litzy. And that's me. Cha-ching! Music for the Broken Token podcast provided by Kentucky native bluegrass musician Gary Brewer. Please visit brewgrass.com, that's B-R-E-W-G-R-A-S-S dot com, for the latest information, show dates, and to purchase music. This is Kerry Cheney, owner and operator of the Place Retro Arcade in Cincinnati, Ohio. You are listening to the break, uh, the broken, uh, strike one. This is Kerry Cheney, owner and operator of the Place Retro Arcade in Cincinnati, Ohio, and you are listening to the Broken Token Podcast. If you're ever in Cincinnati, please come check out my arcade and check out my wife. Oh, ah. I'm going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> Just make sure if you cry, it's, on, it's being recorded, okay? <laughs> Whitney and I were, uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's an outtake.